everybody, and welcome back to the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs> hey! And we are watching, I think, maybe one of the most delightfully insane things we've watched in a while, The Bedford Diaries. And I say that cumulatively because we watched every fucking episode of The Bedford Diaries, with a few notable missing parts based off of uh, YouTube's algorithms and I guess but, something like, got copyright four struck. <laughs> the but, episodes like, that had missing clips, it was like four minutes out of the episode. But so. it was like the longest four minutes of our lives because we needed to know what happened in those four minutes and they're so like, important. <laughs> the like cocktail party and also the aggressive haircutting, like those are important scenes. And the performance by OAR. OAR. <laughs> Feel free to, to watch these in advance. It's all on YouTube. Watch them while you can. They will probably disappear eventually, but they're not available anywhere. You can't buy these. You can't. You can't find this anywhere. So that's the I reason why we did that. Way. <laughs> because at least on, I I can double check again on one of my external hard drives. I had the entire series. I can <sighs> like go back life. and look again. See, but it's it's kind of meant. It's the kind of show you're meant to watch in in five piece segments at a time on YouTube. Like that's why this show was made is to be watched this way. Because it truly is peak 2000s nonsense. And, I mean, we've already watched... It's, we're trying to go to the Milo Ventimiglia triumvirate, right? Because, yeah, we have, obviously, Gilmore Girls. We did Opposite Sex. And now, uh, but for Diary, so I think we're, we're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, how should we... Let's explain what the Bedford Diaries is. Uh, so it is a 2005, 2006 uh, WB teen drama, which is already good. It, mm. Oh, no, it's just 2006, 2006. Wow, it only went from March 29th to May 18th, baby. Lost their hearts. <laughs> they tried. Uh, but yes, it is about uh, Bedford College, which is a uh, liberal arts New York City college. And specifically, it's about six characters, uh, six students who attend a sexual behavior and the human condition class, the hardest and most popular class at Bedford College. And yet they don't, like, do a cutoff where only upperclassmen can take it. Like, under freshmen are allowed in this class for some reason, despite the, the intense lack of maturity. And there is a lot of lip service done to how absolutely, like, impossible to get into this class is. But they never have, like, a cap on the, the amount of students that are in it. Because people kind of come and go, right? Well, no, I mean, there are 12, uh, so there are 6 plus 6 randos. And then one rando drops out of the class later when it's the whole thing with uh, the privacy being breached because of Lee. Although, it would have made more of a statement if it was one main character who had left the class, but I guess, then it's like, well, what are they going to do with this person? But why um, but, would they not, like, make a huge deal about trying to refill that spot? But they don't. I guess it's it was too late in the semester, honestly. <sighs> Stupid. But yeah, I, I, I don't think they really need to refill the spot because they've already missed everything else. So, yeah, it's, it's a small seminar anyway. And uh, the professor for this class uh, is played by Matthew Modine, because when you think sexy WB, you think Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Modine. Which, by the way, um, so we'll discuss, we'll go into detail why we watched this. We watched the unaired pilot as the, the pilot for this episode. Uh, and I know since this is the unaired pilot that was posted on WB, it wasn't the full one that was in the screener, because the full one in the screener has, has the rest of that Matthew Modine song, like way in the far, far end credits, which... Uh, has the classic line, uh, Matthew Modine, we'd love to be your blowjob queen. 
that is part of the song. Jesus Christ. Um, but so, yeah, and I was looking back. I don't think we actually have, the, this is probably the first one we are with, the third with Milo. So this is the Milo triumvirate. Although we did watch, I think, an episode of Saved by the Bell close to the one he's in as a guest star. Oh. So we were probably talking about other guest stars on that or other guest stars on Sabrina the Teenage Witch or other guest stars on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Who knows? We were talking about him being in something, I'm sure. It was probably Fresh Prince. <laughs> he did a lot of very questionable guest starring roles in his early career because, I mean, you know, you pay guest bills. Starring roles you gotta do early exactly. in your career. You gotta pay your bills. I get it. So, And then I think we also might mention that he's a soccer player and she's all that. I don't know. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, how many episodes at a time do we go through without mentioning she's all that? Let's be real. And how so, many episodes at a time do we go without mentioning Milo Ventimiglia? I, it's I mean, very strange, honestly. He's, like, weirdly, like, our, like, a, like, a mascot for the show. Because he's accidentally <laughs> been in, like, all of these things we've done. Including Law and Order Special Victims Unit. So it's, like, only a matter of time before we get to Boston Public or, you know, uh, Gotham or something like that. Or Heroes, obviously. There's plenty to talk about there. <laughs> But yeah, so so this, this episode, I mean, it's it starts off by kind of like like throwing you into that like Latoya did a good explanation of what the show's about, and it kind of just throws you right Sex, into baby. it because the first episode is basically like well we we watched like us like we said before the unaired pilot so it's and like you know the season, well the unaired pilot is the most available one online because uh, prior to the show's airing the FCC was basically like you need to cut. So much of this, everything, uh, right? Discussion about sex or Which you know, like, girl on say, girl kissing, and they also it, find WB. So WB and like a baller move, honestly. Yeah. Is like okay, we'll do that, but we're also gonna post the unaired pilot, which shows a little man ass uh, on oh, online yeah, on does. our website. But like, just as just to be just in retrospect, this is so tame. Like this it is really so is, tame. It's, it's really insane. Just, like adults you know like college age adults talking like talking about sex which... and they don't even talk about sex that much it's mostly like a relationship show like yeah. there are shows that talk about sex far more explicitly than this and it's i mean they mostly are cable shows so it's not like it's you know necessarily the bread and butter of of a wb or cw yeah, now but think about this seminar is that i'm like this is less of a class and more just kind of like group therapy really yes that's it's what i like keep thinking like because they have like video journals basically that they turn in and it's just like about sex or relationships or like uh is it this episode which they look back at uh their mistakes basically or what they would change in their sexual lives and i want to say like this reminds me so distinctively about like obviously there's there's hints of like a you know a little bit of a Dawson's Creek here and then a little Gilmore Girls here or whatever but it really distinctively reminds me of uh of what we've watched for this show Coca-Cola presents uh, young, young Americans <laughs> except that show was actually far more like I would say edgy in a weird way even though this is a show all about sex and college and being like ooh la la that show was like a far more like risk taking kind of show in some some matter i mean not always but like this show seems so tame like in I retrospect mean, it's like you know i mean your character who is technically supposedly the most sexual sexually promiscuous she's a virgin and i feel like that really makes a huge statement about the show like so it's not to say that like you know promiscuity is being like looked down upon i don't think that's necessarily the case in this show yeah but... I, I don't think the show ever actually looks down on her but she's never... You would think that uh, this character would be slut shamed, and right, and she's, she's not, not really. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, sort of. She's just made an awful oh, person like, by like <laughs> Lee, maybe, but Lee's but she's terrible. just an awful person. So I almost <laughs> feel like the show was written to to shame her by being a terrible character. Like, and I'm not saying that like I, I dislike her. So she's a 
bit. She's I she does terrible I, things as a character. I think the second half of the of the season, even though it's like only episodes, realizes that despite like because she can be so obnoxious, and it's like wait, our character like the things about her like she's she's a, an expert at fencing. You know, she's actually, like, uh, Matthew Mooney's character is technically actually her mentor and has been for the past 10 years. She's a good writer. He's like, oh, wait, no, this is a very intelligent character. Maybe we shouldn't just, like, stick to her being the feisty Latina. Because, yeah, she's so much better in the second half of the season than she And they the can't beginning. make up their mind with her. Like, I feel like she's one of the two, like, they bring her in originally talking how she's, like, from the Bronx and she talks it real and stuff. She's more and of an like, overachiever than Tiffany DuPont's character, really. Right! And, but they don't actually explain that until the very, like, latter half of the season or a little mini mm-hmm. run but like you'd think that for a character that's coming across as like the like she she comes across like they're trying to make someone like the frank street smart person who's there on scholarship which is like not what she's there for she's a very yeah, she's, on, uh, yeah, she's on scholarship but that's also well, she's i mean she's smart apparently yeah and, and it's not I, I i'm phrasing that probably wrong it's more like they're trying to yeah like Lee is similar in that way, he where he's more also that she actually is exactly, and they really kind of let you make. It's not fair of my own to put my own like you know onus on her. Is like, well, she must be underprivileged or whatever the case. You could be but that's like privileged how she, like, and get a scholarship, herself, kind of. Pretty yeah, much. she really does come across like there's a fucking a wolf in the hen house. Like it like, is like she's... very much just like, oh, I'm gonna have a fun time with you, little kids. Yeah, she's it's like crazy. Her two blue collar workers, you know. <laughs> yeah, she she saddles up to him right away. Accent. She puts on that accent. Well, I have another 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 small thing, and I don't like to be the kind of person who I'm not judging her by looks. I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. But I could not place how old she's supposed to be at all. I could not understand <laughs> that she was also a freshman, I guess, or like a, maybe an upperclassman at the most. I feel like she had to be at least a sophomore. That was a thing because again, there should it should only be a class for upperclassmen, really. But she looked because... like she could be like forty five. I mean, like I did not understand how old she was supposed to be because I could not. She definitely is older. She's just acting so old. Like her 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 face is kind of generally just like you know in her twenties maybe. But like there would be moments where she would like like dress a certain way or talk and act a certain way, and she would act like a mother of like several children or something. Like it was really weird the way that like they couldn't decide if she was gonna be like this like wild child like college you know uh, young college girl. But like and then they would like they would slam up to her being like, "You don't know me. Stop judging me. I've been doing this for you." It's like wait, what? you can't be both like world world renowned at like what you're doing. And then also, like, this young, brash, like, I get co-ed. the, like, uh, impression that the, the cast, for the most part, were all pretty young, actually. I think they, of course, wanted to make her look older. Uh, the only source I can find right now would say she was maybe 21 at the time. But, like, you can't really find her I find that suspicious. Anywhere, I looked really. it up, too. <laughs> That's what I was like. Why is her age not listed anywhere? That... Suspicious. It was like Drew Barrymore had never been kissed, guys. That's what I kept feeling. Like, she obviously looks young, but, like, she could be an adult who's pretending to be a child. You just aren't being told. And the thing that really throws me for a loop is that, you know, you think that, like, offhand, you think that once or twice here and there. But what really throws me for a loop is when they introduce, we'll get to it much, much later on, and I think it's the next couple episodes, but they introduce the professor, uh, Matthew Bedeen's ex-wife, who we'll talk about. My God. But she is an older person going back for continuing education. But she's also could have taken the seminar, and she's taking other classes with them. And she's for sure. I mean, Matthew Medine's like gotta be in his late forties. So then I'm like, I can't put a, I couldn't put an age on anybody in this class now. Because I'm like, I think she 
she's like pushing older, but like I'm not gonna. I don't think she isn't pushing forty. No, no, of course not. But like, there's just certain scenes like the camera would hit her a certain way, and she'd like look a certain way, and I'm like, are you like an adult? Like I can't tell. <laughs> I'm just so thrown because she truly was acting like someone who, who went back to school or something. You know what I'm saying? Not understanding how old everyone is, and what was it? Was Milo's character a? Senior or junior, he had to be at least a junior, right? Him too. I mean, he could also be like in his late twenties, and he like finished. He's finishing school. He's you know, not. He's definitely not. But you know, we're definitely freshmen. Yes, we they bring that. that up more than once. Yes, yeah. that's definitely uh, true. And then so, Natalie's a little bit older. I think she's also I keep saying. I'm calling her Francie. I know she's not Francie. Tiffany Dupont. <laughs> um, she she Sarah, yeah Sarah Sarah Richard and Natalie are seniors. Or juniors. I think maybe juniors, because I don't think they plan on getting rid of them right away. You know? Yeah. So... But what about Zoe? She's at least a sophomore. I would... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that she, I know, realistically, she's probably in the same age group as all of them. Because she knows... She goes to Lee and says, freshman, right? Because you're in the headlight. So, like, she's at least a sophomore. And they bring that up more than once, that, like, you're messing with him or something. But the fact that she's, like, not in the... Same really circle as like Sarah and Natalie and Richard until like she starts hanging out with Natalie later makes me think she might be like a year younger than them. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those situations where I'm just like I cannot put my feet on the ground and I just don't like it at all. Like I was I was all over the place. Richard thing is like he said he was sober he's been sober for like a year and a half so maybe he is a senior. (laughs) Oh Jesus, this is what I mean. But they all act like like full grown. What was throwing me off is they treat it like a does not check IDs. It looks no. it takes like library cards as IDs. Clearly. And what's what's super confusing about everything is they're all acting like this is a graduate seminar and it's not. But that's how they're treating it. It's not like they're treating it like they're underclassmen trying to get into the seminar. They're treating it like they're all adults here, guys, because Matthew Medine's all like, you know, they're all sheltered. They need a chance I'm like, but okay, that's all well and good to like defend your 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 sex class because you need to try and educate sheltered children, which I think is Bullshit. Because well, it's like twelve. That not to be a class specifically for freshmen, maybe. But yeah, you know. exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like he's using that as an excuse. But like you can't also frame the class uh, in the class itself as like we're all adults here because they're really not. Like they're eighteen year old. Like those are young kids. It's not. They're not adults. There's no way to. I know they're in college and they're off on their own technically. And we but... know and prove specifically that they are not adults. And I think that truly this is not great for them. As much as I think that it's it's great to have a liberal education. There are certain levels you should be able to, like, handle going to class before you jump right into doing a video diary about your sex life. Like, that's just too much up front. Like, that should be, like, second semester at least. You handle you know? going to class on time. Right! And he can barely do that. Always like, is, I think it's just... Owen is always late, and I'm like, why is this a thing? Yeah, everyone's late in this fucking... No think... one respects anyone in this class. And there's times when Richard just doesn't show up to class. Like, it fucking makes me Well, furious. yeah, Richard, well, who cares? <laughs> everyone, everyone knows Richard basically is an asshole. He's just a rich guy. He doesn't show up on... But yeah, it's like... Oh, and I guess the thing they were trying to say in the pilot is that because, you know, he's new, he's try- trying to figure out everything, like, where everything is. But at the same time, he's always late. <laughs> it was annoying. Even the classes he'd been to a million times. <sighs> Jesus. So, so this class is... I mean, it's 12 people. We only know six of them, basically. The other ones are just generic people that no one's... The randos, as I called them the entire time. Yes, and then... Um... Your, your last sexual experience. Yeah, and also, like, the, the, there's a point when they're all sitting there and they're being introduced. So we have Pim Badgley from 
everything, um, but more notably... Uh, last sexual experience Gossip was uh, for the previous season, because there's a clip from the mountains. <laughs> you told me that earlier, and I'm still not over it. So guys, just to reiterate, this show uses a clip from another show. <laughs> it is first scene! Uh, and it's credits, too, right? Or no, maybe not. That's I guess literally... literally it's not just in the credits, but it's literally in the first season. But, like, it's literally, like, this long montage of sexual, like, promiscuity from past, like, you know, relationships. And, like, it's a full scene from the mountain, apparently. Yeah. And it, I guess uh, what also this reminds me of, in addition to other things, is a little bit of the Tell Me You Love Me, where it's just people talking about their sex lives. Like, it's, like, so absolutely shocking. Yeah. It's like, everyone has sex or does some version of this. Calm the fuck down. This is not, like, the end of the goddamn world. Although, I guess they kind of go with that towards the end of the season. They're like, yeah, it's, it's normal, basically. It's normal. I and mean, that's really what they should have been, in, like, saying in the beginning is, look, it's normal to talk about sex. I actually think it's kind of unhealthy the way that the professor talks about it, like, it's some, like... We call it God's greatest gift and God's greatest curse. <laughs> well, that's a whole other level of, I don't know <laughs> what they're talking net. about there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we need a turtleneck talking about sex, guys, in a black turtleneck talking about sex, With that spike hair, with that 2000s right? hair. Oh, Jesus. And his character but, being Nick <laughs> Jake, because there's no way someone's Jake. writing would be into age, age be named Jake, but they were like, you look how young he is. They really try to, like, young him up Stupid. early on. But so, but like, but he really does talk about sex like it's like, you know, we're all gonna talk about sex, guys. And I'm like, that's really not healthy for them to have that uncomfortable relation. Even though I know it's better to talk about it, like, he's... The way he's, like, making it into this big deal is actually kind of worse for some people. Like, it depends on the person. It's random, Obviously, some so, people like, very uncomfortable. Talk about it, but, like, yeah, but also just, they're young kids. Making sex into this big, giant thing for school, it's just putting a lot of emphasis on how important it is. And, I mean, it is important, but it also makes it, like, unfair to the people, like, say, Zoe, for example, who is a virgin. We find out later on is a virgin. Well, pretty early on, I guess, but she tells in her, her diary that she's a virgin, and of course, she's the most um, direct. I would say. I don't know. I guess she's we're technically the most experienced, except for the whole sex part. But she's also, like, I don't think. Life. And I also don't like the fact that they say that she's a virgin. I'm like, well, you're you're a virgin at at a certain type of sex. You're not a virgin in the same sense as like, you had sex. Like that's still sex. That's not, you're you need to inform people that you could still get an STD from having having the kind I, of yeah, sex that she has. Modine doesn't like point that out, right? Yeah. Like not fair but so whatever the case they make her into this like you know you know person who's cho- i guess chosen to not have sex um but they don't never really explain I why she, i mean like during the whole thing later when she's like she just gives some bullshit lot ramble said, but it's I not guess really she, she was waiting waiting for she is waiting for marriage and then she and lee get into an argument and lee is terrible i'm no he is i'm excited to talk and more so, about that yeah we'll, we'll get to that but she she's just one of those people i think that like, I like the fact that they had a virgin in the class, but to make her also the person who's, like, hitting on everyone and, like, making out with strangers... And also is, making like... really terrible sex jokes in class. So, like, alright, that's one thing, but, like, why can't we have more than one person be promiscuous? I mean, multiple well, people I in mean, this class Owen are promiscuous, is, but... but... then... It's... They all got it's the... not really. They got weird damage. They're all monogamous. He and, uh, his sister... Because I was just, like, wrote either... Like, just, I usually just wrote Tiffany DuPont in my notes. But his sister, yes. Sarah, like, they have way too great conversations about basically how he sleeps with everyone. And right. I guess they, but in this, he's only monogamous, so it's a little confusing. They, he's sleeping with a bunch of people, even when he, like, after he kissed Natalie. But the whole thing is, they point out, he, like, 
says it later, but they kind of don't dwell on it, even though it, like, it kind of informs his character. He basically, mm-hmm. he basically says, like, being in a relationship, like, has a woman walk all over you, which explains the way he is with, like, in the relationship with Natalie, because he's like, well, I'm in a relationship now, but I'm not going to, like, let her have the higher ground, even though you're, like, you're a just... psychopath. They keep making these like these 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 big strides to explain why they're doing certain but things, they, but like, they always just contradict them the next episode or scene or, or they something. just don't like focus on as much as they should, and they think they're being subtle, but they're not. And like for example, a great like Owen. Well, we already talked about how Zoe is like both secretly the most promiscuous and then the most pious of everyone there, but like. On top of that, like, you have Owen, who's someone who's acting, like, incredibly, like, overwhelmed with everything and young and, like, whoa. And then at the same time, he's, like, manipulating people and having sex with them and, like, I'll get into, I have... Yeah, and I have so many notes on when he starts talking about Natalie after I've met her for the first time. Because that's some of the grossest shit I've ever heard on TV. Like, it is upsetting when he talks about her and he finds out that she's almost committed suicide. I will say it's no worse than... Uh, Sarah's joke that my brother didn't get at first about Natalie. It's like, we don't know anything about her other than she she bounces. Oh, that was... I thought I was mis... See, I wrote that down, too. And I didn't... I was like, did I just misunderstand that? Or is she making a joke like, what? And I was like, wait a minute. She couldn't mean it, like, in terms of that. It really is so dark. Like, that's where... I think, like, going on about, like, if Sarah's a bad person, I'm like, well, that bounce joke, although very clever, was really terrible. Yeah, look, I'm I'm all here for that. If you're gonna make terrible jokes like that, I wanna... I want him to, like, make her character evil in some way. Like, I want to see someone be... But she's also, like, this sweet, like, lovely, like, student president. Like, they don't have any kind of... There's no... Lovely, even though she's having an affair with a married man and one that she's like friends with his wife too. And the th- all right, here's where I'm okay. Well, we'll we'll get into the actual episode in a second, but this is what I'm trying to say. All of these characters, I, it's not just one character they do it with. Pretty much everybody across the board, they're written one way and they act a different way, or they're performed one way. I think Natalie's maybe the most consistent. Yes, she actually because she has a new lease on life. Yeah, basically. and actually Richard, I think, is pretty decent too. Yeah, but because they're both like actual trying people to trying change. to change, yeah, and they acknowledge that they have missed. Like, okay, so I'm saying that you're. It might sound kind of hard to explain, but so so essentially, you have someone like, for example, Tiffany Dupont's Sarah. She's someone who, on paper, and the way she's acted by by Tiffany Dupont, is basically like a Fran, like from Greek. If you know her character from Greek, it's like that character. Imagine that character. Her character should be like. And that. in fact, she was a nuanced character who did have both. You know good and bad things to do with her. Like, she was an awful person and also did a lot of great things. Like, it really depends on how you look at it. But she was acting like this prim and proper, you know, overachieving person, and then she would also do these terrible things, and it would have no effect on her life. Like, it was like she happened to be doing these things, and she happens... Like, it's it's like someone... It's like everyone had to pull straws, and everyone got terrible qualities, and everyone had them, it didn't affect her life. They just had to hold that straw. And everyone was like, ooh, you got that one? That's a rough one. But she didn't actually do any of the things. Like, she wasn't a manipulative, creepy person. She just did manipulative, creepy things. Like, does that make sense? Like, it was just it's bizarre. Like, none of the consequences ever factored into how they actually acted. Whereas, I think what we mentioned, both um, Milo Ventimiglia and uh, Natalie, I don't remember her name, but, like, the two, those two characters were actually people who had consequences affect how they act. So I think that's why they were better. I think the other ones, maybe they would have gotten there eventually, but they certainly weren't written like people who were acting. They, they Like, the things that she was doing, Sarah specifically, she should have been acting a certain way for those to have happened, and she never did. She acted like 
that was someone else that did that. Someone else slept with she her might professor. Have, she should have, yeah, she should have just been like Franny. She should have been cold, yeah, honestly. Yeah, like cold, manipulative. She's played that in other shows, too. I, that's like a very distinctive, like, M.O. for her for as an actress. This is, uh, yeah, this show was like, the, this is uh, the season before Greek, actually. So yeah, and I, I, she got, she had to play this boring character, and then she got to be Franny, and everyone was happy. Yeah, and I think that what's, what's strange is there's like a lot of opportunity for that, and she just never... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like she never really succeeded in the sense that she she could have. Whereas you know you have someone who's like you know Franny who is she's conniving and crazy, but like in a great way because it gets her places in in her life. I mean she has consequences when that the bro gets pulled out from under her, but like characters acting the way Sarah does act that way in order to get up in life. She never gets up in like she just stays where she's at. Yeah. Like it's not like she's doing. There are no ends to her. The means. biggest initial character problem for Bed River Diaries is that everyone, for the most part, is pretty bland, and that's what's supposed to make Zoe seem so interesting and vibrant as opposed to, you know, a she's monster. supposed to be the spicy Latina. <laughs> yeah. She's a monster. <laughs> she's my least favorite character. And I love that you, you said earlier Lee is your least I, favorite character. I, 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 I don't see how Lee can't be your least favorite I mean, character. he is too. I should... Unless you're going to, like, uh, include his uh, baby mama played by oh my god not how to act yet. oh my god not not a lot of people in the show don't know how to act don't be, don't don't distinguish one from the other Bell wins the award for not knowing how to act no that was crazy her scenes were it, crazy holy shit it, what, <laughs> i don't know what the direction was like <laughs> there was none board I, there are scenes, too, like, I truly feel like it, it felt like someone took a camera home from the, from the, from Bedford Diaries <laughs> and filmed his real-life relationship with this woman. And it's like, on that level, she's given us something so uniquely, like, uh, raw, I was impressed. But then I would remember, no, she's supposed to be acting. <laughs> this is hard. Blueberry scene. Yeah, it would have been, if this was like a found footage movie or something, it would have been way better, but it was not meant to be like a realistic not portrayal. Now. She's supposed to give us something on the same level as him, and she was just like she flat as shit. Found footage. Oh my god. <laughs> but so, that's the other thing, is we're about to get into the actual episode, but like, the, the a lot of the episode is done through these um, testimonials, like, you know, uh, if you've ever seen The Real World, or any talking head show, like The Office or Parks and Rec, they have these like moments to camera where they like set up a little camera and they talk to it and that's required video diary assignment uh, it's the the quote-unquote bedford diaries is what this is yeah so they just always introduced with like the most annoying score possible yes it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah but so then they turn a camera to them and they're just staring at a camera and they're like i don't really know what to think about my life like it's always that it's like that kind of a commentary it's just their mid mid conscious thought it's just not how you would do that kind of a... a, a well, my least favorite part is when Lee has the paper due, and he's like, now's the perfect time to do this video diary instead of working on my paper. You mean the episode where I have in there, it cuts to him in the Central Park with like a full yes. tripod? <laughs> Guys, look in, the, look in the notes for the show. I'm definitely including a screen cap of that, or at least the cut to that, that timestamp on YouTube, because there's something about, like, this, like, super stressed out scene where he's, like, refreshing the computer because his gambling addiction is out of control, which we'll get to, and he's like, I gotta get this term paper done. He's like, wait a minute. And then it literally just cuts to him with a tripod. tells him, it's like, I want it, like, immediately, so. Yeah, his professor, like, walks up to him. He's like, get me that paper. And then it cuts to him, and I think it's Central Park or wherever, and he's 
like on a park bench with a tripod that's the size of his body. Like it's not a little tripod. They're one of those big giant like six foot high tripods. It's got this little baby camera mounted on it and he's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, why are we watching this? Do your paper. Can you imagine walking <laughs> Can you imagine I mean it is New York, so I'm not that shocked, but like I can't imagine walking into Central Park and some dude was just taping like a testimonial <laughs> against the backdrop and you're just like, should I just keep walking or do you need help like are you are you taping like a suicide note like it's weird like it's really personal to be taping like i i can't describe this better it's like on a crowded you know any any romantic comedy where they're strolling down central park and they're in the middle of like you know there's benches and trees and stuff it's there so it's really inappropriate to be taping like a video confessional in the middle of it and using the tripod to take up a portion of the lane he should have hiked into the woods part and then done it there or done something in private like it's just bizarre i don't know what he was thinking and it felt like this is what you're wasting your time on no one this fucking term paper is not done yet you idiot (laughs) oh my god all right so so anyway so those are kind of important because we'll get to those but they're kind of they're separate yeah that's kind of important I mean, it's not that I want them to be important, but the show puts a lot of emphasis. I'm gonna, on them. I'm gonna get you on my side about Lee being the worst character. No, no, I totally. For the thing is, here's the thing. I totally agree. I think Zoe's just annoying in a way that Lee isn't always annoying. He's just, he's shitty. I, She's just like, oh, shut think up. The most annoying. I think the most annoying part of Zoe is that like, they could have, they had to go through the first half of the season to get to her actually being decent. Well, even when she's decent, like, I have so many questions about the job and all that stuff. Like, I have so many, so many questions. So I think even that part pissed me off. But regardless of that. job? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to talk about that. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> what, you're anti-proofreading now? No, because, oh, I'm, I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to jump into that yet. There's so many yeah. things in my notes. But the thing oh, is. My, my, well, I'm, I will say my favorite character is Gunther, the managing editor at the paper. There should have been more of him. Agreed, but also with a huge caveat and so but so and then and i guess we should say another thing that that's kind of shitty about the way that we're i we both basically like jump on hating lee and and zoe is it's also they very, are the two people of color. Oh, yeah they're the two people of color of the show it's a very white show it's it's like set in well it's not really a real college bedford college i don't think but yeah. it's um it's set and mostly uh taped in uh barnard so it's columbia area it's very very well off general like you know generally the three other people that are like major characters even though you would think owen and um sarah maybe come from middle class their parents are doctors and he's gonna be a doctor so they're probably making decent money we don't know much about natalie she seems fine but um we obviously know richard richard thorne the third is like it cuts at one point he's on like a skyscraper so like he's got money so like there's plenty of people that go to the school that are basically just you know trust fund babies and it's a little frustrating for the only two people i think well there's a couple people i should say but like and there is obviously the great audrey mcdonald as the uh professor of political science who's in it way too little but that's it and of way course they're little. written like trash and... is, like is head of the ethics committee she's also like an urban planning professor but really she's just taking a break before she goes back to kickstarting her political career yes. which is a pretty great Character. I do so like that. Like, yeah, she and she does it, great. It's basically, like they know they couldn't. If the show had lasted, they knew they couldn't keep Audrey McDonald forever. So they and gave her so, like a pull, a pulley. Like if you need to, if you need to piece out for another round of a, 
uh, Broadway shows, we'll, we'll give you the out. <laughs> so please yeah. come back to our show. And she did. But, like, uh, the, the fascinating thing to me is that, like, you know, it's not that the, the white characters are, are actually at all interesting at all. Like, I don't, they're all terrible. But, uh... I mean, Richard and Natalie are the closest to interesting characters. Right. But they're also just the only ones with any nuance. And I don't think that's an accident. I think that the two characters that are basically, like, walking stereotypes of annoyance are people of color is like, well, the show didn't really care. Like, the show just sort of thought of them as like, well, we need somebody to move on the plot. And giving this guy a gambling addiction out of thin blue air. Like, it, it was... Like, the, the way he gets a gambling addiction, we'll get to, too, is just suggested to him by another person of color. <laughs> so it's like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is... This is ridiculous. And it, it truly is not... I just want to clarify, because it's going to sound like, wow, you guys are really taking them to task. It's they're written that way. I don't think it's really objective. I think they're just genuinely, of all of them, I think Owen's really bad too, um, which we'll get to plenty of his um, parts, and I guess Sarah doesn't have as much to do. I think I remembered Sarah having a bigger role in this show. She's kind of just sort of in the background. You would think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, It's also... not like uh, Greek with uh, Casey and Rusty. It's not like that. It's not yeah. really much cool in terms of yeah. brother-sister thing. And talking about Greek, we've mentioned a million times before, not only does this show have a lot in common with that, just, like, casting-wise, uh, it has a huge amount of, like, this is what this show could have been and Greek ended up being. So if you if it, if it does anything, it makes me want to rewatch Greek and then watch people actually properly act as human beings who are in that age group. But uh, this, is, this is one of those things where I think also, in general, there's not a huge amount of plot for the two. Like, the two characters of color are basically relegated to moving plot along. They don't have huge... There's only... It's like when Lee's plot is basically he Oops, wants to fuck pregnant. Zoe. He accidentally knocked up Emma Bell, so I guess they're together again. Uh, we need money, so I'm going to get a job. I fuck that up. We don't even we... see him fuck it up, really. I mean, he's well, not good no, at we it. We see him fuck it up. It's, it's, it's the, the acoustic guitar thing. Well, that's a whole other... Well, oh my God, we'll get to that, too. Jesus Christ. But yeah. And that's uh, after he has a whole thing, well, I'm going to get a job in my field, which I will go in on that in a minute, because I'm like, oh, shut up, you stupid freshman. And uh, then he gets a poker addiction, and also he still wants to fuck Zoe. Gets a, gets a poker addiction? Like, it's something out of a vending machine. He bleeds <laughs> his entire scholarship fund dry, and then has to borrow money from Richard. It's, it's... Borrow money he's never going to return. And also, what scholarship fund is only $10,000? How cheap is your tuition? <laughs> I, I want to have questions. I got real <laughs> questions, guys. But so regardless, I just I, I feel like I wanted to put like a precursor on that because I'm like, I wish they were better written characters. And there are moments where, I, in the beginning, especially with, with Lee, I think he was a lot more um, likable a character for that brief amount of time. That it Emma Bell like was so terrible. the audience and... proxy, and then you realize, oh no. Yeah, well, at first he seems like, you know, I'm going to college, I don't have time, because she's a shitty girlfriend. I don't know how you slice Oh yeah, because they don't really dwell on it as much, but it's basically like the kind of, it seems like she's kind of like a townie who pretty much wants Oh, him I have all of those, I have notes with exactly how she reacts, so yeah, we'll get to that. But see, it's, yeah. it's, it's very much like I'm outgrowing this relationship. So you're like, oh, I kind of get this. This is why we're that's why we're watching this fucking show about a bunch of college kids. You want to see someone in your same situation who's feeling like, okay, maybe I don't need to stay with the same friends I was friends with in high school because he mentions it's his high school girlfriend. And you you turn out it turns out he's not really even that worth like he's he's shit. Like they're all terrible, but these two in particular end up being for sure the least redeemable of everybody. Um Owen maybe 
aside, Owen is also no, pretty Owen, I, I, Owen, the thing about him, like, especially, as I was saying, how he tries Shit. to, like, be more, in his eyes, more manly. Like, I feel like by the end of the season, like, Owen could have ended up really dangerously if the show continued on. And maybe it's, it, it, yeah, it's definitely for the best that they did not continue on. In very, like, abusive vibes, basically. Yeah, and I think that the further he got into it, it just got, like, this guy's- It actually- He started out a lot, like, more likable, because he seemed just like that stupid everyman that Pen always plays. It was a combination of him trying to be, like, assertive, but also, like, taking on the causes of, like, the person that he's dating. And, like, he was willing to throw his sister under the bus, basically, because of this relationship, and and he's just- yeah, he was. It became like a really toxic person, and it, it really does. It really does recall Greek again in the sense that, like, you don't know what they do as it, what their their family does as a career because they're obviously decent enough off that their parents are. Like, one of them's a doctor, but you don't get that. So it's like you almost come across like, well, should I be rooting for you? Like, are you struggling to like fit in and and you know make the grades because you need to do good grades or whatever? You don't have any reason to root for him. He's just a random person doing random things because. At least on a show where you have, like, a couple people in Greek who are, like, trying to do it because their family put all of their money or time into hoping that they're going to do well or, like, little things like that. I just feel like this comes across as very, I don't know, very faultless. Like, he's almost there just as the Yeah, because as far as we know, Owen's also not, like, struggling in school. He doesn't have that problem that Lee does. So what are we even watching him for? Struggling in his relationship with Natalie just because he's jealous of her friendship with Richard. Alright, let's get to this too. Richard's trying to get with Sarah the entire time anyway. And we're just trying to get with everybody else but Natalie, really. I think him and Natalie are just really good friends, and I wish they had gone into that more. I think think the end is when Natalie realizes she wants Richard back, but I don't even know if Richard wants her back. I would love them to just be friends. Like, can we just have some adult, like, female-male friends for five minutes? Like, I know that there's obviously some, like, sexual chemistry, but, like, a lot, pretty much any female I mean, yeah, male friend them, is they actually, have some of it. At least Richard and Ellie have chemistry, which yeah. is not going around really for the rest of the characters. Uh, they have chemistry with the addition of the third wheel being the chair. <laughs> the chair, I love. Oh, I have so many thoughts. We're gonna get to. We can't. We're spoiling all of this. Why and Ellie are the best are because of the focus on the chair. It's <laughs> amazing. So let's get let's get into it. So that's kind of a precursor. I know it's a lot of rambling, but I think it's important because you can edit this gonna... right. You can make it coherent. Yeah, but it's important because you're gonna have to understand why we're in so like we hate certain characters so much because their their roles are truly there just to make the plot annoying and terrible. Um, and, in addition to the professor uh, Dixon, we'll get to. He's also a real piece of garbage. So. Uh, so yeah, I, so like I literally just wrote "fuck Professor" as my note for him. <laughs> fuck like professor. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Dixon, I wouldn't put Sean, I put "fuck Professor." Oh Jesus! So it starts out with Matthew Modine saying, you know, sex. It's mysterious. It's serious. It's God's greatest gift and God's it... greatest curse. So we we get a real good fix on how the professors are going to go into it. But uh, Owen is there as he's kind of like the surrogate in the first bit of the show. It, eventually he becomes just one of one of the characters, but it's him being there kind of like, "Hey, what's up?" He you got in late. He, he got in late. And they're in the middle of class. His sister, we find out is the is the Tiffany Dupont character and he's just like going to be in a class where him and his sister both discuss their sex lives at large. So, I was like, "All right. So, I didn't really sign up for a show like this, but that's And then after doing. the class, they talk about their sex lives at length. Anyway, basically try to convince each other not to be in the class. And and you know, for two people that that don't want to talk like that, again, I go back to Greek where it's like I love that where it's, you know, realistic like sister brother tension 
Like, I don't want to hear your sex life. Like, that's because more realistic. Not, I don't want to hear your sex life. Like, it's so in, casual. Yeah. Unlike in Greek, I guess it just, in general, it seems like both Owen and Sarah are, like, the type of people who are in the same social circle anyway. Like, they're just both, like, popular kids, as opposed yeah. to, like, a popular kid and a nerd. Yeah, they're just, just, just exactly the same people. And it just sort of seems like, I should be telling you I don't want you in this class, so that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, they're it both doesn't feel like she actually thinks people, it. Really, which is... Yeah. And so, oh my god. So, we get into there, and I, I, I also just love Milo Ventimiglia's entire, like, presence in this show. It's, like, peak Milo Ventimiglia, where well, he's my wearing... note is, Milo, you Logan Huntsberger motherfucker for this scene. It's this like show. if... See, this is why I hate Logan Huntsberger, is because you have Milo play a character like that, and he's suddenly likable. <laughs> like, that says everything to me. It's like, I cannot handle Logan Huntsberger. So he was chosen to be a piece of Duke, shit. that Matt Zucre should have played Jess Mariano, and maybe we would have been... The... Just earlier, yeah, I bet. I, actually, I probably would have. I, I would have like fallen on the, the shallow just train had Matt Zucre played him instead. But I don't know. I think what I'm saying is that a, a, an actor like Matt Zucre is only really good with a character who's good at heart. Whereas I feel like I, this is my impression. Milo Ventimiglia comes across as able to make even the most annoying or awful or smarmy people somewhat likable like charming in a way that you can't help like richard at the beginning especially is really not likable he's just like a a real asshole in the scene even though it's it's deserved yeah and you just sort of like well but it's still milo ventimiglia so i mean that's just maybe him as a person and he's bringing that out because even like right now on this is us that character can be really really annoying like he's an amazing dad a lot of the time but like a lot of the you know flashback scenes you're like, Jesus, dude, like, what are you doing? And it, he's a realistic human being with flaws, but you you get how some people would not like him. It's just you, you give him such a break because it's Milo, I think. I think that's well, a certain amount of his own earnesty com- earnestness coming through. Because, I, I mean, I the show was lucky, to, I, I'll say it, the show was lucky to have Milo Ventimiglia to elevate some things because the writing itself, not like, good. Milo has to say the line enumerating the events of the fair in robust detail, which made me so angry. I drove, shut up in my notes. Yes. I wasn't mad at him. I was mad at the show. For, so for, he's he's uh, yeah, playing but, this rich daddy's boy, but he's not really a daddy's boy. He hates his father, so it's not really... He's just famous for being a rich son of an elite lawyer. Uh, re- like... Basically, a uh, rich bad boy seeking redemption, basically. Yeah, he, prior to the series, we don't actually ever see it happen. I don't know that we even see flashbacks. We just hear about him being a, a full-blown, both drug addict and alcoholic. Specifically alcoholic, more, more often than not. But, um, That's and, a baker's heart. Yeah, and in this, he's mostly just wearing a lot of, like, it's like peak Milo in that sense, where he's wearing a lot of dark blazers and frowns, and it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> action in this episode. All it's episode fantastic. Play. Yeah, I so... I hate that I'm to Milo Ventimiglia now. I know! I, I, and I feel like this is where I was... This is what I misremember as being you attracted to him during Gilmore Girls, because I wasn't. I was... If, for example, if you remember the, the Jess Mariano that comes back in season five and six... That's what this is. It's just, like, wearing a blazer, talking about, like, shitty poetry from the 90s or something. This is Milo in that era. If anything, I feel like they should have gone into more detail. They should have made him the main character in the show, which is kind of I what mean, he is. Hey, but not really. Especially what they do, tour. as they're, like, transferring away from Owen and Lee, kind of as inserts. They're like, Richard is actually the better part. And I'm pretty yeah. sure, if I recall correctly, when they were promoting this, there was a lot of Milo Ventimiglia. 
No, agreed. But it's you know, supposed to be on ensemble or whatever. What's throw it? What throws you off is that when you start out, he is almost like a background character. Like he's not really a main character. I mean, he, I shouldn't say that he's not. But like, he is. He is not Pen Badgley. Pen Badgley is the fish out of water, not him. So he seems like somebody who's just like you know one of the crew they're gonna meet eventually. It's a little strange. It's like okay, if you if we're going to keep using Greek as a as a, a, a calling card, it's like being introduced to either of the love interests, Cappy or or um. Evan Chambers. Evan Chambers. So it's like being introduced to them. Obviously, they're going to be main characters, but at the time, very short role, only there is like, you know, an introduction and then in the background and other scenes. Like, not really, like, not nearly as much screen time as, say, um, the, the two main characters. So, so in this, he's kind of just sort of the rich brat. He introduces himself as, um, you know, the new editor of the paper at one point when he's talking to the teacher. Yes. Um, Milo uh, also. And the man he's speaking to, Professor Dixon. He yes. basically butters him up a bit, and then he's just like, "Oh, by the way, uh, a woman, uh, well, a former student has come uh, to me. Say you guys had an affair." And that's when he talks about enumerating the events of the affair in robust detail. Yes, and then he, and then the teacher blames him, saying, "You know, you're doing this because oh. I, I failed you in that class, or I was going to fail like, you in I, that class. You deserve to fail me. <laughs> I never showed up." Yeah, and then he said, and then he's like, "You were just drunk," and he's like. Drunk? I love. I love this. This is like classic Milo delivery, where he says, "Drunk at the time, yeah. Rich, yeah. Not my fault. Brat, maybe. <laughs> like, because yeah, he calls him like, a rich drunk throwing brat. Throwing so many insults at him. He calls him a drunken rich brat. He calls him a little son of a bitch. Yeah, like, and oh, I just dude, love him saying. He did this. And he's such a good natured. Like, even though he is kind of being a smug prick, he's still saying like, "Drunk at the time, yeah." Rich, not my fault. Brat, maybe. And it's just sort of like I can't not be turned by that because he is being. Oh, I just cannot. It's like a. It's like a huge blind spot for I think a lot of America right now. It's and then like, Milo is back in our lives. Dixon, the piece of shit, like, like, well, Fedor has no rules against teacher students. It's like, okay, calm down, Ross Geller. One minute it's like you know not a problem. First of all, he starts off by saying it didn't happen, and then suddenly it's there's no there's no rule against it. So it's like oh, all right. So we Im- immediately know the teacher's suspect as shit. Well, um, he was going you little son of a bitch. I know you little son of a bitch. <laughs> and then we cut we cut to the other teacher, one of the other staff members, Asif Manvi. Asif Manvi playing a completely straight role. It's one of the rare times I've seen him play a straight role. It's fun. I, he's done more comedy since this point, but this is when he was still doing just generally, yeah. truly just straightforward like drama, basically. Yeah, he's a recurring teacher. He shows I mean, up he's a he little is... funny, but not like you yeah. know funny funny. He is, uh, he's a doctor, and yeah, he, he's a teacher for Owen and Natalie's Who are classes. in med, I guess they're pre-med, like, it's they're unclear. pre-med, yeah, but, like, they're getting their, you know, their volunteer work in there, and, like, real-life experience. At so a clinic. Good, yeah. 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 At a clinic, yeah. And then we meet Natalie Dykstra as one of the other people, and then, of course, they're all whispering, like, she's legendary. And then we're like, why? And then, you know, we find out. <laughs> so it turns out when they talk about, first of all, Sarah pulls aside the teacher, Professor Dixon, that she had the affair with, and just talks about it. Um, yeah, he, like, comes, know, like, straight to her, probably. like, uh, office, because she's student council president, and he was like, who did you tell? And she's, she's like, like, what? Nobody. Which, Which instantly says that she was clearly screwing someone else. But Well, to me, but, like, I, I, at the time, I was almost like, you know... Maybe she did. Maybe she's lying because we don't. We're only seeing her side of it, but she's also not really thrilled about this. So you kind of see, like, okay, maybe it wasn't her, so it's someone else, or so we think maybe someone else told about those two. We don't realize until later on that he's had several affairs with students. So um, yay! 
But um, uh, we also cut back to Owen with Natalie. He goes up to he braves meeting her because he's you know uh, a serial monogamous slash I don't know oh, he's, man he's, about town. He's, he's a man about town. He's <laughs> he's not a serial monogamous because of his weird hangups apparently. And then you know Natalie's just too great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of whisper so, whispers about Natalie. Yeah, they all whispers, and he's got to see what it's like for himself. So. Um, yeah, they, they do mention later because it's a small liberal arts college. There's only 2,500 people at the school, so everyone yeah. knows everyone's business. And so we get the like the the sultry video confession, which I think is probably the worst one of the bunch. Well, this is after she tells him why she's infamous. Yes. So there was a rash of suicides last year where people were jumping off of Levinson Hall. She was one of them. She survived. And I'm going to start just, I'm going to read off what he says in reaction to this, because there's no other way for us to really talk about this besides just to quote it, because it's a level of, of awfulness that I can't even put the words. Also, so I guess disclaimer, this is also the unaired pilot, so most likely this scene didn't really air. I hope. I don't know. I don't know. I could see it airing, because I don't think people cared. Because, well, in the second episode, uh, is that... Because they, they redo, redo a lot of the stuff about, like, the attempted suicide in the second episode. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you can pull this scene out. Because this is the scene where he declares he's going to go after her, essentially. I don't know. I, I hope it was. Don't get me wrong. It's awful. And I will say, fair warning, it's gross as shit. So if you have any issue with this, someone basically, like, scorning mental illness, get ready. So he says, she's, <laughs> he talks about it, Natalie. Um, this is my stupid Penn Badley, imp- Penn Badley impression. He's just like, Natalie, huh? She's potentially psycho? Which, <laughs> like, like what? Did we miss part of this conversation? Where, where was she schizo? Like, I don't understand I mean, what- she, she, she tried to kill herself, so that- there, that doesn't mean you're schizophrenic, though. Like, it's bizarre, but he says she's I, potentially schizo. I guess a doctor, and I guess <sighs> he's not trying to do psych like she is, so. And he says, <laughs> he goes, well, it's college, right? Maybe go for a girl with a bit of history. A history of mental illness? Why not? I mean, this is college. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Experimenting. A girl who would jump off a roof? There is something very hot about that kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, there's also, I guess you didn't include that, but there's a line how he says he doesn't usually go for girls with baggage or history, really. Yeah, he says maybe go for the girl with a little history herself. Like he he he's saying he doesn't normally go for that type, and then he goes into why. He goes for like just like simple. It is. Yeah, my notes are just like what? I mean, there's not much to say about that. That's the kind of level of pe- like this isn't supposed to be like the sexy confessional too, where he's like, I'm gonna go after her. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, quarter life did these confessional videos better than this shit, and that was garbage. Like I don't God, know what we're not watching. Quarter life. Like, that was also awful, but at least it had, like, I don't know. And I also liked that eventually that was revealed. I wish, I was waiting for the shoe to drop and they were all going to see the fucking diaries and never did. It was so infuriating. So, um, later on, Lee and Zoe meet at a coffee shop. Because she's just being, I guess, Zoe and just track, like, she literally just shows up and just starts screaming. And I think this was partly just maybe, I don't know, I don't know, I don't watch other things with, um, I think it's Victoria Cartagena. I haven't watched anything else with her in it, but... I, I, I saw her, like, for a few episodes of Gotham I saw, I saw her there. I just don't like her acting style. Um, she's just I think part of it is, the, you know, like, the, the affected accent she's doing. Well, she's from Philadelphia, too, so I don't even know what she's trying for. But, like... Remember, she's, uh, she's not from the Bronx here. <laughs> the Bronx? It's just ridiculous. I mean, she'd, have, she'd be better off doing a South Philly accent. At least that sounds like an accent, and they could figure out where she's from based off of that. But... 
And also, like, she made a decision here. I feel like she's just doing, like, a Rosie Perez impression where she's just screaming her lines. Just, I think like, that is, uh, probably what they told her to do, honestly. I know, but it's just, like, she is truly screaming her lines. Like, like let me know if you want to work at, work together in that class. And it's like, what the fuck are we watching? This is oh, so... Oh, you should continue that. What did you meant said that? She said she suggests Hook a up. sex date. Yeah, she says, hurry. She says, she says what she says to Lee. I kid you not, guys. Basically, she sees him in a public coffee shop, walks up to him, and says this out loud, loud enough for basically everyone in the in the area to hear. Let me know if you want to work together for that class. Hook up, videotape it, create some buzz, emotional truth, whatever. I bet we get an A. I'm like, what the again, fuck? Again, when the, later in the season they reveal basically that Matthew Jean's character is her, like, has been her mentor for like the past ten years. It's like. This is what we're saying. It's not to say that she's acting, like, street or something, but it just sort of seems like, do you not know how this works? Because no one talks like, like this in a Why do you want to reveal this to someone who's, like, shop. really close to your family and you? Yeah, and also, like, it's a public coffee shop. Like, what are you doing, like, hitting on someone that openly? It's just, it's overt. Like, I, they're just saying, like, let's just get a coffee. Just just be, cu- like, subtle with it. Like, she is, like, basically, like, humping him in, in mid-public. And then she, he says to her, wait, I have a girlfriend, even though he likes her. And then she's like, cool, very retro. And I was like, this sucks. This sucks. Like, there's nothing retro about having a girlfriend, you idiot. Like, this is stupid as shit. And then, I, even then, the whole, like, you know, having a girlfriend, like, that would be one thing if she was someone who's, like, polyamorous or something and it was truly, like, trying to be edgy. She's just, like, being a dick. Because we find out later she basically ends up having a boyfriend or, or at least, like, a, a fuck buddy or something. So it's like... Make up your mind. If you're going to have someone be someone who's beyond, you know, romantic partners, have them explicitly talk about it. If we're having a show about sex and, and secrets and confessionals, when not now, but to have someone talk about the fact that they're not interested in a monogamous relationship, please. But they never bring that up. It's just, it's her basically trying to convince him to sleep with her is the whole scene. And then it just continues that way throughout the entire season because she's just going after him, like viciously going after him to the point where she basically I mean, like, she's wrecks go after life. the entire season because she realized she gets over but like he wants her to go, to go after her and everything right. and whatever. But she definitely pursues him aggressively to the point where she's leaking details of his private life to the newspaper. So it's pretty terrible. Like she openly has it out for his girlfriend in order to get him in bed essentially. But, like, I don't know how much of that's actually wanting to get him in bed versus how much she just wants to manipulate him and have a good time. Like, it's just upsetting. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shitty character to watch, like, a female who's you could hopefully be thrilled that she's empowered with her sexuality so, so directly harass another woman as a result. Like, it's... Yeah, Zoe's terrible, but, like, and then it's Emma Bell who, like, gets what project and gets, like, super jealous about that. Well, I mean, I agree to a, to a level, but she also well, we we can jump to that scene now because later on when when um Zoe shows up while they're both eating lunch together, she walks up not only asks about the project though, she like takes his chips and starts eating his chips, which mm-hmm. feels to me like a little bit like, all right, this is a little too comfortable, and I I get where you're coming from because I think that Emma Bell overreacts, but she overreacts to a lot of things. <laughs> we'll get to, but uh, this is like one of those scenes where it's sort of like her being. It's like she's trying to, like, say, like, hey, you know, I know your boyfriend enough to eat his chips without asking. Like, it's so, I'm being a little bit, like, hyperbolic, but, like, it's certainly, to me, territorial on her part to be. As far as manipulation goes in the show, like, I feel like Zoe is probably one of the least manipulative. She's, like, kind of just outright with everything. So I think she thought she was being, like, 
friendly. She seems just, uh, like with social cues. Take it that way. <laughs> sort yeah, of. I, I think that I think... you're supposed to think that like maybe it's a whole thing, but like really, as the episode goes on, especially with how terrible Emma Bell is, and as she's the just being goes on, it's herself. like no, she just. Yeah. He has a thing about people's personal space in general. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think the problem is later on, I, I was watching them basically like episode after episode. And like right after, in the, I think it's like an episode or two later, she like brings up like her personal heroes, Cleopatra, for manipulation. So I think I just was like, all right, well, clearly she's been manipulating people this whole time. So it's probably coloring a little bit of where I see her now in retrospect. But in general, I do think that she's just sort of coming across like somebody who's just trying to make sure that she gets what she wants and just be as polite as she can in order to get that. And some of it's just being aggressive, some of it's being friendly to the girlfriend so that he thinks, like, well, maybe I should still stay friends with her even though she's being weird. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> she, just, she just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I, I feel like in that scene it really wasn't her... She literally did nothing to actually draw a wedge between them. It's just No, like, and I think it's 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 Lee. At the time, Lee was nice to her. Literally, it could have been Sarah who showed up to talk to Lee, and she was yeah. like, yeah, she still would have been all over it. Yeah, so so then um, at the same time, later on, earlier on... Do Lee um, and Sarah ever interact one-on-one in this house? No, I don't they think they didn't really like hang out with any of them. Like with, they all like start hanging out together. And I think Sarah, they're at the bar. They're at the bar later on. She shows up, but like, yeah, she doesn't like hang out with them. They all go to the bar together throughout the series, and she just kind of she doesn't. She hangs she's up. Just she around. Richard. She chastises Natalie. Of course, she spends time with Owen because he's her brother. Yeah, it's she's weird. very divorced from the rest. She's not their friend. No. And so, so earlier on, um, Sarah also confronts uh, Richard about the, he's the editor of the paper, and she says, look, um, what are you doing? I don't want this, this news story about the uh, professor sleeping with a student, which is her and her professor, getting out, um, who told you, all that kind of stuff. Richard is, like, shocked that it's her a little bit, but he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pull the story. Like, uh, my sources, blah, 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 blah. He, he plays it off like, oh, yeah. She basically just tells him that she... It was her. Yeah, he he had someone else, but they don't really address that. Yeah, and he even says later on in the episode um, that, you know, he didn't even know she was her until that moment in her in his office. So she gives herself away, where she could have just tried to play it like it wasn't her. But, um, and then she threatens, since she's a student body president, she threatens to shut it down and, and cut their funding. And he's like, you know, I'd rather not. And it's easy for him to say, because like, he doesn't want the funding to go away, but also, like... Realistically, you're a rich dude. Could you just fund it yourself? Right. But I yeah. guess he doesn't want to use and that money. And then she's like, "Do something right. You are a son of a bitch." And he makes, of course, the great comment. I love. Oh my god, this is a great line. Yeah, <laughs> where he's. Ah, uh, where is it? Let me see. It's right here. Um. Yeah, she says you're a son of a bitch. He's like, "That's not fair. You've never met my mother. She's lovely. <laughs> Fucking love my little bitch. Oh, I hate oh. it. It's 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 so oh, cheesy, but I he's so charming." I have a note later in this. I hate retroactively finding Milo charming. Yes, it's the worst. It, I don't want to rewatch Gilmore Girls because I'm worried I'll like them from the beginning oh, and it'll be upsetting. Oh, don't worry. I, I've been like, I had to stop my rewatch, of course, in the past years because I'm so angry. And this oh, is good. still after the, the, the reboot, the continuation. So it's fine. Don't worry. Oh my god. So uh, then we immediately after that, it cuts to fucking like classic like 2000s. Kings of Leon, Taper Jean Girl, <laughs> full blast. I want to point out at the coffee house, uh, the shitty folk singer. They made that a recurring <sighs> like, thing. It's like a really bad shitty folk singer. <laughs> like, but her diaries, 
was getting the short end of the live music uh, straw for WWE, and this was the beginning of that. But yeah, yeah and I don't girl. know why they kept doing that joke where it was like, you know, oh my god, people performing music in public it was is like so shitty. Open mic lunch. It's like, what are you? Why are you ruining people's lunches? It's just not how that works. Like, I went to a small state school and then another school as well, and then neither one of them had shitty stuff like that. Like, if anything, you're gonna have somebody playing it outside the dorm. Like, you're not going to get an on mic and not have the ability to at least, hit, like, hit chords. If anything, the, like, the student body who would, like, put, put an end to this guy ever getting to perform because of how yeah. bad he It's not going to be pleasant for people to hang out in the student union and you're going to lose traffic and it's just not good for your school. So they cut it. And they yeah. let him do, like, you know, only, like, a certain, you know, you can go here and do that. You can't do it in public anymore. But either yeah. way, uh, Back luckily that's Dean washed Girl away. and Aaron too, just like in Disturbia. Yes, Literally I loved like it. Disturbia. And then we cut to Penn's roommate, who's doing, like, open construction, like, has construction people coming in, creating a fancy bed slash desk area, which, again, when it's done, not even that fancy. I don't know why. They, they, the reveal is supposed to be like, wow, can you believe it's crazy? I mean, it's definitely nicer than a dorm, but, like, it's not like it's like some high tech like you know fancy 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 thing. It's just sort of like he made a little he made a little desk that adjoins his uh bunk beds and it's it's nice. But Aaron Yu's great. Um, he's there as like the I guess the kind of supposed to be the funny like goofy roommate. He's he doesn't really do anything for the most part. He just sort of shows up and does weird stuff and and messes with Owen. But that's I mean he'd be a it. series regular if he were in the class, but he's not in the class so. Oh, He's so much better than like. See, that's like I said. They should have a serious regular student who is like not in the class or like who dropped the class. Yeah. They shouldn't all be in the class. Ugh. All right. Anyway, so he's he's there as like the the wacky roommate, and um, later on we also see the teacher party where basically because Dixon knows that his affair is going to get out, he tells the ethics committee so that they find out from him first, and they're all like horrified as they should be. And then, uh, uh, at the same time, too, there's there's a conversation that, um... Hell, is this the one that takes place in the, the teacher's lounge that sadly got cut at, uh, for the rest of the series? Uh, I think I'm jumping I think I'm jumping ahead. That's my favorite room. The booze room, I call the it. The booze room. Oh, my God. I think I'm jumping ahead, because I think that happens at the very end, maybe. Yeah, because I think but, like, first is uh, where they introduce Audrey McDonald, and they're, like, part of the ethics committee. So, and yeah, that's what that's it is. like, talking to her, and I'm like, look at fucking Dixon. And this is where he, like, pitches his idea that, like, you know, these students have been playing it by the rules their whole lives. Like, again, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? No. That's a dumb reason to, like, have kids talk about sex, just because they've been playing And you also don't know their lives, and if they've been playing by the rules their whole lives. I hate him. And so, um, they brother and sister catch up again. Uh, it's like, very, her house is basically, like, oh, yeah. the party house, but... Decides, well, she's living off well, campus. Here's what happens, okay? I have questions about this too, so I have to thank you. Okay, so Owen decides to leave his dorm because, you know, the he doesn't want to deal with Aaron Yu and he, or the, the very high guys who live on his floor who were carrying so much, many pizzas. So That was goes, a weird scene too. I don't know what that college, was. College, man. Uh, but yeah, so then he decides to go to his sister's place where her... Um, her roommate, Olive, has picked up a guy, uh, played by Ray Valentine, and we see later, like, he's recurring, but, like, right. just, they, like, just met, like, at a street meet vendor, basically, and she's, like, I also, when she, uh, for I'm, the record, too, sorry, when she says street meet, I was, like, is that an app? And I'm, like, oh, no, they have flip phones, it's not an app. I like, an idiot. <laughs> they call it, it yeah. was a street, she says it was a street meet, is how she describes it. I'm, like, all right. 
Although she's 
Burger. No, it is Henry. It really is. But it definitely looks fancy. It looks like something that was like bought off a runway. And so um, it cuts to his father there saying, come on, we're going to go out. And she, he says, well, is this your second anniversary? So we find out that's actually his stepmom. And she cannot be more than five years older than him, if that. And <laughs> Which is... I guess, like, they don't really address it too much in the show, but, like, it's in, like, whether, like, your past sexual experiences, like, his sexual experience is her in the back of a limo. So he's definitely fucked yeah, his stepmom. Yeah, and it's, it's not subtle. I mean, they're pretty clear about the way that... And she wants to do it again, obviously, I mean, but, you know, he's can you imagine? Now. Oh, God. Can you imagine marrying someone who's the father of Milo Ventimiglia and then having to walk home and see that and be like, oh, that's a, that's a struggle, guys. So I feel her pain. But, uh, and... Why can't the father of Milo Ventimiglia just be hot? You, too, you tell so the casting fine. department of this show because they did not agree with you. Yeah, her, his dad's like, uh, like... Fucking Tony Bennett. It is. It really is like Tony Bennett. Why can't you run from Sinatra? Is what oh he's all about. Yeah, because they're listening to like club music out on the on the balcony. I mean, like, fucking cast Max Medina if you're gonna go that way. Like, do something stupid. Like, there's plenty of people that would do a guest starring role and be his father. Go back to fucking the shitty. What the hell was a shitty father on Gilmore Girls? Ah, uh, Rob oh, Estes. Uh, Rob that Estes. looked. It was a perfect casting. Oh man. I mean, we don't want to give Chachi more work, but anybody else would be great. So, like, I truly, I could not believe that they could not get someone better, but that's his dad. And you can, you can tell he hates his dad, I guess, either for, for being married to her or just being a bad dad. We're not really shown that. He, he's kind of upset, but, like, he probably is like, Dad, why can't you see that definitely she is a gold digger? But she, but he and also probably her, doesn't so like, care. You seem to like her. Like, it's confusing. He was also, like, how drunk. Was yeah, we don't know. He he gets mad enough to throw his yeah, glass was, of scotch afterwards. He was probably That's what I'm saying. completely out of it at, at the point when he was sleeping True. with her. And then, um, uh, the father offers him tickets to Tribeca Film Festival because he's a film major, and he, like, laughs, and I guess we're supposed to... He, he was a film okay. major, as, as uh, Dixon pointed out. He was a film major, and now he... Nah. All yeah. journalism, and I guess we're supposed to, you know, it's implied that you know, well, and I guess we're supposed to be implied that his father doesn't listen to him is what I was trying to take from that. But it's like, or maybe his father is just trying to. I, I can't tell. Like that's one area where I wish they had done a little bit more, like um, exposition, because they don't really explain. You just sort of see him react like he's mad about it. But I guess it's either because he's he feels like his father doesn't realize he's changed majors and his his passion is now journalism. Or it's because he thinks his dad is trying to, like, placate him with tickets or something. Like, maybe that's what, you know, your money didn't solve this, dad. But he laughs, like, a little maniacally where he's just like, sure, I'll take them. Like, oh, oh how terrible to be given free Tribeca Film Festival tickets. We should be so fucking lucky. But, uh, so he's, he's like, you know, furious as they leave, and he smashes his glass on the wall, and then the housekeeper comes running to see what's wrong. Bless her heart. Yeah, he throws his glass, which is the male version of a controlled fly. <laughs> yes, basically. it really is. It really is. And I feel like that's sad. I feel like, for one, you're missing out. Controlled slides are the best. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'll try and find a link. Just watch any Lifetime Yeah, but I'll movie. try and find a link to, like, a montage or, like, an explanation on TV tropes. It's fantastic. It's basically imagine someone sliding down a wall with their back to the wall. Um, but, like... He shuts yeah. the door. Lean <laughs> against the door and just slide down, slide cry. down and they cry, cry, I mean, technically, cry. you can do both at the same time. And a truly, a truly universal uh, experience would be someone smashing a glass and then controls sliding down, down the wall. That'd be, a, that'd be a sight to see. But it's sad for, for I guess, the, the fragile masculinity is to be 
basically their version of a controlled slide is like anger and smashing objects. It's not fair. You should feel sad because it's 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 good for him. But he he's freaked out and the housekeeper comes and is like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'll clean it up. Don't worry about it. Which is, I mean, it's nice that he's going to do it, but also you shouldn't smash stuff when you know you're not going to have to be cleaning it up. It's to make you look like an asshole even though you're not being one. Um, and then later on we get the uh, group of them all out drinking shots at the bar. Um... And then this is another one of those really weirdly dark jokes where, like, they're all chatting away, and Natalie mentions earlier in last year she was an econ major, and Pam Badgley says to her, no wonder you jumped. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus Christ. And they do, they yeah. do make the, they make a point to say, like, damn, that was, and he's like, sorry. And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, yeah, I get it. Like, it was, it was funny, but, like, ease yourself I... into those jokes, man. Yeah, you guys aren't that close yet. Is it is it this episode? Yeah, it's this episode also where you are like they these like go to zero to a hundred in terms of people being terrible with like the random Josh who's like, Oh, hey Natalie and then he makes like a yeah, plumbing like, sound. It's awful. Like it's like who like, does that? I, that's hell? later on. We could go to that now though, because it's important. So yeah. um he literally says that there's this jock later on. I'm gonna try and find it, but it's like it's absolutely crazy where it's like they're walking down this, they're walking, I guess, it, like, in a quad. Just walking on campus. And she's going back to her dorm, yeah. and this jock just comes up and just makes that, like, <gasps> And then I'm like... He's like, hey, Natalie. She's like, yeah, what, basically? They're like, oh, hello, nice person. And he's like, I'm not a and nice then, person. And then Penn says to him, like, what the fuck, dude, as you should. And he's like, what, I'm, I'm glad she dropped by. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, and then, like, but also, like, on one level, like, that's a horrifying joke. But on another level, like even the worst bully is not gonna do that in public like that, un- unwarranted. I'm especially uh, with he was like with a, a couple people too. It's like I just why would you? Do I that can't imagine a level people? of bullying. I mean, I know that's uh, it, it does happen, and I don't I don't mean to uh, you know disregard anyone's experiences, but like bullying is usually a little more subtle than that. Like this is like a level where it's like it's so evil, you might as well just like. It's like a cartoon. Like, it just doesn't make sense that someone would openly taunt someone. Like, even a bully, for example, like, once the person they're bullying tries to commit suicide, you'd think that they'd probably quit it and think, oh, this is too serious. But, like, he's making fun of her for attempting to commit suicide. I mean, I'm sure that must exist, but it just certainly seems like, at that point, usually people drop it. Or at least move on to a new new target or something. Like, I don't, I don't understand. But we're not shown, like... And then what's so confusing, which we'll get to in the second episode... That's all rewritten as she he's like the person she has like uh, she sleeps with, right? Well, no, no, I double checked that because I thought that's what it was. There are two different, uh, but it's jobs. certainly the same person. It's meant to be that person, right? Like to me, that was just. I, I hope think, not. I don't know. I don't fucking know. We'll get to the, what we're talking about in a second, but ooh, Ryland. Ryland. Yeah, I I double checked and it's like Mean Jaws was a different actor yeah. completely. And there's I'm other like, the whole time. I'm like, there's re like editing something, and then there's just like there's other points in this episode too that are so toned yeah. up it's insane. But like earlier, she also says to him too when they're talking, she's like, I only get suicidal on tequila, and like okay, like you're she, they're just trying to make jokes about it, but it's still pretty dark a subject to be too joking about. Well, I, like she can make jokes about it, obviously. No, she can, but, like, but it's just it's just. Oh wait, it was like you just met her, dude. I mean, <laughs> oh my god. And so uh, in the background, they're they're punching the mascot, like they're all they're joking around. Um, Lee sleeps off. Oh, with- well- 
I'm sorry. You you didn't, you didn't build up to the mascot situation. Uh, I, I didn't want to talk about this any more than we had to. It's awful. Oh, future episode too, uh. because he was having like a downward spiral in college, which is pretty great. And okay. the better show this would be done a lot more successfully. It's so just it's, not. In general, amazing. like the whole. The show thinks it's funny, beaver jokes, uh-huh, sex, uh, they're not great. But, so, we're at, uh, the lodge, <laughs> which is, dude. like, the hangout that doesn't take, uh, like, doesn't check ID, like, they take out-of-state library it's cards, dive basically. bar, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, you have the characters, like, hanging out, drinking, and in the background, you have, like, the school mascot beaver in dancing. Full in full beaver gear. Yeah, on, like, a pool table, and then this girl shows up, and she, like, starts dancing with them. Like, humming, dancing, humming Everyone's dancing. like, yeah, go beaver, go beaver. Then her boy friend shows up, jumps on the table, beats up, starts beating up the beaver, and I'm like, come on, beaver, like, fight back. And the beaver doesn't get, like, one punch in, but, like, the beaver gets that kick. And, well, the one thing I actually enjoy about it is later in the se- in the season, they need to get a new mascot because apparently, and they, they address the situation, like, the beaver was basically just having a downward spiral adjusting to college. Jesus Christ. Which, that's, that's a pretty good touch. It is. But it's truly, like... They're like, yeah, the first week of school, he got drunk and got beaten up at a bar. Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, so they, they they have that happening in the background, and the guys are like, whatever. And they don't really even seem to care about it. It's like an they afterthought. Get, they, they, they cheer the beaver on for dancing, and then they're just like, oh, oh, oh poor beaver. But they, no one helps the beaver. Yeah. And then at, the, at that same night, Lee sleeps his, his uh, hangover off at Milo's big giant New York apartment. Because Lee is the worst at drinking and probably shouldn't be doing it. But, but it's also, for the record, it's New York. Why is he not able, I guess because he lives with his parents and he doesn't want to go home drunk. But, like, he could easily get home. Oh, yeah, definitely. <sighs> like, what? But they don't really, imp- they should have done a better job of explaining that. Because he could have somewhere else to crash. Well, he was certain, like, his like, younger brothers, too. And they're yeah. probably like, why the hell would you come home like this? I mean, like, much. who hasn't come home and, drunk? You didn't and have his to... family would also tell his annoying girlfriend. Right. But, like, what's the harm in just coming home drunk and then just putting yourself to bed? Like, seriously. He's 18 years old. Mm, yeah, I guess. But, so... I don't know. I, I realize you, you've never lived in a black person's household. But, uh, if I'm 18... If I'm younger than 21 and I'm coming home drunk, I'm not living to see the next one. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, my parents were... I never would have come home openly drunk. I would have just, you know, stayed up early... Stayed up till the middle of the morning and then gone home that time, but... I guess he is still young. I'm, I'm thinking of him being older. You're right. I still keep thinking this is a grad club, grad level class. I keep picturing him like a 22 year old. I'm like now he's 18. He is since the first week of college. Yeah, so that's it is a little better. But so he goes to Milo's house and then Milo tapes his diary where he explains like his whole fucking mo, where he says like last time I had anything meaningful meaningful with a girl, it didn't have a happy ending. Next day she jumped off of Levinson Hall. So, it's Natalie. Presumably Natalie. At the time, we also were told there was a rash of people jumping off of there, so I didn't know at the time. I'm like, I think it's her, but it could have been. Yeah. So- Maybe the, the person died, so I was like, oh, thank God it was her. <laughs> but, um, so we find out that they had a history. That's why there was a little bit of, like, chemistry with the two of them in the class. And then, um, the next morning, Lee goes home, and they literally fight over nothing. And it makes me yes. so like, mad. I called you, and he's like, my phone died. Which, actually, his phone dying is a thing that keeps happening at one point like he has to use, like another episode he has to use richard's cell phone to like try to call her because it, like his he has a shitty phone he's poor <gasps> and, and, and a cell phone the, it literally like, escalates to the point where she says to him he's like i stayed at uh, a classmate richard thorne and he even tells the full name house which he did and he and he's honest he says we were drinking like deal with it like that's what was it, zoe I mean, there 
And she asked, like, you know, it was it was that girl from the, the coffee shop there? And he's like, well, yeah, it was a class that... outing. Of course she was there. But it, I was with Richard. That's the whole point. I just explained to you. I didn't go home with her. I didn't even really talk to her, which he didn't, really. And so yeah. um, it, it escalates to this. I'm going to paraphrase what she says, but she essentially screams at him. You think you can go all night with your friends and drink? I don't think we can see each other anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's really, I'm not even lying, guys. She basically says, you think you can go out all night with your friends and just drink and not tell me and not contact me? I don't think we can see each other anymore. I mean, he dodged a fucking bullet at this point until later on we find out he did not. The bullet is like one of those like wanted bullets that comes back around and murders you. bullet. Yeah, curved bullet. But like, like myth busted, the real guys, and it just it so quickly dumps <sighs> him. I'm like, and he, honestly, I was like, good for you, dude. Like, I remembered not liking Lee, but at the same time, I was like, I didn't like her because what the hell? That's why I think he, he bought some good yet. faith from me in the beginning because he kind of comes across like the good person in comparison to that. And it's like, oh wait, no, he's terrible. But like here, no, 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 and she's like, and he just walks off basically. Like, he's like, acted by Emma Bell. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm done. Bye. I'm leaving. And so she just, she, she storms off, I guess. They, they're neighbors. They live in the same neighborhood. So I guess like she gets off the, the subway and he crazy. runs into her. Like she's just there waiting. She's and just pacing that... up and down the block. Like it's so creepy. Everything about her is the worst. And she doesn't go to college, which is not to say that that's part of the problem. You don't have to go to college. You're, you're fine to do whatever you want. But first of all, I don't know that she has a job. So she's kind of just. Well, she does. She works at a diner. Oh, right. She said and, that at a diner. Yeah. And, so. What was it? Her cousin works in a parking garage. But she's. It's not. I don't know. Like her. Her whole thing in general is just sort of like she has no nothing but free time, and she's just always hanging she's clearly, out. Clearly aimless, and she kind of. They, see, again, no one's really fleshed out because, like, she's the type of character where it's like she would kind of want someone to, like, manipulate and bring Lee down and also have him kind of be aimless. The fact that he's at college, she's not happy, really, for it. No, and it's like, well, you, that should be the minimum. Everyone should be happy if someone else were doing what they want to do. Like, that's... Why are you in a relationship if you don't have that much to, going for you, at least? But so they fight. She storms off. He's, he goes in his house. I wouldn't even say they fight. <laughs> It's just a breakup. Like, it's an abrupt breakup. And, like, I mean, obviously there was that awkward moment where they were, she, you know, Zoe was a little bit up front, like, um, you know, a direct when they were in the coffee shop. But they weren't really, like, in a fight then. They were just kind of awkward. So that's a, that's a fast escalation from him going out one night, not calling her, and then she breaks up with him that morning. Like, it is a severe overreaction to a level I don't even know. She seems like a crazy person. Think about it. Like, remember, so Zoe brings up, like, the uh, assignment, and then Emma's like, Emmabelle's like, what assignment? So, uh, like, off screen, you have to be like, okay, you have to discuss your sexual regret. That's basically the assignment. And so she's already, like, apparently pissed about that. She's probably, I guess, she's curious in a sex class in general. I mean, like, I don't, I don't fucking get it, though. Like, what do you want? It's college. Everyone's taking a class where they had to talk about something, like, weird like that. If it's not sex, it's, like, death. And if it's not death, it's, I don't know, math or something. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> It's just stupid. Like, death and math. <laughs> the, the but, like, you, there's always something weird and uncomfortable about one of your classes in college. That's college. That's the whole fucking point. Like, if you've ever taken a sociology class or a, a philosophy class, you're going to have to confront some level of, like, your own, you know, either... In his, in his case, he's uncomfortable with, like, I think feeling like he's being dragged down by her, maybe. But it's never really... That's another one where I, li I wish we had more exposition because he just sort of seems 
immediately the problem becomes the fight instead of like what what caused the fight like cared to write them better i mean it'd be interesting yeah because there's got to be something that really because there's not enough to warrant a a fight that level without there already being major flaws in the relationship is what i mean here's me making it a better like storyline and character like you have uh, a black man, like, from Brooklyn who gets into college, I'm guessing first person in his family to go to college, and his white girlfriend, who's a townie, is basically doing everything she can to, like, sabotage that. That's fascinating. And they're just like, well, What are they comment on it? Well, let's see, the student council meeting, I guess? Yeah. It's next, yeah. Which, uh, basically, again, yeah, small liberal arts college, they have a yearly, like, reenactment of the 1972 Bedford College riot. As you uh, do. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, this char- there's a recurring character who I don't like know his name, but I know he's the one who's like sexy thingy and like the beaver like mascot auditioner guy. That that guy's there and he's he's pushing basically for like more realistic uh uh reenactments. They're like, no, because last year got like a bunch of people concussed or whatever. Because it was being too realistic. And you have this, I mean, I don't know if, I, I'm assuming, he definitely looks white. So you have this white guy saying, without violence, what's the point of reenacting these vi- these riots? And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> no one thought this was weird to talk about on a show with college kids? What? He's basically the opposite of, in, like, uh, the kind of enjoyable, like, the recurring characters, like Aaron Yu's character or uh, Chris. Are in terms of like their doofiness, like he's a, like a stupid doofy white guy. Yeah, but and he's aggressively so yeah, they, they pursuing about that reenacting with... violent riots. Yeah, that's, that's for the end of the. And we'll get to that scene. So we got off track again, but we're almost done this episode, and then we can kind of just do a little bit of like scatter shot over the last bit yeah. of the episodes. But so the next scene has some Biff naked score in the track. Oh, Biff naked, classic Biff naked, Which, classic Latoya loving the the Parker Abrams of it all. I'm sure. Of course, yeah. I, I think uh, I couldn't forget having Biff naked in the Sunday pilot. I think the aired pilot unfortunately replaces the song. Oh, rip. But yeah, Biff Naked it is might replace classic. It with like too, Kay Hanley though, so it's like basically oh, just going from Biff Naked to Lars to Cleo, which is like so awesome. It is amazing. Oh my god. Uh, but so uh, Milo and um, Sarah talk, um, and they have this. You know, I, he he explains to her, I I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean for you to be hurt by this. And she's like, Look, I just want to clarify. I wasn't taken advantage of, and that's the problem. Um, you know, oh, you're gonna make it look like I was a weak. Like someone who had been taken advantage. I'm like, you know, honestly, this is what makes me unfru- like really frustrated. Is they kind of get into this later on because they have this conversation and then she goes back on it. But like, it's hard for someone who's a a student to consent. And I would love for them to actually get into the topic of consent because well, that's the thing is she's an adult, but he is in a place of and Matthew Boudin pretends he's trying to like help, but like he kind of just coddles her pretty much, no. just, just like talking. Because here's the thing. She believes fully that, you know, she wasn't was manipulated or anything like that. But based on everything we actually see about Dixon, he's she was absolutely very, manipulative. very manipulative. And, like, he's a predator. Yes. He, it doesn't matter if there's, like, no thing, rules against, like, you know, teacher-student prioritization here. It's and like, that's why I think, honestly, again, we, we brought up before that Milo is the best, or uh, Richard is the best character of everybody. He's the only one trying to actually like commit to changing the situation for the better for women of the university because even though the uh matthew modine is trying to talk to her about it and like hear her side of things 
what Richard does is, I mean, it seems a little bit hyperbolic and like, you know, you know, tabloidy to splash like an affair across the pages of the paper. But what he explains his point of view, it's very succinct and important. He says, look, I'm here to make sure that no other women are going to get taken advantage of like this because it's his M.O. Yeah, and the person who talked to me is, is sure he'll do it again, just like he did yeah. to you. They don't show it here, but like in the previously is on episode two. Uh, so I'm guessing maybe aired in the like aired pilot. They show a clip clips of the professor hitting on various female students. <sighs> Jesus. Like, yeah, and these are young. Like she, yeah. they're both now. I guess you could say juniors, probably. But he had to have been sleeping with her for a full year, so she was definitely young. And it's not right. It's just disgusting. And I think it's very important that he's able to. Uh, he he gives them. Apparently, more... he was doing it simultaneously with the woman who just like right come forward. And then there's a point, okay, we'll cut to this now, because he, she, somehow, I, I must have blanked, I had, like, basically, like, a blackout when this happened. It's like, um, uh, Sarah starts researching frantically oh, yeah, and figures it out. like, it wasn't, obviously, you weren't the one, it was, there was someone else, basically. Yes, Milo and says there was someone else who's the person who named naked, him. Token on the truth montage. But now- she goes through yearbooks, which are all black and white, which my brother asked, did they not have colored pictures back then? Oh my What's god. Happening? But also, like, w- how does she figure out it's her? Is there something that I forgot that she that they, they imply? I guess she's just cross-referencing students. And then she, uh, when she's talking to her, she's like, I remember you saw a lot of office hours. Like, you had a lot of office As hours. As an English yet. major, and you yeah. were probably yet, an idiot otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like... Really they don't. They don't really explain. Cause basically, I want. I want. If you've never, you've never seen the show, it's just a, it's a hilarious scene. Cause like, imagine her flipping through like various like yearbooks, like frantically looking and then crossing off a list of names, and like, and then she just suddenly realizes like, oh, and then she just goes and meets this girl. I'm like, but I'm like, you had no explanation on why she was doing what she was doing. She no didn't Google life. or like research people in the class that would she have been this black class. and white pictures of people from the, the 2000s <laughs> it's just such a I'm like jesus christ she better be like a criminology major because she's fucking she's like breaking the truth in like literally like 20 minutes she figures out who this affair is and what's stopping anyone else in the school from doing the same thing because the person is an anonymous source so really like she's getting the scoop on this before like the dean of students like he could also technically realize it but i guess he doesn't have first-hand experience with you know, seeing who goes in and out of the office. We'll talk about that, yeah. obviously. But so anyway, so she she meets up with this girl, April Jensen, I think it is. April. Yeah. And then they go have a walk in the park. And then um, it, they have this, like, heart-to-heart about, you know, April saying, look, look, I only told because I don't think it's right. And she kind of goes into more about why Milo wants to publish it, which is great. And she has a very succinct and, like, very smart point of view where it's just, you know, look, he's going to do it again. He did it before. And, you know, he's going to do it he's gonna keep victimizing women and i'm does. trying to make sure no one does and he's a complete creep he is i mean i don't i feel i don't, I don't understand how she doesn't get this but whatever the case may be she seems shocked like i think that this is creepy and i think it's really nice to hear like from multiple people they're finding it creepy from the jump and it, when you, when she talks to april about it she says well like you know maybe he this is where i felt i was like what but she says to her, like, oh, yeah. look, maybe he was in love with you. And she's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, well, she always, he always talked about you when he yeah, was with was me. Like, he never mentioned me. Like, he's like, no, he always talked about you. Like, what? But, like, can we take a step back here and talk about, like, maybe he was in love with you? He was actively sleeping with this person in order to tell her that. So it's not like he was really in love with you. He was just having other affairs and then was really talking about this one affair. It's not... I don't know. I mean, I'm one of those people who finds that, you know, this is a personal thing, so take it with a grain of salt. 
But I think that, like, you know, people who are having affairs are more in love with the act of having the affair than the person that they're yeah. in an affair with. Unless like, they go on to marry that later, person. Basically that. Yeah, and then, uh, look, also, if, you, if they go on to marry them, maybe then they had the love for that person. But this doesn't sound to, like that's going to happen. Also, like, serial cheater, yeah. If he's, like, cheating with, you know, like, maybe other professors or, like, other women who are non-college, but he's specifically sleeping with his students. He is a predator, full stop. Yes, full stop. And and he never, he does afterwards try and pursue her and then go back with her or whatever, but he for the most part. He kind of want to be her friend, and then Matthew O'Dean basically blows up his spot by reading the dedication in the book. Yeah, I love that. But, like, but again, it's... Sarah doesn't really actively do anything. Right. And and, you, and she at least walks away from it at this point, and she sort of just makes her choice after hearing this girl talk about the fact that, like, yeah, he was actively sleeping with me while he was still talking about you. And I think it's even creepier because it's just, it's confirming the fact that it was happening simultaneously, and that's just a whole level of, like, ugh. I would never want to know that about anything. But so, um, this is, and then later on, this is the point where the dude makes that creepy joke with the, uh, whistle drop and everything, and... This is the first of several times where Natalie freaks out at Owen and other people for trying to protect her. No, the girl um, is just Owen. Owen all of a sudden Owen is like, really specifically. I guess everybody else is sort of like leaving her. Yeah, and he he tries to pick a fight with the dude, which is what really like he's a huge like quarterback sized dude, and then Owen's fucking Ped Badgley, and he just tries to like say like shut the fuck up, and the guy's like nah, I'm just messing with her, and Natalie tapes her diary talking about how she's just you know furious about everything still and like she doesn't know how to be herself yet or it's just a lot of these diaries are very rambly and boring it's like if you're reading someone's diary i don't care but um the professor um Dixon there, and, there oh. were flashbacks i would love to see flashbacks of both natalie and richard because yeah. they were like both at rock bottom richard too oh my god milo does such a good job honestly like he really makes it seem like i guess it would probably be like a flashback to them both being like partying and like disturbed and stuff it'd be interesting but um, the professor at this point, this is where Dixon tells the rest of the professors. They all freak the fuck out appropriately. My favorite room of the show that it can't <laughs> cut out when they do reshoot. Uh, it's like, it's imagine a teacher's lounge, but with all booze. <laughs> That's basically booze it. And, and wood. like leather and mahogany. mahogany. It's great. It's <laughs> and Audrey McDonald be like, I'm going to go get some of the, the 12-year-old scotch that we're just allowed to have. I know. I was like, what? I'm like, all right, good for her. She's got the president's 12-year-old McAllen. I'm like, good for you, girl. So they're all just, like, in a, in a frenzy, like, god damn it, this fucking guy can't keep his dick in his pants. And they, they go into some really important things where it's like, look, we all feel attraction to our students, which I think is a fair thing to say, because the yeah. act of educating is very emotional. Yeah. So it's like they're attracted to the youth and yeah. the vivaciousness, and it's interesting. Specifically, like, they're attracted to the youth and, yeah, the vibrant, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. But then Matthew Levine's like, but what makes us, you know, educators uh, is that we don't act on it, you piece of shit. Yeah, and you're you're supposed to bring out in them. It's like anything. It's like someone who's like a life coach, even or something. You're gonna you're gonna make someone feel good, but you're supposed to be putting a, or or a therapist. You're putting a wall between being like a personal and a professional. Like you're supposed to be bringing emotions out in people, but you're not supposed to be acting on those vulnerabilities. And he is definitely targeting people who are, you know, over eager. It seems like or or interested in you know extra help or something and it's just not fair to those people basically being taken advantage of it's uh, um, in the, the second episode with like the reshoots where like it's uh the dean who like does the like the huge takedown of him right yes in this he trashes the shit out of him oh my god it's crazy that's fantastic but crazy okay and then um uh so the professors all freak out um later on uh, uh sarah and richard have a talk about you know 
look, like, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, also, in this shit. underpilot, uh, Owen thinks Natalie's gonna jump again, and she, does, she doesn't. She just wants to stand up. Oh, that's later on, yeah. yeah. Oh my we'll god. We'll get back to that, that again, obviously. Yeah, there's a scene where she's up on top of the roof where she, I think it's where she jumped, even. Yeah, and, it, it, it's And that. he's like, don't they, jump! This school apparently didn't realize you should probably just lock access to that roof considering that's where people kept jumping from. I mean, yeah, and also, like, she reacts, like, we can talk about it now, because it's not really a huge, it just happens, and that's the end of that part of this, the, this, the plot. But, so she's up there, like, on the roof, just, like, looking down on the ground, and he's, like, you know, screaming up, don't jump, and then runs to the roof, and then meets her up there, and he's like, what are you doing? Don't, it's, everything's gonna be okay. And then, like, she kind of, like, laughs it off, like, oh, you, you thought I was gonna jump? And I'm like, look, I get that it's a little, like, he's a little bit, f- up, like, flighty or he's overreacting but like you did jump so i, mean, I would I be a little she, nervous too she jumped in the middle of the day i mean i don't know you don't know i mean he didn't <laughs> he, he wasn't there want the attention as much i don't know why she would jump in the middle of the day she probably would just yeah be, yeah but it, you got, i mean she can't be that shocked that he's up like i would i would certainly be like i'm sorry i didn't mean to upset you i'm just here reminiscing or something like she reacts like dude calm down it's no ideal i just jumped off this roof last year or whatever like it's a pretty intense thing to have almost die jumping off of a building where every other person who did it died like it's not like a small thing for her to have done that it's not like she overdosed on pills or something not that that's not a huge deal too but like that's a little more common than jumping off a building in the middle of the quad it's a very very public place so well, speaking I'm, of pills i i do have a question uh, how you feel about okay so obviously we know richard he he got right basically he sobered up and everything how do you feel about the fact that natalie who apparently was like almost equally as messed up as him like on booze and pills and stuff she did like she still drinks and everything like oh, she does yeah you're right i, I didn't think about that i guess in a she way only she only gets a ton on tequila we well, she, she was only gets suicidal to, like... on tequila <laughs> oh, yeah God. i guess we knew she was like more she was numbing as opposed to like an actual addict like him but it seems just weird that they wouldn't ever really address the fact that she still like drinks too Ooh, i didn't think about that you're right i mean if she seems like she's in a better place, maybe she's on some kind of. But usually, if you're on medication, you can't drink. It depends. I guess I she don't just. Know. Yeah, she says like uh, after once she jumped, she realized there's nothing I couldn't fix, basically. So I guess she she yeah. got some life. I mean, that, that's a like, fucking just, hell of a way to get a life it lesson. Is just but yeah. I feel like they should address because they were both agreed. Like, now that you say that, up in the sure. relationship. Oof, good lord. Yeah. So so he. Oh my god. So he. <laughs> so he he runs Sorry. up there and he gets her and they're just like you know talking it through like no big deal no big deal and it's very disconcerting but eventually he comes they calm down and he's like it's good to know you're not gonna jump but she's like yeah I wouldn't do that and, but you did but uh so that that's them and then um earlier when when uh Milo and Sarah are talking you know he's they're they're kind of commiserating about the fact that like they both are fucked up basically and then um he's explaining like you know. I envy you for for being not being in love because you know he he wishes he was in love and she wishes she never was in love basically, and then he, it's kind of a nice heart to heart. But she's like you know I, I can't tell if you're being serious ever basically because that's yeah. that's part of Milo's also charm is he, that you can he never fucks tell with her like this serious. entire series it's pretty fun. <laughs> yes, and I always I thought that was also going to end up in like them hooking up, but they never did. He just has chemistry with every single person on the show. I guess this I, is Milo. The theory they were kind of like pushing it like this is going to be the major shit, but then it's like. Natalie and Richard have also like such an intense history. You kind of gotta follow through with that first to see where anything else goes. Yeah, and then they throw Katrina in there. Like I think he's just oh, the gosh. person who has he has chemistry with every person. Like it could be it could be Milo Ventimiglia walking down the street with like 
a balloon and you'd be like, damn, they have chemistry. <laughs> I mean, that's just my opinion, so don't 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 quote me on that, but I feel well, like that's one of those things. Do quote her on that. Tyler Chameleon and Balloon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so, and then um, Zoe hooks up with Lee after this, this point, too, because, you know, that had to happen. Lee, you know how crusty is. He's like, I'm just going to hook up with this girl because that the will help. The first time I can. And, um, I mean, I, you get, they're both single. Technically, he has broken up with his, his girlfriend, but he instantly regrets it. And he's like, no, what did I do? Like, um, well, you didn't leave. You, you know what your girlfriend's grievances were or whatever, even as stupid as they were. And you immediately like, I'm going to hook up with this girl that I know she would hate if she ever found out that I hooked up with her. That's the, I love, I say love in heavy quotation marks you can't see, but, uh, I, ha- I hate that fucking, like, tired ass. Well, it's not even just, like, a trope. It's, like, a, a human being trope where, like, people think that, oh, the person that I broke up with my significant other for, well, I, I broke up with because they were thought I was going to sleep with, but I never did. The first thing I do after we're broken up, I should definitely sleep with this person. I'm like, you realize that you just prove them right because even if you weren't sleeping with them, you just did that immediately. So you clearly were like emotionally cheating already. You were just waiting for the physical chance to, to sleep with her, or in this case, make out with her, kiss her, get a blowjob. I don't know. It's cl- it's unclear. <laughs> but uh, so they go off and, and you know hook up, and then he ha- he tapes his little video diary. He's like, I miss Rachel and I love her. And so we also see Zoe's video diary the next day, and she says, this is where we finally get the reveal that she's like, I've kissed a lot of guys and some girls too. Hand jobs, but those don't count. I'm like, yeah, they do. <laughs> I was like, what are you also, talking about? I love about? that you, you just make her accent Fonzie, and, I, and you know what? She kind of is. <laughs> yes, she really is. And then, and then, like, even like the way she says it, and some girls too. Like, it's just like, ooh, can you believe it? I'm like, well, yeah, it's like 20, 2006 or whatever. Of course, <laughs> like, calm down. Like, why are you like some trying to act like you're the coolest fucking person in the world? Like, kiss a girl. And so he says, you know. All that stuff, like, ooh, I, I did all this stuff, but I'm a virgin. Ooh, and that's it. That's the video diary. So, like, uh, I, I hate her. <laughs> I hate both of them. They're both awful. They're, they made for each other, and they're awfulness. And so, um, no, he leaves. Honestly, no one does, like, Lee is too bad for yeah, anyone. Lee is, yeah, you're right on that. But, um, so she. Zoe could she, change. Lee just changes into worse and worse. That, that's, that's basically my thinking. Again, Lo, Zoe gets better. Lee is by the end of the series. Lee is an absolute waste of time. Like he's not. He's he exists he's as a gambler. Too gam- dumb to function. He's basically a, a sentient gambling addiction. <laughs> That's it. That's all <laughs> he is. And like it's just like scenes of Lee at a at a computer refreshing a, a pot. That's all it is. It's ridiculous. But so um uh back to my uh, back to uh, Sarah and Richard, they have at last like you know, uh, friends or enemies pick one scene where they're both still at, at odds and she's like you know i thought you were gonna not publish this you said oh, not yeah, to worry he, he says like just don't, don't worry about your name like he never said he was never gonna publish it i, no, I she, just, as... she just assu- i completely agree with you she just assumed him saying don't worry about it means that he's not gonna publish it i'm like well no yeah, like the whole point don't is... worry, i'm not gonna mention your name is what he said like there was no ambiguity in what he actually said and what's so frustrating about this too is that, like, I don't know how to describe it, but basically, like, she, she, you think she's gone through all this shit and she's learned her goddamn lesson, and then you find out she still doesn't want him to publish it. I'm like, truly learning your lesson would be putting your name on it, really, but also at least, like, at the minimum, letting it get published. Like, 
She could have written an op-ed about it and then put her own words to it instead of just letting it be anonymous. I think it's anonymous, but mostly anonymous post. But instead, she just is, like, mad at him for blowing up her spot. I'm like, well, first of all, don't have an affair with a married person. Don't have an affair with a married teacher. Don't be upset when that other person has been victimized by that person trying to save other people from being victimized. And given the way episode two starts, it's going to be even more upsetting how, like, they were trying to defend him or their relationship, really. Oh my god, it's insane. But yeah. Luckily, she at least seems to get to the point where she's like, I don't want to at least date him anymore. So we have that. I would have been, I would have been, I don't even know, I would not have been able to handle if we'd had to watch her go back and start dating him after all that, too. Because it would have been a whole other level of men, like nonsense. But, um, so yeah, so that's, that's them. Um, we have, we already talked about the Penn and Natalie don't jump situation, which was bullshit, but there. And then, um, we had to watch. Everyone watches each other's videos, more or less. They kind of watch a little bit of everything, I guess. This well, never no, happens like, again. No, it's not even that. It's just like because only uh, one will be chosen every week to be shown, and like he, uh, Matthew Dean apparently asked the student, like, "Do you have a problem with it being shown?" They show all of their videos. It's confusing though because I feel like everyone's future diaries, no one would want any of it to ever be shown. So I was like, what are you thought? And then they start getting mad that he shows it. I don't get it. I don't understand. But whatever the case, he chooses the one and then he shows it in, in class. And then um, uh, we have to sit there and watch this stupid reenactment of the protest, which is just, it's, it's, I know at the time it was not as like, I mean, it still should have been terrible, but like at the time, I guess it wasn't so offensive. But, like, nowadays it looks so tone-deaf to have a bunch of, like, I guess it's supposed to be, like, semi-Ivy League-level students I mean, reenacting yeah, like, a police... If this was 1972 and this is a small liberal arts college, it would have been a lot, a lot of white people protesting like, right. war, let's be honest. And that's true, but, like, they don't really go into any description about what the protest was even really about, more or less, do they? It was what was Vietnam? Right, but it was just It was Vietnam, of... and Penn Penn is like, well, wait, what, what are we protesting? And he's like, I wasn't even born. <laughs> so stupid. Like, ugh, this is so frustrating. I hate him. But so, they, they, they go back to protesting, and I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fine enough scene. It's not awful, but it just, it comes across pretty tone deaf to watch a bunch of, like, people pretending to get beaten up by police. Like, it's, it's just not right, but... Regardless, there's a streaker that shows up, which I had a question about too, which is like a goofy ending to this to the episode, among other things we'll get to. But like the there's a streaker that shows up, and then he gets like handcuffed and like I guess ostensibly arrested for public indecency. I feel like that's like a felony, or at least he could get like a because nowadays you get like a you're a sex you're a sexual predator and you need to go on the fucking yeah. Cause that's like a pretty intense thing to be like publicly nude in front of more or less. T- well, it's like mostly for the laugh of uh, sexy Sadie. I'm just gonna keep calling that guy for that. He's like, hey, there weren't any uh, streakers in the 1972 protest. He's such a shithead. But so then there's like Matthew. It cuts to Matthew Medine like winking at like Audrey McDonald. Like, did you buy this guy? Like, did you set him up to do this streaking? And I'm like, well, he just ruined that guy's life. If that's the case, at least let the streaker be in on it himself because. At minimum, he he's gonna get punished for his own decision. But if you hire someone, like, to streak, to pay his legal fees. Yeah, but like, if he gets a felony, he's not gonna be able to get jobs. I don't know. <laughs> this makes me like worried for this dude. But I was just like, Jesus Christ. And maybe he already has a felony, and he's just paying him to do it again. I don't know. But then he maybe go to jail. But uh, who knows? But so he he 
streaks, then he gets arrested, everyone's like goofing off because it's Bedford Diaries. And then in the post-credits scene, we have the beaver like humping air, and they're like, no beavers were harmed in the making of the show, <laughs> because that was the right tone to take. And that was it. That's the pilot. <laughs> That's just the pilot. All right, let's run through the other stuff at, at large, because the second episode is basically a rehashing of the pilot. I would say 75% of it's the same. Because, almost yeah, because that means they had to cut or, or, or reshoot a lot of scenes, obviously. Like we said, this is the unaired pilot. This is what they put on the website, but not the uh, version that aired. So, right. luckily, we have the previouslys and, you know, the deja vu of certain scenes. So, like, it's so funny. We don't talk about, basically, how Milo Ventimiglia's pilot hair is atrocious. It's way yeah. too long. It's luckily, just, in the previouslys, poor hair. it shows him... That in the reshoots for the pilot, they cut his hair. In the previous, he has shorter hair. And Matthew Redeem has a different hair color, basically. And the classroom is different, too. <laughs> his hair color changing is the craziest part. I guess like, episode three, he has, like, normal hair and is no longer trying to be the coolest. It makes no hair. sense. Yeah, but, like, that part three, alone. It's, it's Matthew Modine's hair. Like, no one changes their hairstyle that subtly. Like it's it's a huge deal to change your hairstyle that completely, and no one comments on it at <laughs> all. People try to be like, "Look how cool and young and hippy is." Honestly, Would, if also, someone who, oh, god damn it, if someone who's had blonde hair their whole life comes in with black hair, you're gonna be like, "What are you doing?" And vice versa. So like, and no also uh, the previews have clips of Professor Dixon hitting on a lot of girls. Other girls. Yeah. Oh, god. And, and so right on the bed for diaries. Yes. We have so, basically a rally where you have half them saying stop sexual harassment and the other half some dudes saying support Dixon. Uh, because apparently there's been a website now where a bunch of, a lot of students, a lot of female students have said they had affairs with him. And also like... That nips out in the bud. A couple things there. One, I don't think a bunch of male students would come out and defend this guy like that. Because I mean, just... again, remember the the mean jock and what he said to, to Natalie? They're just really garbage. They're car- Yeah, they're cartoons. But, like, I understand, like, if it was students, they would have maybe come out in defense of them. But, like, what do a bunch of, like, students have a- for this guy? Like, he's not this, like... I guess I he's probably know. a cool English professor. But also, there's only 2,500 students here. If you are on the side of this asshole, like, people are going to remember that. Right. And so, but whatever the case, they, they're all pro him. And then the other part, I feel like the protests of the sexual harassment were just because, hey, we have these protest signs from well, this fake Vietnam one. It's most likely the feminist again. lesbian majority, you know, those bitches. Oh my god. I mean, like, they're a punchline, and they do that stupid thing in the one episode, but they're the only ones making sense a lot of the time. <laughs> like, they're actually reacting the right way in protesting this bullshit. But so, um, you know, they're, they're in a furor because he's, like, you he's now openly being condemned for it and people it just keeps getting worse and worse um then like I, before we get into it too the credits are so bad like, the opening credit how did i describe them i'm gonna link a, a clip of them hopefully it's the full one there's a certain part of it where they have there's like a, a camera and then there's like a flip you know the flip image of the camera where you can do the viewfinder yeah, like, like they flip it around so you can see the person being filmed. It's got to be one of the top ten worst graphics in a credit sequence I've ever seen in my life. Like it is a level alone. Like that scene, that the credit sequence alone, we could have done an episode but yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> That's we what I mean. get, like what they're trying to do, you know, because video diaries, everything. The important part about the credits are, is the theme. The to song is insane. Tamora, as it's like they wrote the lyrics and music for two different songs, then said, "Whoops, we gotta put them together." Copy paste. 
Oh my god. And also, it has nothing Meanwhile, to do with I mentioned before, the... Penn Bradley's The Mountain got Blink 182's Miss You as its theme song. Which also makes no sense, as much as I like uh, the fact I that. I feel it... like you didn't watch the show enough to know. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, what? What, the, what the, Was it about because a ghost? A woman ghost? <laughs> because the girl that Penn Bradley's into is, like, she's snowboarding and everything, and that song's playing, and then it co- segues into the credits. Uh, so okay. that makes sense to me. That's fine then. I thought you meant like thematically. I'm like that makes no sense because unless there's like a female ghost, I don't understand why I mean, Missy was. Their dad died. It's it's, it's been, like I've always described the mountain, which I'm sure we'll watch every episode for this show. Oh yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it's six feet under on a mountain. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's all about. Uh, so their dad dies, and then he gives the mountain to Anson Mount and um, uh, Oliver Hudson. Yeah, to run. Hmm. So it's kind of like Everwood meets Six Feet Under. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I've, I always say it's Six Feet Under on a mountain. Hmm. I'm not just talking out my ass. No, no, that's, imp- that's that sounds like very interesting. But like the weird thing about this theme song is what I also mentioned to you too is like it's not not Miss You level of like well it's it's you know di- if it was di- like, diagetically yeah, in the, the show probably, like an expensive. Like seem to have yeah, totally, and also didn't a try. good song like that's part yeah. of it. Like you know, where are you? Yeah. Like that's great, but like this is not even a good song, and it has nothing to do with the, the source material. Like it, it literally couldn't have less to do with a Bedford Diaries. It really, yeah. It's Why would you not do gold, like gold? And it's about how you're already worth your weight in gold, but like which has nothing to do with it. And it just it doesn't get Why you would like, you not do or like in a mellow tone. It should be like a little like do 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 like something simple like that or just like, like a like, bizarre felicity. love triangle. <laughs> yeah, I or would... like felicity or like something like it has to be like co- collegiate or something. Like it just does not come across as appropriate at all. Or like everyone, yeah, everyone is a similar they're all, like, like vibe. always having fun and like have yeah. like experience in Greek, but they're they're again it like Sarah like, like, never hangs out with anyone. <laughs> And it also is not true of the show. The show is not fun. Like, it's a lot of, like, drama and, like, people have been committing suicide. And they're, like, sometimes talking about, like, her, her suicide attempt and it cuts to the fucking, like, you're already worth your weight in gold. And it's like, what, what are we watching? This makes no sense. And it's, like, cut to, so I jumped. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's, like, really inappropriate. So, like, I, sometimes you really have to just choose if you're not going to do a song that fits, at least pick one that's, like, the right tone. Because you're gonna have to cut to that song, like there's a reason why. Like we always joke, like uh, the joke along the time has been, you know, I love the fact that Angel's theme song is so like fucking moody as shit, but it's so appropriate for that goddamn show because it would be constantly cutting from death to Imagine, a theme song. Is there a way you can please edit uh, the Angel <laughs> credits, play Weight and Gold over it, like the same, oh, no. the same cut for this? I will show. do. I will try and do like one of those like two YouTube videos at the same time. I, so you can I'll watch do it. it. I, I will put weight and gold over the. I will angel absolutely. Credit. I will absolutely do that for you guys. But like it is, it is truly like inappropriate, and it makes me like every time it comes on, I feel like this is stupid, and I'm just mad about it. And then afterwards, I'm just like, oh, thank God it's that's like, over. Credit should be fun. Credit it's should like be interesting. a bad version of like we know it's sooner or later theme song, which which is a very appropriate theme for that show. Right. It's just like they heard that and they're like, 
now do that, but really bad, and it sounds like it should be multiple songs that are both bad. <laughs> yes. But, like, the theme song it of the show... It fucking Biff Naked choking on the truth. Yeah. Anything by Biff Naked would be great. But, like, I'm... That would be a perfect fit. It's exactly the right tone. But, like, the songs on the show are fine. It's just not... Even, like, fucking the Kings of Leon song. Oh, yeah. At least that made some tonal sense. I'm like, yeah. they got some good music. Yeah. But, like, a theme song can make a show. Like, I always have long said that, like, basically, as much as I love everything about the OC... The theme song is, like, a, a huge part of why that show works for me is because every time it comes on, it just feels like, yeah, this is it. I'm watching the OC. <laughs> like, it sounds stupid, but, like, it really it helps you. That gets like, you. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, like, it's an like emotional Mc- weight. When Ben McKenzie was on Southland, like, he had one of his, like, late night show stories was how, because they worked with a lot of, you know, gang members or former gang members, uh, like, as extras. So he would have, like, people come up to him, like, you know, in prison, uh, we'd always watch, like, the OC, and the guy would, like, sing the theme song to him. It's like, so emotional if it's yeah. done right. Or, like, I said Angel before, or Buffy. Buffy's a, a much more upbeat song for the show, but it's still, like, a dark song, like, all things it considered. It makes sense for the show. Yeah. So, like, there are other shows that are similar where it's, like, a goofy theme song, but this just didn't fit. It's just bizarre. It was, it's like, a theme song place. It was the first song they the heard in the options, and they're like, fine, whatever. Yeah, it's just it's like filler music, and so and I had when I looked up who was by and everything, I'd never even heard of it before, and like it's like only used for this show basically. So it's like, what was they even had the reason? Pretty decent two thousand WB music in this show, so huh. I don't know why the theme was so bad. Yeah, but so so anyway, so that that with all its like awful rotating viewfinders is is in its glory. And then we cut right to, like, a Zoro joke, among terrible things. And now, Latoya, you can maybe take some of the lead in these episodes, because I was mostly, like, in a, in a daze, because we, when I say that most of this episode is a repeat of the beginning, well, beginning, the oh, first yeah, episode, here, let's just go. There, are, there are whole chunks of dialogue that are literally verbatim, whole because scenes they, that are they, acted similarly. They had to take, like, they took them out of the pilot right. like, that aired and then put them here, so I guess they probably... Stretched out some things, like mm-hmm. just tamer things in the aired pilot, and I'm like here because they have the whole thing about. It makes more sense actually here the, the part where uh, Owen thinks Natalie's gonna jump because it's like after he asks uh, Richard if he even has any idea why she jumped, he's like no idea. So like it could be anything basically, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so it makes some of the choices make more sense. Uh, I'm upset they got rid of uh, the booze lounge, though. Uh, but yeah. So, this is where we get uh, me writing a note, thank God for Milo's haircut. Uh, yes. But also, this uh, episode's about sexual responsibility. Um, and I wish they had gone into the consent. Like, cause I don't know if it's this episode or a future one. They really, like, tap dance right around it, because they even talk about how important it is to, like, talk to your partner before you do something, and they never even use the word consent, I don't think. I'm like, why can you just, it's a show about sex and and teenagers and 20-year-olds. Please have a conversation about consent. If there's ever a better time to do it, it's now. And they didn't. And it's infuriating to me. Yeah. This this seems like it would be a perfect episode to do it, but of course they do not. And it's uh, so, edgy, and, like, you know, as shitty as that sounds, like, to them it would have been considered, like, edgy to have that conversation. So at least you could, you know, it's for a good reason. Besides... Yeah. So here is our episode with, like, besides the fact that Zoe is, you know, a virgin, here is our episode with, like, the first instance of, like, hey, 
the whole Zoe thing is just like a stupid cliche that doesn't need to be a stupid cliche because she actually has other things going on. The fact that Zoe's like an expert fencer. Mm-hmm. Like, Hence the Zoro joke that I mentioned. Yeah. Because Lee, in all of his, his wit, which is none, he's like, you're like Catherine Zeta-Jones in Zoro. It's how he described her. He's stupid. Fucking dumb. And also, like, uh, uh, come on. <laughs> like, really? 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 That's the first joke? Okay. I mean, it, no, at that point, it's like, already dated, him, so... Him trying to be, like smooth i don't even know or like it's just trying stupid. to be like nice he can't even just come up with a smart like he's not witty and then uh, this this episode is also the one where pen and aaron you are throwing a party and yeah I mean... because it's basically uh the best way to describe it is like uh, the college is kind of like camden college from like freddie snellis novels so it's like good liberal college college but also like a, a huge party college there's always, like, people partying on the floor, whereas they're like, well, what about us? So we just decided to have a party. Which is, it's nice. It's actually, the party does well, too. So that's a good enough storyline for what it is. It's one of the, you know, the show doesn't really do light that much. Despite it with tries the- for it here, though. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's better than when they try for it in the next episode with the stupid, quote-unquote, beauty pageant. <laughs> it's, like, opposite ends of, like, the keeping it light goodness. Um, but, yeah, so... Because of the reshoot, there was no booze room. Like I said, uh, the professors are now meeting like in the stuffy conference room office to discuss uh, Professor Dixon. And he later on he goes to visit Sarah. Oh, and this Sarah. is I was going to say just this is where Thaddeus, my favorite professor, is just like <laughs> love it. Basically, wants to like burn him at the cross, right? <laughs> yes, it's fin- it's fantastic. And um, he eventually, after all that, basically they're just they're 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 considering what's going on again, and there's they still hate him. They never really like land on what to do. They kind of just say like, "Look, it's not in the handbook. We can't do anything. Move yeah, on." Yeah, they're all um, going back and forth on what to actually do. Yeah, and then um, later on, he goes to visit Sarah and talk about um, you know what happened, and you know I'm sorry, I'm still in love with you. And we also get her screaming, not screaming, but also being like, I don't need protecting. Like, it's that no one on the show wants protection. That's all the point of the show is, like, I can do it all. Which is, like, I mean, it's a it's college-age people. They're they're just trying to get their independence. So I get where it's coming from, but it's now the second time in two episodes we've heard someone basically so say, maybe I don't want protection. Some protection. Yeah. I mean, no one wants protection, including Lee. <laughs> Oh goddammit. it! And then we get some classic Fountains of Wayne at one point. That was also amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here we're introduced to a jock who is not the jock from the pilot, uh, named Rylan, which is a, such a stupid name. And uh, I actually kind of appreciate it because Owen like deserves to. This is like one of the times where Natalie's making Owen jealous intentionally, and like he deserves it because he's not yeah. nodding up and doing anything basically. So he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a party and everything," and she's like, "Yeah, I'll <laughs> she show just up. asks." She, like, sees him, like, as the, as he invites her, she sees Rylan, and I'm like, hey, you want to come to this party I just got invited to? I'm like, Jesus, girl. And he's like, like yeah. chill. Zero he's chill. Like, I can give you a ride there. And <laughs> Owen's like, you right live there. Like a, it's... A, a, right across the block from my it's place. Great. And <laughs> the other part, the other part that I wanted to mention, I, I didn't mention in the first episode, but it's in this one, too. The jocks on this show, you know they're jocks because they're wearing letterman jackets but they're not letterman jackets they're just letterman jackets without a letter it's, yes. it's the weirdest i don't know why they did that but i guess it's because i don't know but i mean like first <laughs> of all like i'm confused it reminds me of troy from community where it's like you don't wear your letterman jacket to college no one does unless you're like a loser but like i guess you can get letterman jackets in college 
But they don't have the college insignia anywhere on it, so it's just, like, a generic Letterman jacket that's not lettered. It's so weird. It's, like, I can't describe it more clearly than that, but imagine a bunch of, like, they look like someone was, like, yeah. copy and paste And apparently they all wear uh, their jock. baseball cap. I'm yes. guessing that in the aired pilot, the mean jock was, like, taken out, so they're like, here, we'll just put Rylan in the same ensemble, pretty much. But, like, yeah, they the are- reason why I mentioned it was awkward, like, I hope it's not meant to be the same person, because, like, the, the, basically, they kind of make it seem like, when you're not paying attention as well, like, they have the mean jock in the first episode, the, the, the not mean jock, but the jock in this episode well, no, yeah, hooks up Ryland. with Natalie. So if, if, if you're not, like, you know, I mean, it, honestly, it flew by the first episode, so I wasn't paying that close of attention, yeah. so I'm like, oh, obviously, he's wearing the same outfit, it's the same guy. She hooks up with the guy that was, like, doing the, the whistle thing. It's not him, but, like, maybe they're trying to imply it is him. And if that's the case, it's so gross and creepy yeah. that he's going to change and from they, being the creepy. They have that. to make a, an offhand comment to Owen. It's supposed to be like, look, he really is an asshole, but, like, not really. He just, like, says, uh, yeah. because Owen's, like, being, like, grumpy as he passes by him. And then, I guess, Rylan's just like, oh, Natalie's a handful, right? And it's like, dude, Owen, everyone can tell you're sulking over Natalie. That's why he said it. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Everything about it is a very bizarre choice. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was pretty great. Just because Owen wouldn't just be like, "Hey, Natalie, you should come to my party as my date." It, that's why she's just like, "Fine, I'll ask Ryland right in front of you." I mean, like, I mean, I get it. That's college. I mean, he should that he missed it. Like, even just in inviting I, her, he missed his shot, basically, is what they're applying there. Is he was not direct enough by saying, you should come over. He just says, I'm having a party. And he tells her to come late, too. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. Or come early. I think he says to come early. Everything about no, so weird. he says, like, you should come to 11 and, at 11, and she's like, yeah, I'll be fashionably late. And he's like, well, most people are coming at 9. Basically, he's saying that he didn't want her at the party. <laughs> like, you idiot. So, like, I knew he said something about that, but like, it made no sense. So I just ignored it, and I, was, I didn't realize it was that stupid. But, yeah. <laughs> my god. Oh my god. He deserved her asking out another guy right in front of him. And then, come time of the party, that we had the party, and Natalie, like, openly, like, hooks up with, um, Rylan right there in- on his bed, practically. Like, it's insane. <laughs> Next to Richard, too, because she's sitting in between Rylan and Richard. And I thought for a minute there was gonna get some, like, I mean, again, <laughs> more implied like, orgies. after her to make sure it doesn't get too, like, too much. Yeah. And I like, I don't know, like, that's another one where I'm like, okay, Richard, calm down. But, like, again, I think it's kind of coming from a place of, and he also feels guilty because, you know, he's also the person, he always blames himself. We find out more and more throughout the series that he blames himself for her jumping, and he feels like he wants to protect her in a way. So they don't, I I mean, this is jumping ahead to the finale. So she says, uh, when he asked her, like, what did I do the night before that made you jump, right? And she's like, she doesn't remember, but clearly she remembers. Is it? Um, my assumption is that, like, he said he loved her, and she didn't handle it well. Oh, I didn't even read that. Yeah, I, I was worried. He, I was he, worried he gave her the drugs, and that was what I was really nervous about. But it never really implied she was on anything. Yeah, he said, like, if you black it out, he didn't remember. I assume, like, he said he loved her, and she, like, just didn't know how to feel, or, like... It was or she said he loved it. him. Maybe she said she loved him, and he said he, he didn't return it. I don't but the, know. The fact that she like uh, also says that she's starting to feel feelings for him again probably is the fact that he said he loved her. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. I don't know. It's, it it's seems dark. like there was like mm. genuine emotion between the two of them, and she couldn't yeah. handle it. Yeah, and that's why she's like, "Let's just stop yeah. this." Yeah. Hmm. It's weird. But so in the in the scene so though, that she's... I know. the entire rest of the show. 
And so she's, like, kind of, like, making out. Like, eventually she starts making out with Rylan. And then, of course, Owen's, like, fuming in the corner. Even though I, I love, um, again, quote, quotes around love. But I love when someone's, like, fuming that they're not getting to make out with someone. But they haven't even, like, walked up and said hello. Like, you can't be mad at someone for hooking up with someone they come with when you're and just not even talking to them. Again, like, the, it might be, like, the next episode um, where... Oh, no, it's this episode, basically. He's all like, I, I want Natalie and everything. And then he immediately, he fucks off. It's ridiculous. And I think... I mean, look... The thing is with Natalie is that like, the minute he tells her he's interested in her and let's date or whatever, she's fine with it. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, he, if you he, like someone, tell them and talk to them about it. Don't just, like, want them to, like, read your mind or, like, like allow them that much slack to, like, bring a friend and then hook up with that friend. Like, you can't be surprised. If you're not clear, they're not going to think that you're into them because they're not going to assume that about you because they may be nervous about you. And then... At the same time, if you tr- if you do ask them out and they say they're not interested or they're not sure how to, to respond and they're kind of awkward about it and they just kind of put you off, okay, take a message. But, like, there's no harm in being direct when it comes to at least asking someone out. Like, that part of it, it should be the most direct. Because it's college. And especially in this, this, this college, it seems like you need to be very straightforward because people are either hooking up or not hooking up or doing whatever. Babies making just... babies. Yep. <laughs> so, um... So also, this dorm party does not seem like any dorm party I've ever been to, but that's just me. That's I, why I, I compared it to like Freddie Snell's, like yeah. Camden, basically. It's too tight. Like no one has fun in a dorm party like that. Like they do when it's an orgy. <sighs> Everyone's parties would be at the frat houses. We'd never had parties like that on campus. Like it was strange. Yeah, of course. But um, um so he, he he's like you know in a fury like oh she's talking out with him on my bed. This is stupid. And then that's that's where he kind of leaves that. Okay, yeah, but then uh, so. I, in my initial notes, I'm like, was Rylan the jock who mocked Natalie? And it's like, no, different jocks. I had it said. Uh, but yeah, later, like, after this, I wrote my notes, look at these two WWE leading men, which is the, the rare uh, Ken Badgley, Milo Ventimiglia scene in the show. And that's mm. when he asked them why Natalie jumped, and Richard's this like, This is so crazy. Okay, I there's do. two things that happen here. First of all, first off, Natalie tells him, like, I feel like I can't complain about anything without you strapping on a gun belt or whatever to try and defend my honor yeah which is true yeah which is true but also like i i look what do you expect when someone complains to you like i'm not trying to say he needs to defend her honor but if someone's complaining a lot i'm that way too where i'll try and like help them with their problems and you need to be more clear if you don't want that really complaining though she's no no i agree she says she says that she's like i'm i'm complaining and you're trying to help me every time and i'm like well there's nothing wrong with trying to help oh that but yeah but like complaining about she feels like, suffocated basically yeah. yeah and look i i i side with her on most things but i think this is one where she should be a little more clear because if someone's complaining to me i'm gonna try and help them i'm not gonna let them just complain and then be like that sucks i mean sometimes it's important to just listen but i don't want someone to be sad all the time so i can certainly see his feeling where he wants to try and help her he but he's trying to start a physical fight he's yeah he's the he's taking it to a different level that's why i should be clear he's not doing the right thing he's not saying let's talk to someone let's like report them he's just being a little a dick and so his, his response to that is to go find richard and say as if he's asking what her favorite color is do you know why natalie jumps <laughs> like what the okay, fuck one-on-one interaction in the show too and Richard's like, what the fuck? He's like, you should ask her. And I'm like, thank you, Richard. I'm like, snaps on Richard. The thing is that he doesn't know, so. And also, like, even if he did know, I love that that was the response. Like, an aggressive, like, go ask her. Like, not like he was being mean. He's just saying, it's not my business, and I'm not going to tell her business. 
it's so important for people like that to, to exist. And I was so happy. The roof scene from the honored pilot. So that's put here now. Yes, then we get the, same exact scene. the terrible, especially because it becomes about Lee and Zoe's weird thing. Oh my god. The sexual navigation scene. That's all I wrote in this note because I'm so upset. Please, please, please. <sighs> so I have later on the part with her father, but we can get to. But do you have more about the actual scene itself? Because I was mostly just agape it's the whole time. It's basically about, like, there's talking in one long extended metaphor about how guys can't really satisfy a woman. And then guys, and by guys, I mean Lee, are basically blaming the woman for not telling them what they want. Because I guess Lee can't get anyone to orgasm, so he's going to bitch about the women. That's basically basically what it is. Are we surprised that Lee can't get anyone to orgasm, though? I'm not. (laughs) Lee doesn't seem like he sticks with anything that long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so, yeah. And so he, and then later on... uh, uh, Zoe... uh, Lee argument thing pretty much and he's basically like just blaming women like women yeah. are the source of all problems pretty much although yeah. I do like uh, in a later episode uh, there's like another one of these extended metaphors and then the, the characters who, who aren't like part of it like whatever the argument is are just like I don't know what's going on oh yeah it's when Richard's doing like the whole the younger Cro-Magnon thing that, that when he's talking about Katrina and everything and everyone else is like I don't know what we're talking about no, it's, like, one of those things, I hate when people do that. They'll have, like, they'll bring their own baggage to, like, a classroom. I'm like, look, we're not here for a therapy session. We're here to learn. And that, yeah, this that happens a lot forever, in and like this. No one addresses it, but later in the season, at least someone addresses, like, hey, these extended metaphors aren't really working when only two people are privy to them. Yeah, but the problem is Matthew Medine's, like, all for it. He's like, yeah, he's a crew magnet. And it's like, no, you should cut this shit down. It's your classroom. But so, basically, she's trying to imply that, like, you know, the two of them have different points of view on how to get there, and he's he's a little bit frustrated. She's a little bit frustrated, and then it escalates later on. I'm guessing she re- thinks I have a girl is faking, which is most likely what happens with him. Then exactly. they're probably it can never be trusted. Yeah, it doesn't feel like women always lie or something. He's like, he... <laughs> something insane like that. I'm sure I can't remember exactly. I was just like, shut up, your stupid face. And so, like later on, he goes home. I guess just uh, to pick up this, this brothers. I think is what it is. Yeah. And um, Rachel is just in his fucking house, and like she reacts like, "What's the big deal?" And I'm like, dude, that was a creepy scene. Like I thought she was like gonna try and murder everybody in the house for a minute. Well, no. I was, like, what is she doing? Blueberries. And this, this is I hate this shit. Oh my god, this is like one of those stupid like she's a bad bad actress here. Yeah, and it's like quirk with a capital Q because like basically he says what the hell and she goes blueberries or she says blueberry pancakes and he's like what what are Your you dad talking about frozen blueberries are better than fresh blueberries. And then in the scene that we've never seen off camera, I had, you know, had like ages ago. Yeah, in a conversation when I ran into him down the street because we're neighbors and we're gonna still stay in each other's lives, I told him I had to prove to him that the fresh blueberries are better and pancakes. So I came here and I cooked for him. This is what my life is like. I'm neighbors with him. I'm not gonna stop seeing him. I'm like, what are you talking about? You you're not dating his son anymore. You can absolutely just go back to being casual acquaintances. Were you this involved in his life before? Because then that maybe implies something of its own level of like you know she's like a, like the the home nurse aide or something and like started fucking his son like I don't I'm so confused I'm so confused yeah you but the father's in a wheelchair you have to come over and make fucking pancakes the father's in a wheelchair I think right from what I remember no, I just think he was sitting oh was he yeah I think he was just, sitting he was like sitting in the middle of the room that's the maybe weirdest he, shot then if he's not, not in a maybe wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair but yeah regardless, no I mean like, 
I'd rather that, because then at least there's there's an explanation that she's just there in the middle of the day. I thought, like, I thought for sure he was in a wheelchair, but I'm like, it was such a bizarre shot of him just, like, sitting in the middle of the room with her behind him. Like, what? And I, w- I would have loved an example of, like, look, I've been helping take care of him when you're not here, so of course I'm going to help pick up the kids and, like, help him. And but really, that's not even it. It's just the it's stupid just creepy blueberry, blueberry bed. thing. Yeah, it's so stupid. And so... And then, I, I, for whatever le- reason, Lee, like, doesn't, like, I don't know. It's dumb as fuck. The whole scene's stupid. Lee is sort of like, okay, whatever. Eventually, he comes back around. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I was this, I was, I was being, you know, I was upset or something. He gives some bullshit excuse. Like, I was upset and I overreacted. I love you. Well, and I want to be with you. Well, no, not, not yet. Not yet. Oh, that's later on. Yeah. Once he's really stormed out of class. Instead, this is when, like, right That's how time... sparse my notes are for the, that part. It's like, I don't want to talk about Lee anymore. <laughs> I think this is around the time when Lee is drinking again at the bar and yes, reminds me that Lee is really bad at drinking. Mm-hmm. Constantly. But yeah. Also, let's see. Professor Dixon has a Michael Bublé poster in his office, which reminds <gasps> what? me that Professor Dixon is awful. What? Yeah. It's a His office or Sarah's office, whoever's office they are in... Like he has, oh there's a Michael Bublé poster who, so they're both awful. I hope it's him because if it's her, it's even worse <laughs> somehow. I look, I like Michael Bublé, but like no way. Of course you do. You don't get it. Uh, but poster. yeah, Michael Bublé, like it probably places Michael Bublé trying to seduce his students, honestly. <laughs> he does. And the ones like who, are, fucking... who are dumb enough to sleep with him are the ones who actually it's like, like Michael Bublé. It's like Tattoo You. It's like Adam Scott and Tattoo You. Like oh god, <laughs> my life, gross. And then he's like getting all pretentious with Sarah, basically about like all the love he he wants to share or whatever. And then he's like, you know, I I can stay here, and this will blow over, or he'll I'll resign, and then you can transfer to a new school. So basically, his idea was that he'll go to a new school, and she'll be a student there, and he'll still fuck her. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like, you can tell he's a total maniac. He's a monster. Conversation. Like I don't know where they're trying to try and imply he's like some good person. He's a maniac. Awful. Awful. Yeah. So, later. (laughs) Later. Uh, uh, At Sarah's place, Pen Bradley shows up again, and he complains about... uh, I don't know if they cut this out of the aired pilot, because the more the whole thing was that how Olive only has yogurt, and and she labels it, and he still eats it anyway. But here he's complaining again about Olive's yogurt, and then uh, Sarah's like, well, hey, I got you Hot Pockets, because I know you actually like them. So he gets the pop pocket out of the freezer, and this is where my brother was like, "What the hell is happening?" Uh, he eats. He won't heat it up. He likes to eat them frozen. What? I I, I must have blacked out during you this scene. You blacked out on that? Because that makes no sense at all. You can't eat a frozen hot pocket. He was doing it. <laughs> he was doing it. He achieved the you impossible. Probably, here's what happened. You probably zoomed out until Sarah then makes her joke about how Natalie bounces. The one thing they yes. know about her is that she bounces. No, what might have happened is I might have retroactively forgot everything because it like blew my mind. <laughs> like I was and, like, what? And no. then Sarah disappears to go do something. I don't remember. I don't who even know. It's probably like yell at Richard or something. Yeah, I think but, it was yelling at Richard. Yeah, but then Owen stays behind, and then here's Olive. In her, all her post orgy glow. And she, Good God. And she's like, oh, oh, and you want a beer? And he's like, sure. And she gives him the beer and she takes the hot pocket and she puts it in the microwave for like 10 seconds. She's like, yeah, you need to warm this up. And like, uh, she's like coming and she goes back to her room. Look, and 
He like has his hot pocket, takes a bite of it, and then takes that. Look, there's the several things wrong with that scene. One, <laughs> truly, like, go ahead, everyone, right now, go find a hot pocket, try and eat it frozen. It's not possible. It's not like it's a frozen, like, it's not like it's a cold pizza where it's still edible. It's physically not possible. It's frozen. You'll chip your tooth. What the fuck? Secondly, in what world are you going to fuck someone who's eating a Hot Pocket in real time? That sounds disgusting. Like, what? Uh, Bless all of her realizing you gotta heat it up, but also, like, only heat it up for ten seconds. But also, the radio- After she realized he was eating a cold Hot Pocket. Let me just say, the correct response to seeing someone eating a frozen Hot Pocket and thinking, should I fuck them, is to take the Hot Pocket and throw it in the garbage. And then you fuck them. You don't do all the other nonsense. It's like- Okay, if I'm seeing Penn Badgley or, like, Milo and Amelia eating a cold pot, hot pocket right there in front of me, and, like, there's a chance to sleep with them, I guess I'll take it. No, here's yeah, the chance. That's what I'm saying. Here's my move. You guys want to know my move? They're trying. They're, he's okay. Picture my little Ventimiglia because it's not Pen Badgley for me. It's my little Ventimiglia trying to like gnaw his way on a frozen hot pocket, chipping his teeth. I walk in. I'm like, baby, no. Right, but I, I go up to him and I'm like, I just maintain eye contact. I just take the hot pocket and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> and then, 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 then I'm like coming. That's the right way to move that scene. Why would you not have done that? Like, why would you have her, like, heated up for ten seconds? It's so weird, uh, uh, like, a part of the scene. Or just, like, throw it away. It's a Hot Pocket. It's garbage. <laughs> it's where it belongs. I don't know. I say this as someone who's never eaten a Hot Pocket. I guarantee hot it's pockets. disgusting. I don't like Hot Pockets. I, like, I've eaten enough to know I don't like them. I've heard from most people that even the the newer, like, fancier versions or whatever are all I could garbage, do a Lean so. Pocket, but I, I actively mm-hmm. don't, like... Them. I don't like microwaved food in general, though. Like, I only like microwaved food. Oh, like... you're too good for microwave food, huh? You think you're better <laughs> yes. than it? Yes, I am. I just use a <laughs> stove. I'm not that much better. I just use stuff you make on the stove. What you're saying is your move is to put the hot pocket on the stove. <laughs> no, my move is to make a hot pocket with actual ingredients, like a normal human What a being. nerd. What a nerd. That's not that much of a nerd. You boil some You're like Katrina meatballs. and her homemade pot pie that Rudy Giuliani loved. Which would not oh, that was... A, I fucking hated that like, one. Well, he's trash. This is fair. <laughs> so it must be garbage. I thought the exact same thing. Oh, it's oh trash. Just like the yes. hot pocket. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, so anyway, anyway so... I'm like, my mind is still like on Milo Ventimiglia eating a hot pocket because I can visualize having him... Eat a frozen hot pocket. So not succeeding is what your mind is on yes it's just like it's like like a little kid trying to stuff something in their mouth that doesn't belong <laughs> like trying to eat a block it's like that's not edible honey don't do that <laughs> you can edit a lot but do not edit out this entire hot pocket no, no you can edit digression. out everything else honestly the hot pocket digression <laughs> okay all right okay, so, so I, uh, the notes i took uh, i have lee sucks which means that it was when they were in the art class Mm-hmm. And he was listening in art, and then he had a stupid epiphany, so he basically doesn't, like, just walk out of the class from, like, the back or something. He walks in front of Thaddeus or whatever, and he what? just storms out in the middle of class. Why would and you it... not just wait till the end of class and, and then, then he leave? goes to see Emma Bell, and he's like, did he poorly recites his lines about art and important things? And then she's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> well, yeah, he's art and important things and how he loves her, but then also he's She's like, I'm pregnant, and that's what, she. She blames that for why she's been so moody. <laughs> and no, it's because you're a bad actress, that. honey. That's the reason. <laughs> God damn it! All right, and then so the next episode, it becomes immediately there's a fight between Milo and Lee because he thinks that you know, 
among other well, things. This and Cope's plays because you know they have good music everywhere but the credits. Yes. And then I'm just like, I Multi wish I wrote my notes because as like this uh, whole sex promise thing is happening, I'm like, I wish Gross Point had existed to mock this show. Yes. See, okay, that's if the perfect example. Is basically this show is what Gross Point was mocking by accident. It wasn't the actual show because they weren't. This wasn't around yet, but like. So that's exactly what it was. Coca-Cola presents Young Americans got the gross point treatment. Yes. But, like, I wish the show had to. Yes, agreed. Like, Lee especially. Oh, my God. Every day. Oh, man. So, so then... Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, orgy man Chris at the gym tells Lee, like, congratulations on the baby or whatever. And Lee's like, what? How do you know about the baby? And it's like, this paper sex comments. Sexy Sadie wrote about it. So of course he blames. <laughs> I'm so exhausted, guys. That makes me so frustrated. He, he blames like Richard says, "Yo, Richard's editor paper." And also, the entire episode, Lee assumes it's a dude. I mean, it is a dude who is sexy Sadie, but he assumes that even though it's called sexy Sadie, it's yeah. like because women can't write, you piece of shit. And also, like sexy Sadie, the song is about a woman, so I always was just assuming it was a woman the whole time. I thought it was Zoe until the end when we find out Zoe just gets admitted it's offered the job eventually. It just happens we're talking to like one of the, the the biggest goof on the show who's not likable goof, unlike uh, our beloved Chris or G Man. Yeah. And then in the meantime, this is also the same episode. We can breeze right over this. All about it's... Secrets. Yes. Secrets. So we can breeze over this part of it because it's really pointless and is like, you know, cyclical. The um they the roommate Ronnie from Disturbia um and Owen throw a Miss Bedford contest and online Miss Bedford competition. This it's episode dumb. has my favorite random unnecessary boring college scene. So we're gonna do this, which is the, <laughs> the scene of the, the all the black people and the break dancing, and there's literally no point, and it's just like <laughs> Sarah and Richard and Owen like just watching this. <laughs> yeah, that was a strange like there was digression. no for that. I mean, they had to fill time. That's what it was. They they were short on the script. That's exactly what that was. They might as well just they could have just done a stock photo of like the Empire State Building. That's how. Not that obviously it's it's great to see people doing breakdancing and everything, but like that's how irrelevant it was to the plot. Characters saying nothing. Yes, a a couple of our main characters saying nothing and watching it, and then moving on. And uh, all American rejects very a little secret plays because it's two thousand six. And this episode's about secrets, so hmm. good choice. Yes, and so the other, the whole point of the episode oh. too is partly that they're, they're trying to reveal who the source for this leak that Lee um, has, is having a baby because Lee is furious. He gets in a fight with Richard over it, like almost comes to blows, and then they bring him into the class. And then yeah, he bitches out of McDonald because you know this is epic, and now. Yeah, this is the thing uh, I've been saying, basically. So, because of this, this is, like, a big invasion of privacy. This yeah. uh, class is supposed to be, you know, all, everything that's said and shown here is, like, it stays here. So, sadly, uh, one of the randos drops out of the class, although it would have made a bigger point if it was someone who we actually knew. Because, like, Jason has dropped out of the class. Like, who the fuck is Jason? <laughs> and, and, like, and Lee might, so too. So stupid. Uh, but... Yeah, so... Um... And there's also an ongoing, too... I mean, this is one of those, like, a little more dull of an episode. There's not a ton, really, besides the leak. And we do find out the leak was accidentally, as we mentioned before. Zoe mentions it to someone offhand, and they yeah. use it in the column. Um... Um, and then the, the the big thing here is also that, basically, Lee is coming to terms with being a father. 
And there's a point where, and like, him and Rachel Richard, are talking. Like, he won't give up, basically, he won't give up who Sadie is. Cause, yeah, know, he has, like, you know, integrity, integrity or whatever. Whole thing. <laughs> and so, like, basically, they're going to cut, like, uh, the board wants to cut, like, a third of the funding for the paper. Like, and they, he's like, go for it. Bed, and he's, he's going to, like, fall on the sword, basically, for the paper. And I really like, respected that whole, like, it's a, it's a nice arc. Like, it's completely justified, and I think he does the right thing the whole time. I know it's this- upsetting. Although, and then this is the episode where uh, Zoe, like, explains how uh, Max Modine is her mentor, and then she does go and, t- like, she tells him, like, what I was it was me, and then, yeah, so she does. And he, he, infl- he says, look, you have to tell everyone else, and she does. She comes, she comes um, honest with it. Um, and then Lee is also. It's kind of even more of a thing, like, uh, big deal that Richard's just a dick to Max Modine later. It's like, dude, he helped you out. Yeah. I don't think he realized maybe how much he helped him out. It was mostly behind closed doors, I guess. But she she came forward, and he would have really taken a huge amount of flack for that otherwise. Like, moving forward. And there's also this weird, not weird, it's just a little strange, where Lee is, like, coming to terms of being a father, and there's a point where they're kind of talking about, like, whether or not he wants the baby, and he says he says to, to Rachel, like, well, it's not really a baby yet, right? And I'm like, oh, are they gonna like float abortion? Really I'm like, I love that. Like, do the, like go into I love it. it. I'm like, please. I mean, look really again. Is it the it's a debatable thing? It's different for every person, but like, and I I like like for example, I don't think I I, I say this now. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I don't think I would ever necessarily have an abortion. But like, what is wrong with bringing it up? Like, it's there, twenty either two, of them are six, six, seven, whatever. Like, come on. Like, it's. Lee's on his way to being a teenage alcoholic, and as we know, he becomes a teenage gambling addict, so... And I don't think his family seems to have a ton of stability if his father is disabled. I don't I don't know for sure, but, like, if he's struggling with a scholarship and he may not even keep the scholarship, like, there's a lot of factors here. Like, maybe her family has has the ability to help raise, but, like, I don't know. Like, they're not... They're not she's a waitress he doesn't even have a job at this point like it's a lot of factors that they did not consider at both all of their parents, yeah it's like yeah and he's just she's trying to try and stay in school full-time which is good i mean i'm glad he's gonna stick with it but like not easy either i mean jesus christ but anyway so so he's like you know it's not really a baby yet but they never go back to that that's the only quote we ever get to like that's as close to adoption as we get it's, it's not really a baby yet right but then later on, he's like, I want the baby. I've always wanted to be a dad. I'm like, oh my god, you're like 18 years old, dude. Oh yeah. Like, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know I wanted this soon, but I'm happy. I'm gonna, we're going to go forward with it. You an know. idiot. Uh, but yeah, so as you said, this has a stupid online misfetish competition. But this is the uh, this is the episode where uh, there's a whole... Where Owen does his confessional basically about uh, how... If you're in a relationship with women, that's when they, you know, they try to like keep you down. Pretty much. And that's basically <laughs> the beginning of like... <sighs> How when he is with Natalie, you know, he tries to like be more assertive and like alpha male, and that goes horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah he- and there's there's two more notes I have here that are kind of rele- relevant to that, but like also kind of on their own. There's a there's a scene with the uh, awful fucking pageant where someone says the they, he repeats it later on. Um, Richard does that. Um, if- it, it's Olive too. It's- yeah, she says, if it's, oh my god, if beauty is in the eye of the beholder, then so is degradation. I was like, Jesus Christ, this show's trash. But I, I feel like... A special individual. Yeah, and when I think about this show, it's shit like that is what I don't... So I forgot there was a lot of, like, like goofy shit. Because really, it's like a lot of... it's It came across to me at the time when I was younger, like a very, like, haughty, like, think-piece yeah, kind of show. Yeah, really, like, really shit over nothing. 
Yeah, this is the only line that really comes across, like, truly, like, you know. There's another line where they quote, like, Nietzsche or something later on, but, like, it's annoying as shit, but. Um, there's also the other oh, no, scene, no, too. No, it was Sarah, and she's like, it might have not been him, though. Oh, God, it was so stupid. So stupid. But then there's also this other scene, which is, like, a really weird scene, but I find, like, to be hilarious in a way, is that, I think it's, it's when Sarah is now dating the new guy, right? Is that what it is? Oh, the swim guy? Yeah, the swim guy, and it's kind of upsetting Richard, I think, because he had, like, a, a flirt a I think it's like the next, going on with her. I think it's the next episode or something. I, I didn't really take many notes on swim guy. No, this is this episode, so I oh. have it in the, I would not have put it in my notes here, basically. I have them abbreviated by episode, so for okay. whatever reason, I think it just starts in this episode, and it's like a flirty thing where yeah. she's like, Starting she flirts with this. The next one is where, like, they learn about- It the, reveals, learns about, yeah. He, uh, Richard learns about the money thing. With exactly. Yeah. So in this episode, though, I think this is actually the one where he finds out about the money, and then the next one's when he tells her. Mm. But, like, he already doesn't like this guy, and then- Well, no, he the finds guy out... is his friend. Well, no, I know, but, like, he, the friend tells him, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get money friend. for the German trip for the swim team. And Richard's already like, Ugh. and so he doesn't love Sarah, but he like he's friendly with her, and I think he's kind of flirting with her, and he thought like maybe there was a connection there, but now he feels like you know a little annoyed. And there's this weird scene; it's like completely irrelevant to everything else. They're just sitting in the quad. Not it's break dancing. No, and well, it's close though; it's up there. So it's like oh, two the of them. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. So it's just Sarah and this dude. I forget his name; it doesn't matter. So they're just sitting there, um, like, like know, cuddling on the on a on a park bench or whatever. And then like Richard's just like walking down the street, and they're like, "Hey, Richard, come here!" And he's like, "Let me show you this one random photo on my camera." And this is like again, like two thousand six or seven or whatever. So it's like an old school point and shoot camera. And he's like, "See this picture?" And Richard's like, "Yeah, it's nice." And he's like, by the way, can you take a picture of me and Sarah? And it's, like, the weirdest thing. Like, you would never just call some random stranger over to take a picture of you, like, like when they're your friend. Like, it, everything about it was so strange. Like, it's one thing if you're, like, on a tourist or you're, like, you know, down the shore or you're, you're, like, doing something in a picturesque place. They're literally just sitting in the quad. I mean, this is why selfies were invented. This is how it became because people got sick of asking strangers to take photos. I mean, yeah, it's not like strangers. This. They're supposedly friends. No, but it's so weird, though. It's just, it's a weird thing to call out to. It's even weirder, I think. It'd be make more sense if it was a stranger. If it's your friend, it's like, dude, I'm just trying to get to class. I don't really have time to, like, come over and take a photo Yeah, if he was a good friend, he would know Richard doesn't really like people. Right. And then, so he takes, I love Richard. Fucking catty-ass Richard. And we never even, like, see a reaction. This is my, this is, like, one of my favorite scenes in the show. Because Richard comes over to take this photo, and it's already weird and awkward yeah, because he's like I, I, and I a little annoyed at the guy. Wrong with like the, the like just the, the video. I'm like, oh yeah. no, they, it cut off their heads. Like, oh, wait, no, Richard did that. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. So then the way he he takes his he takes the point and shoot camera, and they're like they like smile at him, and he like kind of like does this Richard thing where he's just stoic and frowny. He's like, there you go, and he just gets over and just walks away. He just fl- like point blank just starts walking away, and the minute he gets the camera back. And, like, they get the camera and they look at it. And, like, it's not like it's a Polaroid photo right the way for it developed. They can see it instantly. It's, like, you know, only their legs. And then Richard's already, like, halfway across the quad. <laughs> it's the cattiest shit I've ever seen. It's like, oh, you want a photo? You want me to stop what I'm doing and take a photo of you two, two children? Let me do it. And it's going to be the wrong frame photo. And I'm going to walk away before you can even tell me to take another one. It's so funny. And that, that's, that's a complete scene. Like, it has nothing to do with it anything else i just had to bring it up why he has to ask a million people to go see oar with him (laughs) oh my god and also like what was stopping him from asking anybody else there's like all these people sitting around him that's just so weird to me is that they ask richard specifically
specifically. Oh, I, I would, does Sarah say anything really? Because, like, if Sarah specifically was saying it, like, you know she was doing it to egg Richard on. Whereas, Bo- no, I think it was the friend that does it. So is it's his name so Mike? Weird. I want to say his name is Mike. Mike. Something stupid like that, I don't know. Swim fan, I don't remember his name. Let's call him Mike, and if it's not, who yeah. cares? Oh, man. And that's that's all my, my everything else. There's another oh there's the lesbian majority uh, stuff within yeah, the white t-shirts. Yeah, I already complained about that. Ugh. Some oh, rando man. dropped the class. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, and then Zoe reveals she's the leak at the end, and it's like yeah. gasp. And oh, then and then episode four is the one like, I don't know if all of them had it, and like only this rip has it. But tonight's broadcast contains frank discussions and depictions <laughs> of sexual material, <laughs> parental discussion advice. I'm pretty I, if I remember correctly, every episode like had this. See, I don't remember that, because I, there was nothing in there that was even that explicit, so I'm like, what was it even warning? WB guy saying this, you know, I'm just like, what about, what's, what's happening on a WB Big Sunday on a fresh new, uh, fresh Felicity? New Felicity. Fresh but, like, Felicity. A fresh this starts episode. out, this starts out with an interview. Sexual manipulation in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> sexual manipulation? And, um, so it starts off with the Milo interviewing this random woman, um, Including some of the worst dissolve edits I've ever seen in my life. Like, he dissolves or lays some okay. shit off of yeah. an iMac. The thing is that he's working on a piece on uh, non-traditional students because now, after the whole sexy city thing, he is trying to get back on the board's good side. So, like, you know, kind of, like, fluff pieces Promoting the school. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it makes sense. And, it's, like, and yeah, still, he's trying to do it well. 36-year-old urban planning major. And uh, the, the actress is... a. Uh, uh, Dagmara Domin- uh, Ag- God, super Polish <laughs> name. Domin- so my next, I think it's Domin- my... who you may know from *The Count of Monte Cristo* or being married to Patrick Wilson. So my next, my next line of notes is the interviewer's attempt at an American accent is pathetic. <laughs> and then when I looked it up, she's absolutely Polish. Just like her Americanized accent. Look, just make her Polish. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Why does she need to have an American? I mean, her name is like Katrina. Like, I don't think she her character's supposed to be American, but like, that uh, is, that is I don't, I Americanized accent. Like, okay, not her maybe. American accent. That is her. Like, I live in America. This is the accent I've developed. I guess so. It's like a, I think she was trying for a full American accent. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. It was because it was coming and going, and I was like, "What?" Because I I say this because in this in this scene, it's really bad, and it's still bad the rest of this the couple episodes she's in, but she definitely drops it further. So I think it was just maybe the first as, like, as tape. a child of uh, an African immigrant who has like an Americanized accent, but like her her thick accent comes out at times. It it was is that. I I I think is she's a fine character otherwise. <laughs> I think she, she's a fine character otherwise, but I was like, this is, I just wanted her to make a decision. Like, she was going back and forth, and I'm like, please pick a lane. This is how her accent is formed. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm sorry. It's just, it was so strange. No, I just, I was worried, for, I was like, I didn't know what to We're expect. We're gonna cut out this uh, stuff that people don't know you're a Trump supporter. <gasps> Guess. <laughs> but I was just confused, because I'm like, I don't mind if she has a Polish accent, but I just didn't understand what was going on at first. Cause I thought at first she was like... The way he was describing her, I thought she was like this like fancy like lady, and then you find out she's not, she's still fancy, but she's just a student. I'm like, oh, because like obviously it's for an extenuating like he's thing, which she was like some middle aged person, successful which... person. Like I thought she was just. I, I mean, she's uh, still Mira, is, but... at this time, the actress is thirty years old, but like if she's yeah. close to playing like thirty six. I'm like thirty six, my half. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's partly me, but when I hear, like, a worldly accent, I'm like, oh, they must have been places. <laughs> I was like, this is fancy. And I'm like, oh, she's just, like, an urban planning major. I'm like, this is almost overreacting completely. I'm like, okay. 
she was uh, Jim Caviezel's wife in the, the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh man! Oh god! Yeah. And then so, um, in addition to her, though, we also have Kristen Ritter in this episode as the stomachache girl. Yes. Which, oh my god! That Kristen whole Ritter that whole character great. was pointless though, but she's fantastic always. I mean, she's here for the sexual manipulation, which is you know like Owen waving at her. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, nothing says sexual manipulation like. Ted Badgley waving at you from across a crowded hospital waiting room. I mean, we oh, all saw in Gossip Girl after his date with Serena. His date, he waved to her from oh, the cab. Jesus Christ! So, so they—that's his, inter- that's his like big opening move. Yeah, and so in this this episode, Richard interviews um, Katrina, and then basically like kind of falls for her in the process or likes her. I mean, Although her backstory we... for why she's into urban planning is a 9-11 backstory. You know? <laughs> it was crazy. Was... This is part of why I'm like, I don't, I guess she's been here 10 years. I don't know. It was very confused. I could not place her, her, her backstory though. Cause I'm saying the accent was coming and going. So I was like, Okay, she was here for ten years, and then we find out that it was the ex-wife. From New York, yeah, she did. She moved to New yeah. York. Yeah. So then she's she explains she wants to do that because of that, among other things. She's like trying to go back to school in I mean, order to do it. A post nine eleven show in New York City, of course, someone had to have a yeah. new, had to have a nine eleven backstory, and this Eventually. was like a twist. Oh. <laughs> 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 I wanted to help with urban planning because of nine eleven. Like Jesus Christ. And I, I, I only say, like, it's important, I think, to bring that up, because it's not like she brings it up, like, you know, in a classroom where she's being questioned. It's, like, over brunch at a cafe outside. Like, it's so strange. It's like, so, so I was here for 9-11. I it's everyone like, everyone at brunch is probably talking about their own 9-11 backstory. Oh, Jesus Christ. But so, so Kristen so Ritter. So much you have to cut out. I know. But so Kristen Ritter um, is the stomachache girl at the hospital where Pam Badgley is volunteering. Well, a clinic where Von- Pam Badgley oh, yeah, and, and Natalie are volunteering. It was either uh, this. It was the episode before where Pam Badgley was like bitching about actually like you know the students who just come in for like stupid shit as opposed to like the real like residents of the, you know the town who need actual help. Yeah. So of course Kristen Ritter shows up being one of those stupid students. Fucking, and she was awful, but she's funny because it's Kristen Ritter. But that character was dumb as shit. Oh, so then Kristen Ritter is there. I mean, as a it was basically age. just like a, a pre don't trust to be no a pre Breaking Bad Kristen Ritter character. Yeah, let's be honest. And she's just got like random illnesses that she's trying to use to get attention. And um, the interviewer we find out the interview was with actually Matthew Modine's ex wife, and it kind of throws a lot into question about. Richard, because Richard, up until this point, has been relatively, I mean, even though we know he's a history of being a bit of an asshole, and he is sometimes abrupt, he's usually, like, well-meaning, and then in this episode, it's about, apparently, he was manipulating his professor yeah, the whole time. Is, is, is Natalie, who's the one, I guess, in her video, says that, like, Richard is, is the best at manipulation? And Clearly, because like, I've been that? manipulated like, oh, up until this point. Like, why is he doing this? Are we being anything, manipulated as the audience? Like, if anything, that... Matthew Modine would be on your side because also Matthew Modine hates Dixon as much as you do. Right. Like, possibly more. Like you guys should be friends. Why are I you don't being understand an it asshole? At all. It's so strange. And I think that that little son of a bitch that Dixon was calling him. Son of a bitch, <laughs> like he is. Ugh. And then so, and for whatever reason, the process he eventually like snaps at him and like look how did i do as as being manipulated did i handle it well enough and he's like you handled yeah i give you a b you question if richard is like doing being like intentionally and he claims he is then he records his video and you're like oh my god why you psychopath but also like as much as the video explains he's being like crazy manipulative and then like he says it out loud 
I still don't buy it. Like, it doesn't I, make I, sense. The only thing, the reason I buy it is just because, like, later he even points out, like, he's, he is all about journalism integrity and being a good journalist. Like, he did his research. He had, he knew who it was. Right. I mean, that's true. But it's also like just... Sarah, like, yeah, it was, like, some annoying woman. But, like, he knew, he had to know that it was the ex-wife of Matthew Modine. So, like... Right. What? It's why? more just, like, confusing, like, why would he do that, though? Like, there's no gain. It's only just to mess with his head, and there's no benefit to messing with your like, teacher's head. Like, I think he's been on your side, dude, until yeah. now, and I don't know why you picked He does it for fun, essentially, and then that's, like, a that's a that's a uh, characteristic of his that never gets revisited. So I almost do feel like it was, like, I'm just like, well, we need someone to do this for this plot, so it's gonna be Richard. And, I mean, Richard has chemistry with a rock, so it works. Cause he's he... Natalie's saying how he's, like, the most manipulative person again. But, like, everything we know about their relationship, even though, like, they were both wasted, it's like, I don't think manipulation was really part of your relationship. It seems like you had, like, a, as healthy as a, a relationship as you possibly could have had when you were both that messed up. All things considered, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, uh, Natalie lies to, to Kristen Ritter about Owen having a tail, a vestigial tail, <laughs> In order to get her to not like him. And then it, it just all escalates into the point where it's like, you know, I was manipulating her because yeah. I yeah, like you. like, fine, and... let's just get this shit out of the way because I'm not a child. Let's just yeah. talk about our things. Yeah. And then that's kind of it. I mean, it, it ends with the professor. Oh, um, and this is also the episode uh, where Lee is a stupid child who refuses to get a job outside his field. It's dumb. I mean, we don't even need to dwell on that. It's just stupid. Uh, yeah, this is where I say, Rudy Giuliani sucks. <laughs> I do hate the fucking the Zoe part too, where she teaches she teaches Natalie how to manipulate people. Like you know, when all women are manipulators, as far back as Cleopatra, blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Ugh. But so uh, that's that. Uh, it ends with Matthew Medine starting to record his own videos, but we never see them again. So again, it was like what the. Fuck? This is like just a large therapy class, and he's like the therapist getting his own therapy or something. So weird, and he's like, "Who's it for? Are you just gonna watch it?" It's so dumb. But okay, so, then, so next episode. They break into this pool. Yeah, like, because uh, Natalie and Owen, Owen and Natalie. And then we've got to cover up I Think We're Alone Now, which I always appreciate any version of I Think We're Alone Now, really. Yeah, and they break into a pool and swim at night uh, with the lights off. And, then we get and this is also it. the OAR episode. Um, where I guess <laughs> OAR. Oh, wait, are. Oh, my God. And then also, I, I love the episode starts the out, too. The episode of EOC, but bad. Yes, it's amazing. No, we don't even get to see OAR. In the, in the footage we watched, it's not included, and I'm so devastated by it. Thank you. Imagine the entire episode leads up to an OAR concert that we never see, basically. So it's so frustrating. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, what was it? Uh, so I made it. Uh, we get the skinny dipping credits. Then we have the Zoe Lee thing we discussed already about, like, never admit, uh, a woman who never admit she can type, feminism right. can be down, fuck off, please. We've gone over some of that. And, uh, Matthew Medine's like, where's Richard? And it might, like, yes! Wait! I'm like, I, I pause it real quick, I'm, or, 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 I was doing something that, because I just, like, laughed. <laughs> Where is he? He's fucking your wife, or your ex-wife, and then the next scene is literally, they is him fucking his ex-wife?! <laughs> I love it, Latoya. My notes are literally, does anyone know where Richard is? And and it says, he literally says, does anyone know where Richard Thorne is? And then my notes were, in bed with your ex. <laughs> and then it was, in bed with your ex. I literally wrote my notes, hello, he's fucking your wife. And then actually it was it's happening. It's so good. It's so then, good. Okay, here is like the first, and really the definitive sign that Katrina does not see this relationship going anywhere seriously. Whereas Richard is missing all these cues. Where after they have the sex, she's like, you're going to make like some like, girl in the future a very like a very lucky woman basically like yeah. that's what she says to him 
That I says, mean, she's much older than him. She's at least like 10 years, I would say, if not more. He's supposed to be 36, is what we're saying. Yeah, 15 years old. He's older, supposed basically. to be 36, even though the actress is only 30 at the time. So, yeah, that right there should nip basically any Red of flag. his like, emotional problems later in the bud. But nope, he's just like, okay, we are a couple. Hey, do you want to come see OAR? Who is OAR? She asked because she's old, but also because they have to promote OAR. He's like, it's OAR. It's the biggest band on college radio right now. God, how dumb could you be? How dumb could you be? Like a little concert. And my brother was questioning like how exclusive it is, but I'm like, no, actually, it is pretty exclusive because like Richard's going, uh, Matthew Dean is going because like he is friends with like their management team. Uh, obviously, uh, Sarah's going because she's like student council president. Like the only person who like who's not exclusive, I guess, who's going is like her ex boyfriend. Who we decided, well, soon to be ex-boyfriend. So I've decided his, his name's Mike. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I that sounds right. I'm still okay with Mike. But it's like it's and, and the whole OAR and thing they never, too. They never even pretend that Lee or Zoe would be interested in OAR, and that's no. in the episode done. <laughs> but I also, I do love. I love how everyone just is like, I love OAR because they cut to later on Natalie talking about it. And she's like, I love OAR. And then they're like, have fun at OAR. And they're like, what happened about you and OAR? They <laughs> are all like the target demo. But no, she can't. Well, Natalie can't go to OAR because he has a date with Owen. And so. he asked, he asked. I and think he's not think it's Richard. enough to get on the list. So I think Richard also asked Sarah too, where he's like, are you going to OAR? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Sarah oh, eventually goes with Sarah. And she's like, I'll let you be like, pay for my cab, basically. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you pay for my cab. Oh, he's just I mean, trying so hard. Like, he's he's to everyone. And like, it's like a in the same scene he asked Natalie to OAR. That's the thing. It's like it's such a '90s movie style. Like this, this rich boy just wants to go see OAR. How can he get there? And he, he just, just tries every alone. person. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's okay to be His alone. His like, girlfriend see says no to him, and then she goes with her ex-husband. Oh God, and then he's like, well, I guess I gotta, I gotta get someone who obviously Natalie would be the first choice after her. And she would love to, but she has a date with Owen. Like, right. they have then, their first official date. Oh my god, it's so crazy. And then, um, Oh, you, you didn't like their date? I thought it was actually a fucking... good date, and I... <laughs> oh, in my notes, I wrote, Lee, uh, Lee is not good at anything, and I forgot why until now, because, like, his ideas for dates are all awful. Despite the fact that he is in a serious relationship, where he knocks a woman I up. mean, the date idea was cute enough. It was There was a creepy moment where they were playing the, um the Beatles song because, uh, because there was a cover of it. It was so creepy, though. Like, that song is so creepy slowed down. <laughs> like, because the sky is blue. It's yeah, like all that kind of shit. It's like, oh! But, um, they go, they go to, like, 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 a planetarium. Best, like, actual thing in, in the series. Him, like, yeah, he's, like, okay out. for a moment. And he's awkward because I think he overthought it. And she's like, don't worry about it. It's Although, fine. I... <laughs> Another thing I appreciate is how before when he's setting it up, he has to go to Siri. He's like, "Can I have a hundred bucks?" He needs a hundred bucks to set it up. He's like, "Just give me a hundred dollars." Just give me a hundred dollars. And he does. Yeah, like so give her that. And then there's also a moment where Spencer Grammer shows up as a brunette, which is crazy. And um, she had like she got much better at acting as Greek continued, but this is pre-Greek. And even in the beginning, she, she was not great at acting. She was really not great here. But she's still better than Emma Bell. She tried. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She looks amazing in comparison. 
And then, like, at one point, leave. I don't know what it is. I guess it's because he's working there full time at the at the uh, coffee shop because he got that that job at the end of the last episode. Oh yes, because so he's he using her manipulation with the barista exactly to get a job for him. him job, so, yeah. And he blows it immediately because I guess after a day or two of working there. Well, he's not the... good at being a barista. At first. No, of course, there's that. Um, but like on top of it, though, he gets so frustrated with the per- the person at the quad playing the guitar that he decides to just take the guitar and smash it. We mentioned it before. A guitar is not cheap. First of all, you get to pay the money, so you're working well, this minimum wage job. Humorous things to think about. <laughs> well, first uh, happens uh, like he accidentally spills like uh, the coffee uh, holder, like the pot. So. Asshole folk indie guy who is so bad decides to be like, uh, let's round of applause for like you know the menial worker who just like fucked up basically is what the guy's like. And by the way, Lee is dressed like Freddy Krueger. I think you <laughs> yes, to be dressed. Yes, you do. <laughs> and like, His life's like, a nightmare. Not, not everyone wants to be an asshole, but like Lee's just like you know what, and he takes the guy's guitar and he smashes it, and that gets a loud round of applause because again, yeah. This guy should not be allowed to perform. No, I agree. I think the guy was an asshole, and I think he deserves to be kicked out. But, like, you don't break a guitar. That's expensive. He can also, like, press charges, probably. Yeah. Because that's... It's just dumb. Exactly. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> he had to pay for guitar, too. Yeah, just call the campus police and say, this guy's harassing me. Get rid of him. Not yeah. not take the guitar and trash it. Because now he's out the money for the guitar. He probably lost his, yeah, that, that's how, his job. Yeah, that's how he lost his job, yeah. And then you also just you eliminated your options of, uh, you know... If you ever had to like call them and tell them get rid of this guy, he's definitely gonna stay there forever now. <laughs> like he's for sure like a staple at the student center. And then um yeah, uh, and so like oh, we were God. saying, Richard asks Natalie, "Do I are?" She's like, "No, I can't." Then I think, does do they talk about the Katrina thing? And I think Natalie tries to give him advice. He's that's when he's like being a little bitch to her, even the same breath as him asking her OAR, and he's like, "Well, fine, whatever." <laughs> Oh my god. So catty. It's, I love it. It's but so like... catty. I love him so much too. <laughs> but like the other weird, the, I hate this other scene too. This is the scene where Zoe gets her job at the paper. And I swear to god, I think it's because I was just, I had watched so many of these in a row and it was so much happening at once. There, I didn't realize until the next episode that this all took place at the student paper. I thought she went to like the town paper or something. Oh. I, mean, I know it's New York City, but it's a student run paper. So I'm like, you're telling me that she gets a copy editor to job at a, a student-run newspaper, and during her interview, she's offered $5 more in wage than the guy before her? I mean, I, 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 be as liberal as you want, then. I support this. Fuck the wage gap. No, no, no. I'm all for getting more money. That's no, for like, goddamn sure. It's because she actually was like, again, this is, they're leaning into her being overachiever. She was actually really good at, like, the, you know, the copy editing test, and she noticed things people usually didn't notice, and the other guy apparently sucks. And I just mean, like, I've never heard of people, I've just never heard of people getting paid to work at a college newspaper. Oh, I, I got paid to work at my college newspaper. It depends on, oh. like, where, like, where you are on staff. Like, I started off, like, as a TV writer for my college newspaper, and then I became the blogs editor, and I got paid. Oh, so that, none of my college's newspapers ever, always a volunteer paper. Yeah, like, when you're on staff. So I think staff, that's a good example. I did not know yeah, that. On staff, like, yeah, there was pay, pay. So. No, are, do you, does the guy have the discrimination to say... Here's five dollars more. I feel Magic like that's also editor, kind of a yeah. Leak. It just oh, okay. the budget, I guess too. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I mean, hey. Considering Richard's like basically uh, 
hates firing people and hiring them. Like, he would just put Gunther in charge of that anyway, so. I think it's also very 2000s-y, because nowadays, it's just hard to hear, like, a newspaper being like, I'm gonna up your pay by a million. Like, it's just like, what? Like, this makes no sense. But, like, I guess, I mean, at the time, it was probably, like, you know, they needed someone to help. I mean, copy editing now, I think, is still very important, but it's just, it's... I think a r- rare to see someone walk in, do a couple things, and then get offered this very high-paying job, I guess, is what I mean. Like, it just seems a little more uncommon. She treated it like, okay, fine. Like, she wasn't really shocked by it at all. And I was like, well, this should be well, impressive. She was shocked by it because even after Gunther said he's gay, she kissed him. That's how happy Well, that was just, I thought, weird. I don't know what that was. She was just happy. I was, oh, I hated that scene, too. Why would you kiss him? Oof, it was so inappropriate. Was also, you just got hired. It was so inappropriate because she ha- got hired by him. Like, you don't kiss the person who just hired you. I mean, she was trying to seduce him, and he's like, no. I, I mean, I, I also appreciated that because it's like, hey, you're getting shut down. You can't be using this manipulation you're all about, pretty much. Like, she got hired on her own merits. Yeah, like, I did like why, that part, That's too. why she was so happy, too. Yeah. yeah. She, but she still like, kissed him. So where, like, like, come on. Episode 5, basically, we're getting, like I'm saying, we're at the point where it's like a transition where it's like, let's just acknowledge the fact that she's, like, good at, like, academics and all these things. She's She's like the go-getter, overachiever <laughs> character, really, and they're yeah. kind of like they're they're leaning more into that, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And then like, because uh, the next, I think the next episode of the movie is the Beaver episode too. Yeah, and it's just like she's a passionate person, and that's basically what they make the character more at this point, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And then this is also the same episode on the contrast of that, where Lee like fully begins the spiral. Like it's been bad since he found out that Rachel was pregnant, but he dealt with that. Now, it's, like, gone to a level. Not only does he get fired, he... He's gonna do uh, online gambling because yeah. Aaron Yu is good at it. No, yeah, Owen, no, no, Owen's no, roommate literally Aaron just... Is good at things. I mean, like, it is as subtle as the fact that he literally, like, walks into the room, says, hey, what, what are you doing on your computer? And he says, I'm online gambling. You should do it. It makes you money quick. And he's like, okay, I get, I get it like this. Goes home and is, gets like, a you gambling know, like, addiction. Like, he's like, I can learn. And then, and then he, he asks Richard. He Richard for advice, too. Like, yeah. Everyone's an illegal gambling tutor now. Like, well, like, a form of gambling you're good at, like a card game you know. He, I don't know. Again, I just, early, no one should be recommending a child to gamble. Them, that's the thing. Yeah, and no one should be recommending an 18-year-old child with, like, not a lot of money to be gambling online like that. Like, just, I don't know. Get good at it first. You don't just jump right into it. Because there's no way, like, a conversation with Richard is enough for him to put away his life savings into gambling. Like, you need to practice way more than that. Practice on the free sites first, and then do that, maybe. I don't know. But he immediately starts gambling That's all of his money so away. Dark. That's what he should have tried. Yeah, he probably should have. And then, <laughs> did you ever listen to OIR? I know who OIR is. <laughs> My notes are all just people saying that shit. I guarantee you guys, they say OAR probably like 12 times in the episode. And then a couple times in the next episode as well. It's amazing. Uh, uh. My note after the, uh, I, my angry note about the jabs uh, with the feminist lesbian majority. My note after that is, OAR dot 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 sucks, but it at <laughs> least is appropriate for white liberal arts college students. I mean, I mentioned to you before, this is, OAR's Love and Memories was my graduation song. So I've lived a hell of a life, guys. <laughs> But I didn't vote for that shit. <laughs> I voted for, like, I don't know. You've got a friend of me or some bullshit. I don't remember. That was a bad decision. No, wonder. no, there was a better one. I think it was, like, the, the Wonder Years theme song. I don't remember. It was always shitty. It was all shitty options. 
But anyway, uh, yeah, so... so now Richard has gone to his last hope, uh, which is asking Sarah <laughs> to go God to Oliver. Oh wait, did we... she... this episode? Uh, no, we we didn't address Dixon showed up again, drunk, looking like to try shit. and get with Sarah, and, and she's, she's like, "I'm she's done." Like, well, my wife left me, <laughs> and no, <sighs> yeah, now we can be together. It's like, oh, whoo, yeah. you got the bullet. But yeah, really and after that, that's when she she dumped Mike. She's just like, sex is fun, but, like, you're boring. Yeah, and there was a scene earlier where Richard tries to look out for her and tells her, I mean, I think very honestly, he doesn't overstep his bounds. It's, it's like, weird how, like, a lot of the decisions that Richard makes, they're really high stakes, and it always was the right one. Like, it's so strange. Except for but, like, manipulating his teacher thing. Well, that was, a, well, he technically succeeded and didn't get in trouble, so he kind of goes okay oh. there, too. But... Like, he really does, like, the, like his choices, if he had fucked them up, are, like, an entire episode's worth of problems for normal characters on shows. But he's just doing these decisions behind closed doors, making them deftly, and then yeah. there's never a consequence. Like, for example, the one with Sarah, where he's, he knows that the guy she's dating, he was told that she, he was dating her to try and get funds from the student Oh, he's like, but I fell for her, actually. So now I'm, And I'm Richard knows that. that, but he, and then Richard kind of plays his hand the right way, where he says, like, look, I don't think he's necessarily, you know, still into that for you, but he, he, he clarifies, like, just to be safe. So, like, technically, maybe she would have gotten mad at him, but she doesn't, because yeah, when I she actually, tells him that. I appreciate the touch that Sarah herself adult. actually realizes it, too. Because Mike was a dummy who I think kept mentioning it. Yeah, she says, I was wondering why he kept bringing up the budget. I was like, Jesus Christ. Such an idiot. Dude. He was, he was like, definitely uh... a sex idiot. But like, yeah, I appreciate that yeah. she was like, she realized it too. So she, she wouldn't even get mad at Richard because, yeah, she's like, yeah, I know. But like, no, and she kind of manipulates him at first yeah, too, where she says that. She says we don't have the money for it. And he's like, well, that's okay. I love you anyway. He's like, yeah, that he, sucks, he, but I'm okay. Or I'm into you anyway. Yeah, she addresses it and she's like, well, what would you say if I said no? And he's like, oh, I'll be cool with it. And then she doesn't actually give them the money, too. So, hey, yeah, everyone wins. It's, it's nice. but it's, Although um, Mike loses all goodwill when he shows up at uh, OAR. And he's like, he, like, they're happy. Like, he showed up, like, with just friends and, like, he was with, not with another girl. And then he immediately starts, like, hitting on another girl. Yeah, that was rough. But like, I mean, they like, break up, so it's but just like, gonna be it was dumb. that day. <laughs> no, <laughs> look, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but at least it wasn't like they were actively dating. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's OAR. Everyone in town's going. What do you expect him not to show up? <laughs> you expect him not to show up and hook up? OAR is baby making music. Good thing Lee didn't know he'd make another baby. Oh my god, <laughs> OAR is totally baby making yeah. music. That's the worst part. I mean, oh, if white people God. don't know what baby making music is, then yeah, sure. They don't. What do you think they do? <laughs> like, come on, it's Dropkick Murphys or OAR or uh, Jarvis Rucker. No, it's, All it's, right. it's John Mayer or OAR, and John Mayer is a better choice. John Mayer is it's like John graduation Mayer, music, Dave though. Matthews Band, and OAR is what you, you people I think. Don't, no, white people. I, I don't think white people listen to the good John Mayer music. Not that there's <laughs> much of it. But. Not helping your case. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, like. Like his his actual like like blues and like Please like stop. I don't know it's just not the kind of music people listen stop to like being, daughters. I'm trying to be a Dave Matthews. No, I'm sorry, a John Mayer snob right now because there's no way to win in that one. No, I remember I remember back in the day when people were talking about the like um that that Broad City thing where it's like who's your who's your gross fuck? It was always John Mayer for me. So like that's yeah. where I live, guys. White people. I don't get it. I'll never get I don't it. Know. No, I mean, I don't like that the daughter shit. That's all the bad stuff. But, but just his, in general, his being good. a gross fuck, I, I would never... No, 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 I agree completely. I only like some it. songs. 
No, well, that's different. I mean, he's it's because of his music. That's why. It's not because of him. He's a, he's a trash. I mean, yeah, there are plenty of trash for gross spots. Even, like, John Mayer never. It's one of those things. You grow up in the right time period, like, in his I music. Mean, it's like a soft spot I can't heal like a baby. His you drop me on my head a certain I way, I'm going to die. Like, turns you on. Well, I mean, the other options are, like, way better than that, but that's that's just the one that I always go to, because I'm like, eh, I don't know. Because you look so awful. <laughs> oh, I want to I overshare, too, that for my graduation present, I got a bracelet with an engraved John Mayer lyric on it, so... <laughs> and then you made a bust of John Mayer's head. <laughs> no, please, uh, please. But yes, I would uh, never. So, Richard... He's no upper lips. Matthew Modine was Katrina, so he's like, I'm going to get really close to Sarah, pretend that we are a thing, to make yeah. them jealous. Whereas, like, Matthew Modine and Katrina don't really care... Katrina doesn't care. Matt Medine, of course. Katrina cares. seems completely uninterested in all of it. It's pretty full. It's really funny. I love it. She's just there to hang out with her husband after a certain point. Yeah, exactly. Her ex-husband or from her, like, new fuckboy. It's funny. She has no here. interest in either one. And then, um, uh, later on, you know, they, they all go to the concert. I, we don't see it because our, our copy cut out, but I'm sure it was lovely because it was OER. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, God. All right. So then in the next episode. Um... Oh, oh, wait. Also, who oh, calls? Uh, I guess I think it's Sarah that says, like, Katrina's like a mother proxy for, for Richard. Someone says that, basically. And he just, like. Ooh, I don't remember that. That sounds disgusting. Well, no, uh, I think it's later. It's after the concert. I think it might be Natalie who actually says it because that's when he's, like, ordering non alcoholic beer or something. Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah. Basically... No, I don't. Oh, God. I don't really remember that. But that sounds like something they would say. So you. I mean, it makes sense, but we we never meet his mother, so we don't really know. I'm sure he might have a contemptuous relationship with her, like her like he does well, his no, father. No, his but mother is, is quite delightful. His stepmom. He's not oh, a little bitch. <coughs> unless Remember. unless he means his stepmother, I guess. I don't know. Oh God. Ugh. But so anyway, um, we cut to the next episode, and right away I was already in a fury okay, because we were uh because we missed a scene, a, a clip in uh, episode five. We missed that uh, after their pretty good date, uh, Natalie and Owen had sex. Woo! We see, like, a little bit of it, but not, like, a full... You don't see the scene until the flashbacks in the next episode. Oh, now and then... we need to save the clinic from Trump supporters. <laughs> That's this episode. Two. The scene starts out, the episode starts out with the scene of these two children, essentially, being present for the birth of a child, and they're responsible for holding the mother down while she gives birth. What are we watching? Like, this is so inappropriate. It's wild, y'all. <laughs> it's so... Everything about it would violate every... I'm sure there's, a, like, very, very specific, like, health laws that you have to be... I don't know. It was not even a sterilized room. I don't... It just all felt pro- really terrible. Because they're already in the clinic. They could just wheel her into wherever she needs to go. We don't see her getting... I don't know. Whatever. But so they're, like, you know, holding her down, and she's giving birth, and they're, like, holding her hand as she, like... The child, like, it's just insane. But so, like, they're like, oh, romance, as we watch a baby come be brought into this world. And then, um, this episode is about, like, finding and, and running through your yeah, passion or whatever. About, yeah. So Zoe just starts kissing random people. You know. This is Richard once, so for those shippers. <sighs> oh, God. I don't know. Everything about it made me feel And that's when she, uh, basically, she and Chris start therapy. She, she finds Chris. He's the one that actually, like, and all the kisses is like, hey, what's up? And then they just walk off together and, I guess, start making out or whatever. I don't that know. begins their relationship. Uh, remind. Then we have a reminder that OAR exists. 
Because you know about the experience of OAR, but what about the aftermath of the experience of OAR? <laughs> what is life like after an OAR concert from <laughs> Bedford Diaries? But uh, it's not just that the children were moved by it. Apparently, uh, Matthew Medine had a blast. He bought the CD the next day, which I was like, oh, good lord. <laughs> this too. is upsetting. And now he's like trying to push his luck, trying to go more deep with her, some Paul Newman movies. And then, you know, I was already like iffy about Katrina because, you know, she was trying to defend her hot pie because Rudy Giuliani likes it. But then she was talking about how she loves Paul Newman in Message in a Bottle. Like, what are you doing with your life, woman? Oh, good lord. That is, the- you're like, water like watershed uh paul newman that's the top that's also i love my my notes too we're just like he's like let's push our luck and have a lunch again and like another date and i'm like but is oar playing again will it be as magical (laughs) the new song is like for when their romance rekindles it's gonna be oar oh my god oar play at their second wedding oh jesus christ uh but so yeah so then the zoe's kissing random people she starts dating chris off and on because of that or hooking up with chris um, in the meantime, the, the clinic is shutting down, and, um, Owen and Natalie, like, like, go, like, try and get behind getting it funding, um, whether it's from, I think, it, what they really know is there is funding, it's just going towards other oh, things, yes. and they wanted to go towards uh, this. Because, this is the Pratt, episode where they're like, well, no, it's not that, it's, that it's going to That's the security, uh, they're gonna move the funding to increase security for school, which you're like, you're wondering what's going on, but apparently there's been... Uh, since the end, at the end of last year, there were six muggings and a sexual assault, and that yeah. is cr- that is crazy because I didn't think about it at the time because it seems like it's it's if they accidentally did I don't know it's like obviously there's a plot that's been like a thread a thread that's been going through each it's like, like crime. Uh, also in a previous episode they were talking about getting like metal detectors or something I'm like wait that's that's weird right. They and actually, yeah. like, did some plot, but it's almost, like, too subtle. Like, the, it's almost too subtle a I thread. Mean, yeah, this is also the episode where, they're, like, they address the fact that the beaver had a downward spiral, so... I know, it's, like, weirdly they're, amazing, they're but also, like... things, yeah. Because in the next episode, I'm okay with jumping ahead because it's basically the only scene of it in the episode. It's, like, completely irrelevant to the rest of the episode, too, kind of. I don't think they really bring it back up. Is that Richard goes to see Natalie... And then he sleeps. We'll get to the chair yeah, bit. Yeah, I guess, yeah, this but, all adds to, like, the, the debate of what's more important, basically. Yeah, and so he's he's at Natalie's dorm, and, like, as he's going to bed, he gets up and he sees, like, they're, they're here yelling, and they look out, and someone gets mugged. And that's it! Like, they never really address yeah, like, I mean, they kind of do in the sense, things, like... You're like, come on, this school can't be that dangerous. But apparently, like, there are signs that, yeah, this school is pretty dangerous, actually. It's like it's like that scene in Community where you find out that my um that Matt Walsh is a is a white supremacist. Yes. It's like oh the signs have all been there. We were just not reading them correctly this time at all. But it was like too subtle for this kind of a plot line. Like you needed to be more specific because it's otherwise. Although it, I, I, I guess know. it is a pro for the show because you don't want that this kind of thing to come out of nowhere. No, I agree. You're I not going to buy it otherwise, really. But it still feels like it does. That's what's so weird. But, um, so then they find out the thing's shutting down. They're, like, in a panic, so they're trying to help out. Um, and uh, then, you know, Zoe's having a great time at her new job. Um, she's having a blast copywriting, um, yeah. helping them. But she also sees that, uh, again, they need the new beaver because the beaver had a downward spiral, and she wants to... She wants uh, to audition. Yeah. And uh, everyone's least favorite uh, recurring character, Sexy Sadie, not only does he, is he pissed at her for getting him fired, even though he got himself fired he's by being a shit. Yeah, being a shit. Uh, he basically refuses to let her uh, try out. He, where The other person on the committee is Chris, and he's like, he's, he's 
not like trying to stop her, but he's just kind of like, I don't know what to do. But uh, luckily she goes to the Dean and he's able to push through on that. So she is able to try out. And then... Sadly, um, for the audition, we don't get that scene that's a clip that's removed. But from what I recall, like, she was fine, but the person who actually gets it, like, is the type of person who should be, like, the best at, like, their, like, gymnastics and all that stuff. And that's why she's, like, she's fine with it, basically. Yeah. She just wanted the experience of being able to try out and, like, just... She, she... This goes a long way to be, like, she just wants to have the, like, college experience. She wants to do everything. Yeah. And then, in the meantime, they're also trying to raise funds by having Hillary Clinton come to speak, which I was like, oh my god. And also, oh, yes, like, nice try show. This is when they start to focus on Audrey McDonald, uh, like, her political, political career. career that she's, like, basically the same right? Like, she's friends with Hillary Clinton. That's why they're like, oh. We, but, like, like how ambitious of the McDonald's show to even suggest like, that she could show up. We should also note that Audrey McDonald and Asimov B, who is, of course, the, like, the doctor and the professor, are the ones who are like, you guys should, you know, assemble some things. Like, yeah. And, Audrey McDonald is like, like, wink, wink, I can't tell you to do this, but maybe if you did this. It's yeah. great. I love it. And then, because it would make her look better as, she's being a politician, essentially. Yes. And, and then. And she this later. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but like, it's totally what she's doing. And then behind the scenes, too, like, what has been going on is the, um, the relationship between Milo and, um, Katrina has, like, escalated to the point where he thinks he's in love with her. And I'm like, you barely know her, dude. Like, calm down. He's and been on, like, two days. so many hints that she's, like, not, you know, besides right. the fact that she's, she's also dating her ex-husband. Like, they are clearly also dating. And she kind of just says, like, look, like, push bricks. I'm sorry, I'm not really into it. Um... I'm oh, here. Yeah. I'm here uh, because yeah. I wanted my education, not to well, first, date you. Well, what happened is, uh, so his dad's having a cocktail party. And, oh, I like, forgot the cocktail yeah, party. He's supposed to be having dinner with uh, Matthew Modine, you know, another date. So he's like, "Well, my dad's having a cocktail party, and these important city planning people will be there." And she's like, "Okay, yeah." He's he, like, "There will be good networking." But then he, uh, he immediately calls his dad and is like, "Hey, I want to go to your party with my girlfriend, and also, could you make sure to invite these people who he said would be there?" So his dad does invite these people. Uh, good dad, all things considered, basically. Yeah. I feel like he's the kind of dad who like gave his son all the material things he wanted, but that obviously didn't help. You know, right. he didn't give him like you know the sober help he needed or anything like that, or you know a safe space where his stepmom wasn't like seducing him. Um, but <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right on that too. I didn't think of that part. Yeah. Oh God. But so, and then she is there, and she's a little bit too distracted. Yeah, we missed a clip, basically the entire thing is, like, she is doing the networking like he expected and stuff, but, like, he also kind of, like, wandered around, so he like, you know, have arm candy, you know, this is my girlfriend. He wanted to basically show her off as his girlfriend, and she's like, well, She's I'm, not having it. She's, she's like a guest at the party, You were basically. told this is a networking, like, she was told this is a networking, and that's what she's doing, so, like, he, like, he just ditches her, basically, at the party. His yeah, which is to, like, a little douchey. Yeah, but, has to like you know. put her in a like limo to send her home. But I do like that Matthew Medine when they're talking it through. Even though he has like a contested relationship with Milo because of the whole dating his ex-wife, he actually makes a point like that. Like I thought it was a mark. It was thought it was a networking thing. She's like, well, I mean, he's like he said that, but he seemed upset. I'm like, okay, so they they are having like an adult conversation that she but made yeah, misread the situation. Yeah, she's having an adult conversation about this with like her ex-husband instead of you know with him. Joe's already like who she more like wants to be with, really. Right. I mean, it's very clear. Pretty yeah. much, like, and Milo's, like, this is kind of by the end he of the episode, to, he's, like, like, dejected. He has to lie to her and then get people invited to the party to get her to go on a date with him instead of his... And I think ex- he thinks, he thinks when he goes back to her and talks to her afterward, he's gonna be like, look, we're back on the same page, I'm sorry I fucked up. But she's like, no, you're still not getting it, I'm not really into you, and he kind of, like, hits rock bottom again. 
And then he sees Natalie. Not to say that she's rock bottom, but well, he's, he he needs a place to stay. Essentially. He, first, he like looks up at Levinson Hall. I'm like, come on, dude. Like the things I was like, okay, don't jump. Also, do not drink. Seeing Natalie oh, is good. We should have mentioned too during the earlier part of the episode, Natalie and Owen come by to get to get a story scoop for him for because of the clinic oh, thing, and, he's and he freaks out at her. It says like, I need time alone, and it, okay. it, it was rude, because but like you know, this begins like Owen being aggressively jealous Weird of Richard, and, jealous. and like Natalie and Richard are still friends. They're still very good friends, probably best friends, honestly. And Owen apparently does not like that just because, you know, they used to date. So, like, she's talking about how Richard's a great guy and he will, like, help us, like, get the cause out. Which he would, if not for the fact that he just got dumped by the woman he thinks he's in love with, which, come on, let's be real. Yeah, and he's very dejected. It looks like homeless, basically. So she's, like, doing all this defending, saying how he's a great guy, saying this to Owen, and then immediately he's like, not now! Yeah, Yeah, it's rough. And then so later on, this next episode, he shows up first thing to Natalie to apologize for doing that, which I think is nice, but it's also the middle of the night. So he wakes her up. And he's like, her roommate's like out. Her roommate's never there. Yeah, and then he <laughs> right? later, yeah. She yeah. definitely has a roommate because like there's an extra bed, but yeah, her roommate's always with the boyfriend. Exactly. So the roommate's not there. And I actually, it's a really subtle, like, little thing, but I actually really love it. This is another thing where I'm like, I can't tell how much of this is Milo and how much of this is a character or whatever. But like, his decision to not sleep on her bed is so respectful in a way like so many people would just like crash on the roommate's bed yeah you know or put something down and then crash on the roommate's bed he doesn't even consider it like that's absolutely inappropriate he only asked for a chair which i found a really weird with, uh which he doesn't even face nally a chair with his back turned to <laughs> it's amazing it's an amazing scene the choice it's a, such a choice on everyone's part like the way they, they frame like, yeah. the chair the way so, he's pointed and when he gets there, he asks her, like, so what do you want to talk about? Like, we can talk about this, you know, in the, in the morning, morning because you're I'm having just here to sleep. a breakdown right now. Maybe we should talk about that. He's like, I just need to sleep on a chair. So. And so, so he gives her. Chair so, is because... Yeah, and real quick, he gives a chair. It's like a, like an old school, like, uh, like high school style chair. Yeah, like it's a, a like very a, uncomfortable chair to be sleeping. Very uncomfortable. It's not against a wall. It's not near a desk or anything. He doesn't give him a pillow or anything. He just sits in a chair, folds his arms, and goes to sleep. It's amazing. Like, the performance of that alone, I could have spent, like, for the rest of my life watching. I want more about him. I don't I want the rest I, of the show. I, I want more of the show just because it leads to every discussion of how he was just sleeping there on a chair. Yeah, and it wasn't just, like, I felt like maybe I'm reading too much into this, like, okay, he just sleeps in the chair, whatever. Then, the next morning, Penn comes by and, like, walks right into the room, which I feel like was really inappropriate, but, like, just starts walking in. I guess the door was open, but still, he just kind of bursts in. And then, um, Milo is putting his jacket on, because he was, you know, waking up and he, he was in the chair. And he's like, what were you doing? And I, and you know what, in this in this case, I'd be a little suspicious, too, because it looks a little weird. It's, like, first thing in the morning, and Milo's putting a jacket on after having slept, so... It yeah, looks a little odd. And, and then she like, explains. First thing in the morning coffee or whatever. Yeah, and it, she, she's like, oh, uh, Richard was just here. He, and then don't worry about it. He slept on a chair. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was they weird, never right? It without Nellie pointing out the fact that he was sleeping on a chair. So strange. So strange. And then. But also great. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And then so Penn, like, has a freak out and then cuts his hair. Because that's how you freak out, is to just cut your hair. Well, no. Look. He doesn't just immediately cut his hair. You have to I mean, it's pretty hair, soon after. You have to build that. Because, again, like, Owen's jealousy of Richard grows more and more, even though there's no reason. Like, Richard's just helping and being a good friend and being hung up on Katrina the whole time. Where, while Katrina starts helping them in the clinic cause, because he's urban planning, 
So, like, Richard is literally not thinking about, oh, I really want to get back with Natalie right now. He's oh thinking, God, I want to kill myself. Yes. And it's, meanwhile, it's so being oh God, so Richard. jealous and, like, and weird and alpha like, male. Like, I have, because yeah. Natalie's into this cause, I have to be even more into this cause and also hate Get Richard. out of the way, Natalie. I'm the one. That's, I'm like, what? Well, calm down. It was her and baby. And like, completely shits on his sister. Calls her, like, he calls her a bad person. Yeah, and, and, like, so, basically, he gets a meeting with his sister, basically, because he's him, and he just convinces her to meet them. Like, realistically, if he was just a student interested in this, he'd have to, like, petition during one of their meetings, and, like, bring it up in the group, and, like, get everybody to pay attention. So he, and she points that out, like, you're only getting this one-on-one with me because I am your sister, so you're getting the same kind of special treatment that I'm getting from you, so calm down. And he's completely inappropriate in the meantime, so, like, you know, if he was a student that talked to her that way, she would have been, like... Yeah, and and if he if he was this random guy at a at a student government meeting who's talked to her like that, everyone there would be like, "What the fuck?" Like he he's just being absolutely awful to her. And I mean, even Allie also looks at him like, "Dude, what the yeah, hell?" They, like he just went nuts. And the, and the thing is, as, as we know, um, Sarah doesn't like Natalie, and like so she no. kind of like wants to be like, uh, maybe Natalie is the bad influence for Owen, but it's like Natalie really no, is other way around. Innocent. Like, yeah, Sarah even, like, is trying to get a one-on-one with Allie, like, what are your goals, blah, blah, and it's just, Owen is independently going off the rails. Yeah, and he's also, like, I think in a dark place because of the whole Richard thing, which is not their fault, but he's just already mad, and this is just an excuse to get madder, basically. And, um, so the, he freaks out, cuts his hair. I mean, right, Not is there any yet. more to his- Stop <laughs> I will be the one to tell you when the yes, hair is please. cut. Yes, please. You tell me. Because, okay, so- It keeps escalating. They, Richard does eventually is able to help. There's a rally. And Owen's getting just, like, bitchy about, like, a little, like, certain things about, like- The flyers. So Owen makes a poster. And then, like, uh, Richard suggests something, and Natalie agrees, and Owen's like, why are things better this way? Blah, 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 blah. And, and Rich, even Richard's like, okay, fine. Richard uh, just doesn't care. I love him so much. I don't know. It's so weird. Just do what He's you the only do. sane person on this show, you guys. Like It feels like a fresh, like a real fresh breath of air every time I he's mean, on screen. I, wrote my notes. I, I don't know the entire rant, but like my, like my Richard has a rant I called the I don't care rant. He's yes. just like, oh, just do what you want to do, basically. I'm only here to help. Like, you asked me to help. It's like, yes, this is some logic. Like, so, these people are nuts. The dean gets involved because, like, obviously the board's breathing down his neck because they're like, we don't need any of this tomfoolery, basically. Tomfoolery. Well, like, I understand why the clinic should exist and everything. It is a, it's a good thing. But the dean does point out the very important fact. This is a liberal arts school and not a medical school. That is actually a really good argument against people. It is. I didn't even, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they have pre-med, so it, it is helpful for the people that are going to be pre-med. Or, or yeah. But they have medical classes, not, I should say, but not like medical medical. Focus. Although, yeah. but luckily, this episode introduces something uh, that really it was basically had to be the scapegoat, because again, this is a small liberal arts college. There shouldn't even be a Greek system in the first place. Yeah, it's like, of all the, what was it, 2,500 people, I think we were talking about? Yeah. It's like, that must be like a literally like like 30% of their population. Any decent, competent sports teams, I guess, here, yeah. at least 2,500 people? But yeah, small little arts. It's like uh, a high school. College, Um, you're not going to have a Greek system. And You'd luckily, have one Greek sorority and one Greek fraternity, not like a million of them. Which is the way yeah. they're describing they it. They do. Like, I guess they fully introduce it here, although they mention it uh, with Rylan that he's also in like this yeah. fraternity. Theta, whatever. Yeah. 
the Nazi fraternity, as uh, Owen calls them. Um, yeah. And with uh, Scott Porter's Luke Ward look, you can't really deny that. But yeah, I don't know what they were doing with that hair. That hair is another level. I don't know if it's a they thing or just like a Scott Porter thing. Uh, I hope it was them because, so, oh my God, Scott Porter, what are you doing? That's Scott Porter in a hood with like a few other frat guys in the hood. That was nuts. That's like the cost of those hoods alone. I was like, that must have cost them so much money. And they're, they're like custom yeah. like monk hoods, guys. <laughs> like robes. It's they're the craziest. A hazing thing on their like new pledges where like they put them between two mattresses and like just throw them off the roof of a house. That shit was insane. Like when they were so okay. Let me describe this more thoroughly. So they have this these two mattresses, like a like an ice cream sandwich or a sandwich or whatever, and like like they're long ways mattresses, and you you have these two huge sides. They're not nice mattresses though. They're like somewhat thick, but they're just like janky, like you know, college mattresses. And they take a pledge, who's mostly nude, I think. Yeah. Throw them inside. Throw them inside the, the mattresses, and then fucking just kick the thing off the goddamn roof. I'm like, what did I just see? Did they just kill this man? Because I don't think they really clarify how high the roof is until he's, like, halfway down. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, that could definitely kill someone if it's high enough. And it almost does kill him because a car runs over him or hits him. Like, the way they describe it is it hit well, him no, on his way he, down. They land on, he lands on a car. Then at the clinic, Scott Porter is like, he was hit by a car. Oh, but, gotcha. Like, then they realize, thought... like, there's no way he could have been hit by a car considering, like, the impact and, like, what actually. Yeah. yeah. And he keeps trying I... to lie, and then the guy's like, it was a stupid hazing thing. Yeah. I thought a car hit him. I thought he hit a car. It was moving, but that's great to know. He just landed on a parked so... car, and yet Scott Porter is like, some idiot parked car. I'm like, no, you're the idiot. You're the idiot that just... But, like, haven't they said they've done it before? I'm like, clearly you haven't, because it seems like the most logical reaction is you're going to hit something. Well, like, did you look down when you were throwing the mattress? Like, what the, the fuck? With the smoking gun points out, like, there's been, like, at least three other hazing things like this earlier in the year. Just in I the mean, year. I'm surprised no one's died. I mean, truly, it's crazy. How, if they're just throwing people off buildings, like, I can't stress this enough. I know it's not like a skyscraper, but it's at least four stories, right? Or three stories? It's hot. Yeah. But yeah, it's too high. So remember that, people. Uh, yeah. Remember this fraternity thing that's now front and center because, so like we were saying, Owen is just like he's lashing out. He's being terrible to his sister. Well, Natalie yeah. has to basically be like awkward, polite smile. And then when they like, <laughs> he storms out, and Natalie follows him. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" And then he's basically like, "Fine, I I I won't help anymore if this is gonna hurt." And, well, they're not officially broken up yet, basically. We'll get to that. Because um, that's the, the, the finale. Um, but, yeah. Right. So, now it's just Natalie basically running the show. But, you know what? None of it matters. <laughs> because, here we go. Off of Mon V and Audrey McDonald with their powers combined. That's the <laughs> Captain <fact> Planet! <laughs> that, hey... You know what the thing is why you can't close the clinic? Well, these frat idiots are the ones who are coming to the clinic a lot. And you don't want to, like, stop helping the, the people who go to the school. If you shut this down, then the kids at the school can't get help. And that's a PR nightmare right there. So they go to the dean with that. And also, you know, maybe get rid of the frats, too, if there's a problem with money. So there is no... As much as, you know, they're trying to push student rebellion and, you know, getting active... The entire clinic plot is just solved by Asif Monby and Audrey McDonald being competent adults who are like, stop having fraternity. Here's a problem, let's solve it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's fascinating because I'm like, why didn't they do that with any of the other problems that have been going on on this show? Which yes. there are several. <laughs> they definitely need money for security. That is a big thing. And uh, Sarah actually is talking about. Uh, it's with Richard. She tells how uh, last year she was mugged right outside the clinic by one of like you know the residents. That's why she's so like anti this, and she's more about the security. But she won't tell her brother because you you know Owen. He'll probably try to punch someone. <laughs> I mean, like she doesn't know who it was. Like, what is he gonna do? Again, but of course it's Owen. Someone. <laughs> Owen just like it, it'd be like the scene where Zoe's kissing everyone, but it'd be just Owen punching everyone. <laughs> start like, with Richard. Was it so you? It's clearly not Richard. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah. Uh, it's yeah. So that's why, again, the fraternity is front and center of this episode, specifically. So you have a problem to get, you need to get rid of. Uh, kill two birds with one stone. So, I mean, yay, Natalie gets a win, technically. And I guess she feels good about herself. She should feel good about herself. Natalie should specifically feel good about herself. and her. What she does she, great. She does great work. Yeah, like, this is, this is like, the, the... These episodes focus on something that they have her like randomly doing in a couple other episodes where it's like she sees a cause and she wants to work on it those are usually just like one scene things that they throw in here they actually had her working it and it, it is a good idea but it sucks kind of just that the plot itself is resolved by Austin Monby and Audrey McDonald being like Audrey, them using like their force as adults especially Audrey McDonald like she understands like what a PR nightmare would be so and it would be it yeah it would be so that tells that. And then Penn shaves his head. No! <laughs> now, first of all, I will say that my final note for this Close. episode is the trap poster has been moved because the trap poster <laughs> in Owen's room moves every single episode. Can we please can we please use the trap poster has been moved as like a signal if we've ever ever been kidnapped? Anyone in it? <laughs> Anyone in our, li- our our listenership, if you're ever in trouble and you you tweet me and the trap poster has been moved, I will call the cops for you. Okay, <laughs> it's such an ominous sounding sentence, but it's true. There's a trap poster that's always behind. It's framed behind um, uh, Owen's head because he's always trapped by his emotions. Or it's like course. by the door. Or anger. Or it's, like, it's, it's, it's always <laughs> by the door. So you can't. I thought you meant he was always trapped by the door. And I was like, wait, what? No, the poster just oh, it always moves. Yeah, it moves around behind him. And, and then, now um, we are in the finale, and we're not at the head shaving yet. Wait, we're not quite done, though. We have one other thing I wanted to get to. Oh, I mean, my but last... so... Oh, wait, no. Uh, yes. Because, uh, yeah. Where, so I Lee... screamed, where I wrote in my notes, I screamed. I, I Lee said his thing, and then I screamed, and I paused it, and then I unpaused it, and Zoe said her thing, and I screamed more. Yes, go you go ahead and you share, because I have, I have more generic okay. notes about how insane this was. Okay, so I have the quote, but here... Oh. I want a video, David. Oh, wait, no. Oh, I'm not even talking oh. about that. I'm talking oh, about, no. considering the current political climate, what Lee and Zoe were talking about. Oh, yes, please. Uh, but yeah. Okay, I, I'll, I'll talk about both Lee and Zoe's oh. storylines then. Um, so Lee is still not doing his uh, art history paper that Spencer Grandma was talking about, which is a third of his... Uh, his grade and every time Zoe asks about it, he's like, I either got it mapped out or I'm halfway done. Or Zoe's like, All I see you is gambling and he was on a hot streak at first, but like now he's like ten thousand dollars in debt. So no hot streak anymore. And Zoe is uh dating Chris and Chris wants to have sex because he's like uh I wanna be your <laughs> first blood and male. Yeah. <laughs> he knows she's a virgin and he's like he wants to double check that she's actually a virgin because like they're having like they're having like domination play like play but like without sex which 
It's strange. It is strange. It's like dry humping, kind of, but not really. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say. But yeah, we don't see the sex part basically. So it's just it's aggressive cuddling and making out. Uh, yeah, because there is no like sex. So. I know. Uh, but yeah, so she's thinking about it, and then she talks to Lee, and then she's and Lee, of course, tries to be an asshole. Well, try, he is an asshole, and she's like, "Fine, we're gonna do it." So it's like we're gonna have sex, and we're gonna videotape it. And Chris, bless his heart, uh, he he comes to play. First, he's like, I don't know, I'm like, I want to run for office one day. To which she replies, "You're a theater major," which continues just how doofy Chris is and why I love him. But oh uh, so yeah, it, it's time for uh, the, the filming of the, the the virginity taking, which Jesus Christ, fun. Um, but so there's lighting and everything. Chris apparently brings makeup for the situation. He does push up so he can get pumped. He tries, he changes angles pretty much. And poor Chris, unfortunately, he can't get it up. Performance anxiety. Uh, I mean, that, that makes sense to me because he's on camera. I mean, I don't know. That makes sense to me because it's camera. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, you would, considering the show, you would think it's going to turn into like a whole thing where he's like a dick about it. But like, no, it's just, it's, it, it is what it is. You can... It's a lot of pressure on top of the fact that it's her first time. Like, it's yeah. a lot of stuff going into it. Yeah, so, it's yeah. not like, it's not actually not treated as a joke, and he's not, like, treated like, like they don't treat him as an asshole right. later as a result of it or anything like that. Right. And so I guess uh, they were, Chris and uh, Lee are talking about Zoe again, and he's, like, Chris is like, I haven't talked to her, basically. But, of course, Lee thinks that they had sex because Zoe's like, oh, we're doing it, basically. <laughs> So Lee's like a dick. Like you shouldn't. You should call her, get her flowers. And Chris's like, well, I w- would have gotten her flowers if we had sex. And he's like, oh, okay. So and sweet. He's like, I gotta go to class. And he sees Zoe, and he's like, hey, uh, we should talk or something. And she's like, yeah, I'll call you. Like she basically blows him off. Chris just like he wants to just. I I would assume Chris wants to be in a relationship with her, honestly. He seems like he could do either one, but he would certainly not say no to it. There are like. He, he has no problem being in, like, you know, a casual relationship with what she's doing. But, like, I'm sure if, like, she if was, she like, let's be in an actual like, relationship, sure. he's like, yes, sure. It would probably be better, he's honestly. He I'm, is such a dude, I can, though. It's I so feel like he, he's getting tired out, honestly, by their non-sex yeah. stuff. It seems like true. what's happening. I mean, uh, if if he's used to having sex in relationships, it's, it's probably difficult. That's what this... This episode was about abstinence, so it was it was about a lot of that. So people were having to try and commit to being in relationships where it was harder to do. Well, that's the finale that's about abstinence. But, oh, sorry, yes. Uh, yes. We're, we're okay, so the reason why I had to go through all that is so... So funny. So here we are. We are at Lee. Um, he is severely in debt, and so he and Zoe have, I guess, made up or whatever. And now Zoe's like, this is really bad. And he's basically like, you know, you gotta spend money to make money, pretty much. And, and then Lee says, everybody gets in debt. Coming out of it only makes you stronger. Donald Trump. To which I had to pause as I was screaming, because this is what he said. <laughs> as I'm reading, you know, online about the Muslim ban and this monster of a man. In case you were wondering if we're ever going to get it's, firm it's political, insanity. I'm, I'm going to make Donald Trump's a fucking monster. Uh, I mean, that's, I, hopefully that's kind of a we, spoken... We kind of, like, just dance around it. We're just like, we're not going to talk about her or, like, we'll make jokes, but, like, he's an evil, evil man. Yes. I'm so, very comfortable with both of your hosts making very strong points on the fact that we both think he should 
uh, stop everything <laughs> and cease being a human being, <laughs> first of all. But yeah, uh, I we both hate him, I think. Pretty so, I had to so. go back so I could write down the quote, obviously, because I was not expecting oh, that. God. Again, remember, this is like an episode or so after the Hillary thing. After, like, yeah, we're, we're Hillary, tough. and I made, like, a joke about Hillary wasn't going to do WB, guys. And then was, Zoe said... That sweet for you to try, but yeah. But it's, it's upsetting. In fact, response to that, he went, in, uh, he went bankrupt. Right. And it's, like, it's so upsetting to see, like, in real time how he, like, ruined lives. Not that this is a real life, but still, I'm sure there's someone who's done similar situation yeah. with that. So it's like, and then, Jesus. which idiot Lee replied to her, he went back up. Uh, and now look at him. Trump supporter Lee. If the character <laughs> vote for Trump. Trump supporter Lee. So true, though. Oh my god. It, oh, Lee, what the fuck, man? Yeah, I screamed. Like, again, when she said he went back around, and I screamed again when he said, now look at him. And I'm like, I hate the world. I don't, I, uh, everything about it sucked. And then she also suggests in the same breath that, you know, hey, if you're, if you're stressed out about this term paper, let me just, like, give you guys' number. Well, what what was it? She actually did it earlier, because, yeah, this is, uh. So casually. Way after, she's like, I have a guy. She has a guy for everything, honestly. Uh, Yeah. Which, again, really, that's where I kind of came from, where it feels like she has this, like, street persona that we're not seeing and, but she doesn't at the same time less, when you when you realize it's less more street it's just like she's able to like make connections she's personal yeah but it's like much. i don't know it's weird it's a weird connection to have because you think she's just like do-gooder overachiever or not do-gooder I but like overachiever she herself ever would use it but, like she knows people basically she probably yeah, knows the people strange. who write the papers is what it is oh maybe yeah that maybe. makes more sense honestly yeah, uh, but, but yeah. so she just casually uh, Jeffrey, suggests he uh, ruin his life and buy a Hendrick term paper. Plays the paper guy because of course yeah. he does. Yeah, he's, he's like I don't write show about college ever. A bunch of but he has a... people make it uh, write it. Yeah, and so she just super casually suggests he buy a paper and like ruin his life in the process. Yeah. But he's like all for it. He goes to he get just... one. No, he goes to get one. Then the guy's like five hundred dollars. He's like, wait, what? And this is after his Central Park. I'm going to <laughs> that way. We skipped over that again, but I don't want to go back to it. It's horrifying. Time to go to Central Park to do a video diary. <laughs> and then when he finds out it's five hundred dollars, he's like, "I didn't think oh, about I gotta it. go." He takes even longer. But like, also, let me just say, like, clearly, if it was cheaper, he would not have thought about it. So I'm like, you can't act like you're all tortured over this. You're only and upset he needs about the more money. money, and somehow is able to buy the paper. So basically, Richard buys him the paper because Richard gives him the loan or the payback for the no. The he's 10 able grand. to. The loan is like getting this in the finale, right? But I'm st- like, it's still like the money, like clearly he, the money is gone by that point. So this is like it's the last of his money. I guess, yeah. I think the money that's the last of his money for the uh, so you get the paper. Also, and- like, where is all this gambling money? I know that he eventually goes like basically bankrupt on it, but like he was flush for a little while. You should just be putting that stuff away, man. Oh God, it's he so didn't stupid. understand putting things away. No, I know. He didn't ever stop. Remember? It's just crazy. They're like, you're ahead, you should stop. And he's like, nope. And so now we go to the finale, which has at least the the fake out. Uh, so uh, Lee is called to the dean's office, and you're like, oh, of course, he bought a bad paper, and he's going to get punished for it. Actually, it's to address the fact that he his entire scholarship fund, $10,000, is drained. Can I just say, too, I don't think that's how scholarship funds work. I don't know. I'm not super clear, but I, I don't think they notice. It depends on the scholarship fund. It, they don't notify the dean if your bank account's low, though. I mean, it's usually through your bank account. They give you the scholarship, and it goes into a private account. Like, I don't think that they, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I they were saying they were, like, they're, maybe they were going through, like, 
filing things for like an next audit or something. Or, yeah. or something, and then it's like it came to our attention that your entire fund, which we would pay for next semester, basically. and it's so weird too because like the dean is so casual about it, like, oh, you having a baby? I get where you're coming from. Oh, yes, because Richard, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Lee's excuse for like why he's so in debt, why he's is is baby stuff. The only I mean, he has a gambling problem is Zoe. And, and realistically, that is a decent excuse, I guess. But like, thousand and baby stuff, and when and this baby stuff is when like, at first when he went by, he's like, "That's enough for a new stroller and crib." Even though uh, Emma Bell's friends apparently was saying that they would give like the hand me down stuff, would you should save it for like money you like for money for stuff you actually need that like you like you know hand me down like food and diapers or the tuition for the child's education or something like, you have way bigger problems to worry about than like. You know, I, I, what's what's so frustrating to me is it's not that he's 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 t- not only gambling that ten thousand dollars for his own money now, he's gambling away his child's future. Like it's so gross. I mean, he's young and stupid, but like this is why you don't have kids that young well, and stupid. Think I don't know. Have it all. Oh, Jesus Christ! But so and also and we missed over the part two and the, the opening of this, the episode is a montage of Milo firing columnists. It's awful. Hiring and firing because he's. This is not really, he has bad instincts about hiring. Gunther has good instincts about hiring. Yeah. Richard does not. So he just keeps trying to hire random people and they're not working out. Um, it's it's But it's so weird about the show is how it's all so serious and then they have these moments of this weird, like, it's mostly with Richard scenes, but, like, his weird, like, montages or dissolves. It's, like, very strange. It's not the same visual language for the rest of the show. It's strange. But um, it's, like, too goofy. Like, it's, like, a clip show suddenly. It's, not, it's like a sitcom. Yeah. And so, um, Lee uses the scholarship money for that term paper, I guess, among other things. I guess maybe well, he might have bought it Well, it was probably the last of it was for the paper. Yeah. And so, he's fucked, essentially. So, he's going like, to ask Richard it, for a loan. It's Zoe who suggests it, because she's like, Richard actually is a great guy, which he is. And yeah, he, gives, he doesn't really even ask them any questions. He's, he's just like, like wow, okay. baby stuff, huh? I guess I'm no expert on that. And he's... And Lee's like, I'll God pay you back. Him. And he's like, I know you will. Like, Richard, Richard Thorne III is a saint. Can we just like, be clear? Like, he's saving everyone's life on this show. He would save Owen's life if Owen wasn't such an asshole. And... Right. And then we get another online gambling montage set to OK Go. Because it's like peak 2008 or whatever. And uh, it's he gets a 10000 from Richard either way. And yeah. it's, it's great. And it's, okay, it's That's like, definitely before he, he gets the 10000 No, I know. But it's like, yeah. he didn't learn his lesson. Is all, yeah, really he says doesn't to me. learn his lesson. Also, during, one, paid. during his uh, montage of Poker, his, uh, this is abstinence. He's talking about how, when they're talking about abstinence in class, they're like, what do you do with things? And so he's like, push-ups and stuff. So while he's losing all this money... What, and when he, he he tells him about like like he's like look he's doing homework when he's like on the poker thing basically so he's, he's lying to her. he has no problem with that of course um, but yeah so all night Scumbag. long he's losing money and drinking because like, he, he is a problem drinker uh, honestly he is but just, the, okay here let's wait. this is what I'm saying this is why I don't get why he doesn't go home and also in the doing push ups oh my god <laughs> I remember that too that was awful well, but like this is why it's so confusing he doesn't go home that first night when he drinks is cause he's now openly drinking at home yeah like like aggressively drinking in the middle of the night so clearly he doesn't really care it's just it's bizarre it's a Emma bizarre Pearl's thing place? like is this her family's uh, place does she have no problem drinking there I don't know it's hard to, it's hard yeah, to tell yeah so he does push up and then later he's talking about like how like all I was thinking about is having sex with Zoe basically that's all he, that's what his apparently his problem is in this world, 
All he can think about is having sex with Zoe. That's if his I just big had sex problem. with Zoe, everything would be better again. It's like, no, dude. You have a lot of other issues. Like, what the fuck? I don't get him at all. He's just awful. And then... Big. Yeah. And then the the other scene that goes on simultaneously is basically, like, Zoe and, um... I think it's with Natalie, right? Where they're, yeah, like, they're dancing. Friends. And they just go out to a bar, and they're just, like, commiserating about how shitty everything is. And then, um, but there's, no, like, I an just, awful... Like... Is it how she is? Everything I think they're actually kind of celebrating things aren't shitty. Like Natalie. Oh well, they do get the clinic. Yeah, yeah. Well, because well, right. this is after um, Owen and Natalie have broken up, though. Because so uh, Aaron Yu's girlfriend, he has a girlfriend apparently from high school, is coming into town. So right. he's but uh, Owen is being sexiled. So he goes to Natalie's and he's like, "Mind if I crash with you?" Basically, like pretty much move in, and it's like. Uh, well, my roommate won't mind. He's like, what roommate? Even though there is an extra bed there, so of course she has a roommate. And it's like, yeah, she usually stays at her boyfriend, but she doesn't always, and it would be rude. And since you're not going to be sleeping on a chair, basically. I think he throws out the, the Richard thing, especially because like, he slept on a chair. But yeah, so instead of taking it well, Owen just decides to break up with her. And it's they, like, crazy. It's like right, an insane reaction. And then after all the really shitty things he was saying to Sarah, he goes like to her place and basically is like, I need to crash here. And I guess Olive moved out, so there's an empty room. He's a piece of shit. I just, uh, everything about it is just absolutely infuriating. But yeah, so nothing is uh, really great. He's like he's imploding, basically. He's blowing up yeah. his relationship. He's imploding. And and there was a um a dance sequence with the two of them, the girls while they're at the bar yeah. to Gwen you Stefani's Hollow Back Girl, which is horrifying. Horrifying? You mean amazing? <laughs> I okay. mean, First of all, it's amazing. I, like uh, so, Natalie and Zoe are basically like I love Hollow Back Girl, but oof. uh, Na- Zoe's like, hey, we're young and single, you like fuck up basically, and she's like, hey, Natalie, you saved the clinic, even though as we pointed out, she didn't really save the clinic, but you know, she saved yeah, the I mean, she helped, yeah. She did a lot of work, honestly. She, went, like, she got, like, student outreach-wise, she did very well. Uh, I, I don't, like, I don't want to, like, obviously discount what she did, because she did a lot, but it's just, like, once you realize the plot was solved by these two other characters, it's hard to not point it out. And it's, and I don't mean that the dance sequence is terrible, but it's just, they look like robots who are discovering how to dance for the first time. <laughs> like, it's so awkward. Girl, Maura. Yes. I know. I they're believe you. Know. And you know, it, it's fun. No, I they're having fun. It's just more like, oh my god, what are we sitting at a table? And I look. I, I think it'd be creepy, but I appreciate the way that they kind of like just teleported from their table, which is right next to them, to like both, like to both sides of Natalie and Zoe. I'm like, that was just impressive. It's great. It was. It was great. It was. Just, it was like, oh my god, what? And they're both pretty drunk at this point. They get pretty drunk. Yeah, because they're um. seeing like free drinks from the bartender. Because the bartender got like a shitty shift. That was great. So just, like, yeah, the here. bartender's boss was like a flake and like gave her. He went to. He went down the down the beach or something yeah, and like left her. The work pretty much. So everyone's like, getting like all free drinks. And, like, I'm giving free drinks to my favorite uh, uh, like bar flies. So here you go. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile. And okay, yeah. now. Oh my god. We talk about it now. Pam Badgley shaves his head. <laughs> so, in case you were not, like, looking into information about Vent for Diaries as you were listening to this, <laughs> this was still the, the mop top era of Penn Badgley. So he's Peak this is Penn season Badgley. four of Gossip Girl. And you're probably wondering, like, how did he go from that hair to the hair in Gossip Girl? Well, he cut it off and shaved it off in the last episode of Bedford Diaries. That's how he got there. He basically wow. has, like, Jasmine... 
He has like Jasmine Guy's head of hair up until this moment. It's amazing. <laughs> and the then he just part is that it everything we hold dear full circle as he's listening. <laughs> he's blasting yeah. a trapped B side as he does this. The moving trap it's, poster pays off. I cannot oh, describe to you. If you don't watch any of this show, just watch the clip I'm going to leave in the yeah. show notes because he's also, it is it is beautiful. So I guess yeah, like uh, he's, he's he's done staying with Sarah, obviously. Aaron, you girlfriend. So that that week or whatever is over. He's able to get back into his dorm. He's drinking heavily. He probably because the clip you know we we missed like uh, four minutes or something. He probably saw yes. Natalie talk to Richard, which you know you know how that always sends him in a spiral. So he's getting super drunk. All of a sudden, he starts, like, undressing. Like, he takes off his pants and, like, his shirt. No, no, his shoes, like, his shirt and stuff. Then you pick up scissors. Like, oh, no, he's not going to, like, try to make a statement of, like, trying to kill himself, too, to be closer to Natalie or something, right? Nope. Mm. He's going to cut his hair off. And I really can't emphasize enough how great this scene is. Because, like, you don't have to watch the rest of the show to understand how hilarious it is. Because... It really is like it happens in real time, so it's like an it's like a scene it from is, True Detective, like a one It is Penn Badgley cutting off his hair. Yeah, and it's like a oneer, so it's like really weirdly shot because it feels it is real time. So if you if you're like in that True Detective scene, it's like four minutes long, all one shot, one continuous shot. It's like that, but with Penn Badgley cutting pieces of his hair, and it's like if you if you're not familiar with error on the WB, really. I know. And if you're not familiar with cutting long hair like that, I mentioned, like, Jasmine Guy is the style of hair. It's, like, a big, like, real real thick curls. And it's, like, cutting that kind of hair is not easy to do right away. You can't just shave that head. You have to cut the hair first. So we don't even really get the head shaving part. I, we just get, like, a it, lot okay. of... Okay, so that clip, obviously, doesn't have the head shaving. Like, uh, when you get to uh, the episode, because you remember it skipped the scene, they show the end of the head shaving, right? Because I swear he actually shaves his head in the episode. He mu- we don't see it in the clip we have, so I could be wrong on that. Yeah, we don't I, see it in the clip we have. Myself. I swear that he does shave it. Like, start- He very well may. He very well may. So, I, if first of all, blanket statement, if anyone has the full head shaving, se- head shaving scene, please, God, contact us at the show. We would love to see it. Secondly, if you have the OAR scene, maybe just drop that our way, too. <laughs> but regardless of that, though, the funny- watch people look at each other when OAR is Yeah, thing. and the, f- the funniest part to me is, that, like- it's not like I said before. It's not easy to shave your head if you have curly hair like that. He has to spend all this time just cutting pieces of his hair. So it's like a really weird scene in general because we don't even get like the full like head shave part. And if that all happens in real time, then it must be like a five minute scene, and that must be absolute insanity because you it's already so long. Like it takes forever just for him to cut his hair four times, and we don't even see his whole hair. Like it's so strange. And it's beautiful, and I really hope everyone watches it because like that mix with the trap song is such an intense scene for just someone uh, like cutting their hair. A trap B side, also. Yeah, it's so good. It's like the scene. It's like if the scene from uh, Royal Tenenbaums was like awful. It's this scene <laughs> where Luke Wilson shapes everything. Oh my! But, like it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I so I just googled Beverly Diaries Owen shaped head just to see in general if there was anything else I could find real quick and so right. i found this issue of l girl magazine from april 2006 our new crushes the guys on the bedford diaries and it was clearly filmed after like they filmed because pen is like completely shaved head and he's also wearing mm-hmm. a fedora as you do that's for you good lord thank you <laughs> oh my god 
please. I, I just I searched and, it myself. Uh, sorry. Milo <laughs> looks like he is in um Green Day, like American Idiot. He, he looks like Billy Joe. I'm so mad that we don't have the clip of the whole thing, though. That's the one thing I really wish. He does look like Billy Joe. It's, it's adorable. Oh, Jesus. What were you doing, Penn Badgley? Also, what are those pants? Is something wrong with the pants? I think it's because of the way that... It's like some weird fucking <laughs> pants. I, I'm sure... Knowing, like, knowing Penn Badgley's personality... Right? Like, I'm sure he hated this so much. Which makes it even better. God. That's like... Oh, they look like they're, like, poorly, like That was this entire awful, awful ensemble. Milo looks great. He looks like fucking <laughs> Billy Joe circa American Idiot. That's, and? That's, and? Are you going to that too? No, absolutely not. I'm saying Milo, it works for Milo, not Billy Joe. Did not work oh, for Milo, Lord. you guys. And um. we'll, we'll obviously link that. <laughs> I'm in a dark place now with all this Milo content where everything starts that's, to look You good. have to, like, draw a line. I can only still draw a line. Dial back. I'm gonna watch some like season three of Heroes or something so I can get back into the what was I doing situation. <laughs> oh man. Alright, so so oh, it's beautiful. Go watch that scene. I cannot recommend it more. And then um uh the other part of the episode that we, we did mention is that um ongoing has been this like Natalie yeah. Richard, Richard um it, I guess you would call it like a, a friendship but yeah. it's going so going after, a little more after, intense. Uh, uh Owen shaves uh his head aggressively uh, Natalie gets a knock on her door. Like, maybe it's him. Like he's changed himself. And no, it's Richard. He, Richard comes and he invites Natalie on a walk. Wait, swoon? I guess yes. Yeah, that's kind of swoon, Ooh. honestly. Also, can I just say this is this is my memory of this show. Is this basically like this scene? Even though I don't know if I've ever watched it before, but the, when someone described to me like the Bedford Diaries and I saw like a clip of it, I always just picture Milo Ventimiglia with that like pompy like hair. And then a camel hair coat. Like, that's exactly this show. Talking about, like, Nietzsche or something. <laughs> like, that is what I picture when I picture the Bedford Diaries. If the show had been just this, it would have been a good show. But it's not just this. It also includes, like, you know, like, a casual gambling habit. And, like, unplanned pregnancy. And, like, other parts. Like, please, just focus on Milo Ventimiglia looking great in oh, camel hair. Uh, I wish it also, this episode yeah. really confirms that Gunther, the managing editor of the paper, is my favorite. Because this is where Richard... Uh, hires like some idiot he was sleeping with uh, to. Well, he he hires her to be the new sexy Sadie, but because after the last sexy Sadie thing, like they have to keep it secret. They're like, she's gonna be financial reporter, is what he said, which like no one really bought. But then like he he has to fire right. her, but like um, they had been sleeping together, even though they stopped it after he hired her. But he's like, basically uh-huh. he's like, I don't want to do it, Gunther, you do it. And poor Gunther is just like, I'm. T- I'm tired of you hiring these idiots for me to have to fire. And it's like, Zoe, you do it. He asked her, yeah, he asked her to proofread something first, and she proofreads it, basically rewrites and it in the process. The new sexy Sadie, which and then he's like, ooh. Sense too. Uh, yeah. As, yeah. As far as works. anyone, like, any character, like, with upward momentum, Zoe kind of makes sense. It's, it's never actually, like, a weird, like, her character development, I guess, is never like it feels like it's out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like it actually it makes sense. Uh-huh. It's all building off things we already know about the Agreed. character, basically. Whereas Lee just has yeah. a gambling addiction <laughs> and also wants to just fuck Zoe. And I feel like at this point Zoe's just like, I kind of find not fucking you. It's so strange. By this like, point, everything I feel about like it Zoe's more sexually attracted to Richard than she is Lee. 
Yeah. Honestly, everyone is. It's just yeah. <laughs> so, eyes. But so yeah, so, so it gets it gets bad, and then um, he he tells like uh Natalie like yeah, he I don't remember what happened that night, but I'm so sorry. It's so adult. It's but so he, adult he really and so attractive. He remember what what he said for her to do it, and she she clearly lies about things things she doesn't remember either. Which come on, I don't remember. It's a thing that forced you to commit like attempt right. suicide. Like you remember. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I can think of if she doesn't remember is that she genuinely was blacked out. Yeah. But they don't really explain that. And then that, the next so scene I don't is her doing her video diary, was basically is where she's talking about maybe she should give Richard another chance, which uh, is why I believe that what he basically said that he loves her and she was not like she didn't want she wanted to shut off basically her emotions completely, and you know, killing herself was what she decided to do, and hmm. it didn't work out. Obviously, dark. <laughs> no, for many reasons, but I'm glad that she didn't die. Because she and Richard are the two but... best characters on the and... show. And we're only just him and no her. Yeah. God, and... and that's. that's I mean, do you have yeah, any more? I mean, like, that kind of wraps it. Watching all their videos. You better off. But, um. Yeah, so what's up with you, Latoya? Let's get on to the plugs. Uh, plug time. Uh, well, I will say again. Regarding the SEC thing, it's just like one of those things where you can tell that the show wanted to do more, but it's like once you get into that battle with the SEC, it's like they're not even going to try to do more. So I guess I won't give them too much shit for not like going mm-hmm. deeper into all the things. Then again, you remember the feminist was the majority jokes they would make, quote unquote jokes, and it's like maybe it's for the best. Yeah. Uh, well, since you know I'm always on that uh, teen drama tip, uh, I would love to plug the CW's Riverdale mm, brand yeah. new series that I am reviewing for the AV Club. Uh, it's got some old-fashioned uh, teen drama antics going on, but, you know, in the modern times for the children. Uh, let's see. You pl- find me on Twitter at Lafergs, of course. And I would also like to plug uh, the ACLU. It's very important, and you guys should... Uh, Go donate. Yeah. It's five bucks a month, guys. That's like a double cheeseburger somewhere. So just give up a double cheeseburger a month. We can all do it. It's worth it. Yeah, I want double cheese. And you get a card. What? I want a double cheeseburger now. <laughs> well, get both. You can have. This is what you should do. Hold your ACLU card while you eat your double cheeseburger. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And then, as always, I am at Marie on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can email us at thetelevoid at gmail You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Uh, get a couple more ratings, and we get a drunk recap of the Entourage movie. Thanks again for wandering into the Televoid. Bye bye.